Everybody, where we stream and you don't know. There's YouTube deletes notifications. Break it down, Brandon. Notify, notify, nota, nota, notify. You ain't gonna be knowing that you've been fine. I don't make no sense. Mega show. This is Mega show. Get subscribers, lose subscribers, get subscribers, lose subscribers. <laughs> but mostly uh, lose subscribers. That's... I'm losing my breath over here. Yeah, Sketchcraft Mega Show. Much like my career, you don't know it exists. <laughs> right, Brandon? That's just... right. Just like my heart rate. Sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down, but mostly we're up. 160, your heart rate and our views. Sketchcraft Mega Show. That's right. With me, Mega Potato Show. Mega Show is about to start. Here we go, Mega Show. Ready? Three, two, one, go, go. Hello, everybody. Ah, it's that time again, folks. It's the time for the Mega Show. <laughs> this is this is it, Brandon. This is the once a fucking was it a year now? No, it's well, technically, it might be the only one <laughs> we do all year. Because Brandon, Brandon's, you folks, you don't understand the energy levels on Brandon right now. It's like, uh, what's that cartoon? Dragon Ball Z, right? What's a good, what's a good number, Brandon, for Dragon Ball? What's that? What's that mean? 10,000? Was it 9,000? Sorry. 9,000! Yeah. Now, why don't, why don't you, why don't you tell them what you were really doing before I hit record? <laughs> I was sitting here listening to Rob telling me how I suck, and it was great. Mm. Well, you you are very good at it. You know what I'm saying. Yes. But yes. what I'm trying to talk to you is your your lack of enthusiasm is 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 a uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Infectious. Hmm. Yeah. You know, folks, I, I only do this podcast now because Brandon complains that he misses it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've 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 tried to quit the podcast twice now with Brandon and both times he's come back I missed the podcast man. nothing to say we're going to talk about I guess he doesn't like that I just call him up while he's at work and just talk to him <laughs> I try to talk to him for like hours because the things that we can talk about <laughs> on the podcast is Rob will call me at every day almost at like I'll say one o'clock whenever it's not two, two probably right after you get back from lunch correct yeah. it's never on a lunch break and he's just like what are you doing I'm like same thing I do every day, mm-hmm. just, just working away. Talk on the like, phone. All right, cool. And then he's like, now I'm just going to talk to you for the next 30 minutes about art stuff. And I'm like, ugh. Right in front Maybe of your employer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, get back. They know, you by, they, know, they know when you call. They're like, that's Rob, isn't it? I'm like, yep. You get, you get back from lunch and you're just right on the phone? Mm-hmm. It's very, very productive. And then they, they bitch that I'm on my phone too much. Just say you're an agent. And you're repping Sketchcraft now. That's your first client. Uh, they, 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 would, they would look at my income and my my car and be like, well, you're not doing a very good job of it. My client's not doing a very good job either. So, you know, like, it's kind of reciprocal. 
You know. Yeah. You seen what this pod? You know how much money this podcast makes a month? Three cents. Ooh, close, close, very close. I, uh, right now it's eleven dollars. <laughs> we made eleven bucks this month, which is enough to cover the podcasting uh, host I use now for the audio podcast. So. Which I don't think I've actually put up the first mega. Did I? Did I actually put up the podcast from the last episode? I bet you didn't. I don't look. Um, that's funny. I wonder. I wonder if I did. I haven't. Uh, you know, that's the problem with Christmas vacations, Brandon. Is uh, we go on Christmas vacation and I can't remember anything. Huh? Last published one month ago. Oh no, I did put up the mega show. Yay! But we have like a hundred subscribers. Now the weird part is, um, since I transferred over, so we used to use Podomatic, correct? Right? Yeah, and then I transferred over to Pinecast because they were they do like five bucks a month for unlimited bandwidth. And I had this crazy notion of actually being able to repopulate the audio podcast with the older shows. I was going to mm-hmm. make you do that, and because <laughs> every year I like to make Brandon re-upload the same. Was it a hundred? Something podcast now? At least like 140. I don't know. Something. Yeah, like 140 podcasts. I'm going to make you do it again. Um, but they don't charge for the bandwidth. So, But what I was trying to say was I don't think it carried over the, the data that we used to have. So, like, I know I have more than 100 on the on the iTunes and whatever because I get more than those downloads. But So, I don't know. It's funny. I, it was up to 200, and then it went down to, like, 80. And I'm like, Wow. Either that's really inaccurate, or that that audience just gives up quick. You know? yeah. <laughs> I also got to believe that we tend I tend to gain followers when I don't publish anything. So like people find my stuff and they go, "Wow, this sounds amazing!" And then they actually hang out and they go, "No, like, <laughs> yeah." So does that sound familiar, YouTube? I think it, I think it probably does. It's kind of like we used to do this show. We used to stream the show or the podcast live. And then I learned the value of editing, especially when it comes to Brandon. So now we don't do the podcast live. Plus, it was just getting annoying, Brandon, when we were doing this podcast for you to constantly, like, reference the chat room with, like, the same three people complaining about you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You just chuckle out of nowhere. And I would say, what's going on in, in in the chat? And you would say something, something Armando, something, something Dom, something, something Kyle, yeah. right? Yep. right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Throw it, throw in some Crusher and some Psycho Tech in there, and we're oh. all good. That's about it. That's about everybody. Mm. You need talking about your workout with Josh, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, your little. Yeah. How's the working out doing, by the way? How's the gym? Not bad. No. Uh, I still have to lose about I've lost 5 pounds of the 20 that I gained after my surgery where I couldn't do anything so hmm. still got How do you put 20 pounds on though? Is that water weight or is that from... I it's a mixture of just not Jessica's working extra hours so she wasn't cooking. I couldn't do anything so eventually it was just like a lot of fast food, a lot of pizza cuz it was easy and fast food because right. Brandon like okay, here's the thing I have a pretty strict diet, but around Thanksgiving through now, uh, I don't care, but like, diet goes away for the holidays. 
That being said, I don't put on twenty pounds, man. And I, I, I must. I made cookies. That makes sense. Yeah, it was. It was a couple months of not being able to do anything. So. But I just think that fast food's really fucking evil, yeah. man. It's. I I, I've eaten I three dozen cookies, man, and I haven't put on twenty pounds. So you know what I mean. What's yeah. in that food? I went from two forty-five to back up to two sixty-five, and I'm and I'm now at two fifty-nine mm. or so, mm. give or take. So I got. 15 pounds, basically, to get back to what I was before I got hurt. Hmm. Good times. Good times. Loving life. So, eat, uh, eat at Wendy's? No. We, no? No, eating a lot of grilled chicken and green beans and... Uh, no, 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 like no, no. When you put on the weight. I want, let's go back to the bad oh. bad behavior. <laughs> I don't care I forgot, what you're doing I now. This is, this is a variety podcast. No, no. I like it when you mess up. We, we should talk about that. So... Uh, so you're, you, <laughs> you, pizza, you, a lot of pizza, a mm, lot of, where uh, you go, where you go for the pizza? Lot, uh, there's this really good place called pizza on 87 down the street. I like it. Local. Um, local, local, what do you, what do you local get on owned, the uh, mushrooms on the whole thing. Jessica gets pepperoni on her side and I get sausage on mine. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, 10 boneless wings and maybe a two liter of soda. Now you know? with those wings. Are those the ones with like the like the breading and they're fried? Yes. So they're breaded. Yeah, they're they're breaded. boneless. Like if you went to like, they're like yeah. chicken fingers. Yeah. Oh, okay. But with chicken sauce tongue. on them. When you yeah. say wings, I'm thinking like they they take Bo- the, meat, bon- the drums. Boneless wings. Oh. No, it's just the it's just the breaded meat, breaded meat, chicken bowls. You see, the problem I've had with pizza places is when you order wings like on the bone. They generally just shove them through the same oven that they're putting the pizzas in, and so the fat just like congeals, like it doesn't doesn't get crispy, uh, you know. So you end up with this, like this. This place has really good wings. Like next time you're out here, maybe we'll. This, no, I don't think I'll like it at all. No, I can I'd make the wings. <laughs> this case, I just made mashed potatoes. I had potatoes, and I want to go to sleep because <laughs> <laughs> the sugar in the potatoes gets me more than the sugar in the cookies. Like, I got to tell you, like, what's in a potato? Whew. I can't even wear my, um, I can't even, you know, Brandon, you know what's in Brandon? You know what's in Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> tell me what's in Brandon. <laughs> a lack of hope and a lot of failure. Yes. And yes. so, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, when I, when I boil up the potatoes, I use the stock. So it adds a lot of flavor into the potatoes. Nice. Um, things like that. So. Hmm, interesting. So you put mushroom and sausage on there, and then you order the wings. Wow. And do you eat the half of pizza by yourself? Or how many slices oh, do yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. You eat the whole oh, half, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's how I used to do it. My wife and I, when we used to not care, we'd buy All a right. large pizza, and I was like, I'd eat. I, they got to the point where you eat half of it, and you're like, you know, I'm just not full. I don't – maybe that pizza is just not as big as – was that a large? You ever – you ever have to ask your wife if? <laughs> oh, we got an extra large. Oh no! Fuck it. Oh, no. Fuck it. Go big or go home. <laughs> oh go, no! Go, go home and get big. So, did you go back on like clean living? We'll yeah. get to the topics in a minute. I'm fascinated with this. So, did you go back to clean living before Christmas, or like, are you? Uh, in be, in be, like during. So, like when we were traveling to California and back with, well, like I. I, well, I kinda, tell people was, you travel back and forth to California for what reason? For for our family. Okay, so we live in Arizona. And my wife's family lives in California, so we had to tra- I had to drive us there, like on a I don't know, fucking Thursday night, 
and then stay up there a couple days for Christmas Eve and then drive us back Christmas Eve night so that I could cook, you know, ham and everything else for my mom and brother to come over on Christmas Day. So I drank a lot of Red Bulls and sugary stuff because just to keep my energy going while I'm driving us back and forth every night. So right after that, when I got back, I really felt like garbage. And then I was like, well, we need to get back to grilled chicken and water and water. (laughs) You haven't been able to drink water while you've been sick. No, it's just been, (laughs) it's been, you know, I got to force myself to drink water. (laughs) Do you try putting lemon or lime in it, Brandon? Sometimes, but I mean, I don't even drink a lot of water when I work out. I just don't, it's just, I don't care. I don't need it. I mean, I could survive in a Mad Max world where you only get like droplets here and there. You can survive in a Mad Max world, like three seconds. I'd be, oh, I'd be great. I'm a, I'm a huge guy. I would be like one of the dudes with the spikes on their nipples and I would, I would have a whole crew under my wing. You would last five days until you wanted a soda and then that would be it. And then I would just drink the blood of my enemies, and that would become my new soda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's Mountain Dew is the blood of yes. your enemy. <laughs> yes. I would yeah. I would find the Mountain Dew factory. I would take it over, and that, that's where my main base of operation would be, and that would last me a good well, 10 years. That I believe. So, yeah. so you drive it back and forth, and then you were sick from all the food, and now you're yeah. like – so on New Year's, did you? Would you have on New Year's? I'll start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have on New Year's, Brandon? Had <laughs> a pizza from Pizza on Eighty Seven. Ah, see, see. It's but, only, hmm. but is the One Eighty Seven a pager reference? No, it's pizza on eighty seven. Oh, on eighty seven. I was like one eighty seven. That no, 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 no. Is that like when you used to type codes into pagers? Was that was that one eight seven or one eight four? One eighty seven is the code when someone kills someone. You know, like police oh. code. No, well, you know, you would survive in a Mad Max world, Brandon. I did yeah. not. I, <laughs> so glad. So That's glad we don't live in the same it, state. They reference it in all the cop, you know, the rap songs. They're like one eighty seven on an undercover cop. You know, shit like that. No, I don't know what you're talking about at all, Brandon. Uh, I keep it hood, son. You, you keep it real hood, son. Like, <laughs> okay. My 4-4 right. four four makes sure all your kids don't grow. You know, if you get this podcast flagged on YouTube for saying that shit, it's coming out of your pocket. You're going to owe me $11 for that month. No, I only said part of it. It's just like a phrase. All right. So, it's right. fascinating as your eating habits are, Brandon. Uh, let me just go down the list. So I'll at least bring everyone up to what I've been doing over the holiday. Uh, I take time off, folks. So the last two weeks or so, I normally take off, uh, Christmas through New Year's. Uh, this year I had to work freelance till the 28th. So I'm technically on vacation right now, but it's Friday and we didn't do podcasts when I wanted to. On the 21st of December, I scheduled Mega Show for the 21st of December, thinking I dropped that on Christmas Eve for all you, all you, all you crafties out there, just waiting for the next podcast. And so, and then Brandon was unavailable. <laughs> Did I say that good enough for you, Brandon? 
He didn't, mm-hmm. he, he didn't like how I said it last time. Brandon, you were unavailable. Because you, like, you, Rob doesn't go like, okay, Rob will tell you, hey, we're going to record on, a let's say, Thursday at 9, okay? And then I won't hear from Rob until, like, Saturday at, like, 4 p.m. And he's like, hey, I got busy. Uh, can you record right now? And I'm like, no, I'm, like, indisposed or I'm at work. No, I put the date in the document like a month in advance. So it's been sitting there for like four fucking weeks, and then the day or two before, you can't do it. Because I know you never check the documents. Never. Never. I agree. (laughs) Look, if anyone disputes this and they think I'm making it up, go start a podcast with Brandon and find out how non-prepared he is (laughs) up until the very day of. Uh Uh-huh. This is true. It's it is true, right? It, like, it's, I'm not. Ex- I don't exaggerate. I'm, cons- I'm consistently inconsistent, though, so it's good. I don't even think you said that right. Maybe. No, because see, you are consistent. No, you didn't even say that right, yeah. you moron. Yeah. So, like, no, you are consistently uh, non-participatory. Like, you don't. You're consistent in this behavior. You're consistent. You're consistently, like, just not fucking doing. What do you? I love when I say something like that, and then your brain can't. Your brain's like, no, because the words sound right to you, but you don't even know what you're saying. You're just trying to find some clever fucking limerick. I'm saying that I'm always not consistent. See? No, but you are consistent, Brandon. You're consistent in not reading the documents. Do you not? Do you understand that? That not right. doing that thing is what you're consistent. Exactly. At no point is there an inconsistency. There's a lack of, of effort. There's a, certainly a lack of effort. Yeah, that, that's for damn certain. If it's, okay. it's predictable. That's how consistent. Like I'm going to tell you folks right now, I'm going to put a date for episode three in this document. This document right here. Uh, and he won't fucking look at that. Like until, <laughs> let's just. If I said we were gonna do it on the twenty seventh of January, I guarantee uh-huh. you on the twenty sixth, fucking busy, you know. And the day of on the twenty seventh, there'd be nothing in the document until I told him, "Hey, did you fill that up?" And he's like, "Yeah, right before the pass." So like, he's got a whole month, like, to put stuff in the document. And I mean, I just figure, Brandon. You're doing things throughout the month. Am I correct? You do things? Correct. Possible. So I would think that as you did things, like you saw a movie, you'd go in the document. Oh, I saw that movie. Here's another. How are you supposed to remember everything you did in a month right before the show? I can You can't even remember to look at the document for the show. <laughs> You're consistent. All right. So I like to be. Surprised. So I spend this time not doing a whole lot, folks. Um, actually, what I do is I, I bake. So this year, uh, every Christmas I bake cookies. It's just chocolate chip. I have a chocolate chip cookie recipe. And this year I moved over all my measurements to metric, as with all my recipes, because I'm fucking tired of measuring things out with cups. Uh, I like to wait it. Just wait it. I don't like – Brandon, you, you bake. Mm, ever? I, I I grill and make things. I just don't bake. You ever use brown sugar? Uh, rarely, but well, in most brown sugar recipes in this fucking country, uh, they say pack the 
pack firmly the brown sugar. I don't know what that means. How firm? How much? Like, you always just sure, you know, like, and how much brown sugar is going in that cup? I like, I want every time that I make a cookie, it's the same as the last time I made the cookie. Because I'm not making them but once a fucking year. That means 11 plus months, 11 months and and three weeks from now, I got to make cookies again. And I want to make certain that them cookies are just the way I remember them every time. So I had to move all my uh, my cookie recipe over uh, to metrics, which seems like a pretty simple conversion rate, except that it wasn't. So uh, it took took 64 cookies before I got to the recipe that I was happy with. And then I had to make another 200 for my wife's friends. 200 cookies. And I don't have like a professional mixer, right? So I did like I did a hand beater that really killed my fucking arm. Um, so I had to get up around three thirty a.m. on Christmas Eve to bake cookies all fucking day. So that was fun. And then, uh, but they turned out great. So that's and then I got fat hands. And then uh, I drink mimosas. So that's mold wine for Christmas, mimosas for New Year's. I learned that one in Germany. In Germany, they call it Glühwein for the the mold wine. And Glühwein, uh, Glühwein, yeah, Wein, Glühwein. It's like was it grape or plum wine, whichever. Or they call it Glue, G L E U, yeah. Uh, but it's mold wine, so um, which just like the taste of Christmas in a cup, uh, served warm. That's what it tastes. I had Mike over here a couple a year and a half ago. And I made friend him, of the podcast. Yeah, I made Goodfinger, and I made them the wine, and he he drank it, and he goes, "Oh, it tastes like Christmas." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, it it does, it does." Some old spices. <clears throat> so, uh, and I and I have done a shitload of writing. So so much writing, um, no one cares about writing, but a lot of writing I've done. And a lot of stuff I'm doing for Game Cave. So yeah, I'll talk more about that when there's stuff I'm willing to show. But it's getting done. So there's that. <sighs> what else? Oh, I will be putting the chocolate chip cookie recipe in the info below. At least I'll have a link to it one way or the other. So if you guys are interested, you want to make the cookies, you can make them. They'll be there. Have fun. <sighs> you know the trick to chocolate chip cookies, Brandon? Brown what? butter. Brown butter. You know what brown butter is? Super easy. You can make it. You just take butter and you cook it over a low heat until it starts to um, caramelize. It starts to smell nutty. And it got little brown bits in it. And then you take it off the heat. And uh, that's the stuff of magic. So, I had to make 24 sticks of that. So much butter, man. Like, I put on So I Married an Axe Murderer on a loop. And just left that running. And then <laughs> I stared at this this giant pot stirring the butter. So, because problem with brown butter, though, is once it starts to brown, then it will burn almost, like, immediately. So you got to, like, really fucking watch it. I told, so I did this, uh, Brandon's wife, Jess, was working with me on some game case stuff. And so that her was and horrible. I did, huh? <laughs> you said, <laughs> never mind, go ahead. What did I say? You said, I did, Brandon's wife is working on. No, that's not what I said. So Brandon and I, Brandon's wife, Jess, and I had a 
professional podcast going over what he's working on. I don't know what you want me to say, Brandon. I'm just busting I'm just busting your balls. I don't care whatsoever. It's your wife you're laughing about. I don't know, you know. So That's um right. but I explained to her the amount of cookies I made and she was like because <laughs> yeah. she probably understands, you know. Like, oh yeah. She does all the uh all the she likes baking cookies and things like that and whatever. I prefer seasonings and grilling and well, you'll you'll you I'll blend the two next year. I'm developing. Uh, I spent a little bit on it last year and this year, but I've been working on this uh, this cookie that is um, how do I say this? So it's it's mocha, peppermint, and and it's spicy. So I've been mixing it with the. I make a sriracha salt. Right. right. So I've been making my own sriracha from scratch, and then I take that sriracha chili paste basically and uh, uh, I put it in the oven for about three three and a half hours with salt um, and it infuses together to get some spicy salt and then you put it back in a food processor and so it'll be a mint chocolate chip spicy I'm calling it like what's that is a molten lava it's a lava it's a lava cookie I'm working on it so got nothing better to do folks what else? What else have we been doing? So, Brandon, did you go see any movies this Christmas? Uh, I saw the best movie ever and made. I went and saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hmm. I saw that in IMAX 3D, and I have never seen anything like it. That was the most... Never anything like it? I don't care if I said a double negative. It, there was. There's never been a movie as creative and cool as that. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie because my top two are hard to replace. But I'd say it's probably like my third favorite movie now, just because of everything that was in that movie. That was just mind blowing as far as art, techniques, blending of so many different styles and references and things like that. It was. It was great, and I'm glad I got to see it in IMAX 3D with the loud soundtrack, which I love, the music on that movie. Uh, I work out to that soundtrack a lot. I like listening to it when I'm doing like elliptical and things like that. It's great. But just the making, just the look of the movie was insane. The story was great. Everything was good. You saw it as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to it since the, the trailer last last year. It's been a year. Something yeah. like that. You hit me up at like eleven or something one night, and you're like, "Hey, go to go to YouTube right now." And then you showed me, and I was like, "Holy!" I was like, "That's insane." Yeah. Well, it's bittersweet for me because I pitched this, uh, this Spider-Man. To... Man, you know. So I look. I didn't come up with the idea ultimately because ultimately, I, I believe it was Mark Bernardin wrote an article about it being time for a black Spider-Man because Donald Glover had worn a Spider-Man costume on community. Um, and based on that article and that I went and, um, did this drawing here, uh, back in 2000. And what, I said, I published this on DeviantArt, uh, September 1st, 2010, a year before Miles Morales. And this was what I put together. And I pitched this idea to uh, Kevin Grievous. That's the actor right there. He was working on Marvel at the time, writing some Thor stuff. And I'm friends-ish with Kevin. 
and I, we worked on a project together for a few years. And I said, hey, you know, what about this? Like, you could do a black Spider-Man, right? And he was, said, Marvel will never go for it. I even pitched this Cad Doc auction who, who would be like a paraplegic. And Edward mm-hmm. James almost. And then there ended up being this paraplegic Dr. Octopus later on. It was really weird. So <laughs> that was fucking weird. Um, and then not too long ago, what was it? Uh, in 2015, I did these Spider-Man images where I really wanted these cities to actually look like the cities the way they look like cities. Like, I don't know how to describe it. But mm-hmm. look at the backgrounds, Brandon. Look familiar? Yes. Look, look familiar? Am I crazy? No. Am I, mean, I real? Yes, you are crazy, but not because of this. <laughs> you know? Like, it's pretty funny, man. So... I think, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I posted an update on this, and I was basically saying that it was an idea whose time had come. I mean, when I was a kid going to Comic-Con, one of the interesting things I found out about Spider-Man was, especially when that first Spider-Man movie came out in 2001, right? 2001. Um, was that... It didn't seem to me that people saw Spider-Man as being a white kid. I had a lot of friends of color who dragged to dress up as Spider-Man, and they love Spider-Man. And I think they, because Spider-Man wore a mask, like anyone could be Spider-Man. Yeah, right. Anyone. Like that was the feeling that I got. You know, like no one really put it in those terms at the time, but that's the way it was sort of. You know, like anyone could be Spider-Man. So. Um, it just made sense that, hey, you know, you could do a universe where Peter Parker wasn't white. Why not? What does it matter? Like, I don't... The interesting thing for me was the idea of, of, a, of a kid from the inner city who's so smart he's able to take himself out of it and go to, like, a rich, you know, school and then be a real fish out of water in that way versus being, like, a nerd. And right. that's what I told Kevin. Like, that's the story. He's not like a nerd. He's just, he doesn't belong. And he could be listening to music on, on the L train. Like, I, <laughs> so when I'm watching Spider-Verse, I'm like, this is the exact fucking movie. <laughs> like, I pitched. Like, <laughs> a year before there was a Miles Morales. You know? Yeah. And I, I think the fun, the fun, funny, it's sad. The thing I told Kevin, and I love Kevin, but I told him, I said, look, I just... I really feel like they're going to do it. And I'd, I really think it's important that a, a creator of color be the person to write it before they get someone like, I don't know, like a white guy. Like I even said, like Bendis to write it. I shit you not, folks. So, and this, I wish, see, this is like one of the few times I can prove an idea because I've been doing this podcast. I did this, I did this as a podcast when this was still called Coffee Con Carnage. I didn't have a name for the podcast. I just wanted to start making a podcast. So I just, first thing that came to mind was Coffee Con Carnage. It was a stupid name. I didn't want to get tied to it. I intentionally, <laughs> like, fine. So then I had Joe on, and we were talking about uh, redesigning Spider-Mans, and then this came up. So, like, this is one of the few times I'm able to prove that I came up with this idea, you know. I could show right. the timeline, the dates. But Brandon, as you know, like I do this quite a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm lucky in that in the gaming stuff that I've been doing for the past year, uh, the people that have employed me 
have come to call me the idea guy now. Like, when we just need a hundred fucking ideas in a couple days, <laughs> all over the board, just go to him, you know? And I, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but it is frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating when you put up a hundred ideas and like, I don't know if any of this will work. I'm like, I, how could that be? You know? So, but it is what it is. You know, uh, I'm glad that the movie is really good and it's not just an idea that was cool, but you know, it was a bland execution. Like the movie's amazing. Right. And what, what, uh, what interested me in it the most was that that there's an actual arc, you know, to Miles and that he's the central character and that it doesn't, like, veer off into crossover land too much, you know? Right. Yeah. And I like that uh, Kingpin looks like Sin Cabbage's Kingpin from... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill Sin Cabbage. He used to draw his crazy Kingpin. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, Sinkevich. Sinkevich. I never knew how to say it, but yeah. It, you know, and I didn't even real like, a lot of the stuff, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a comic fan, obviously, duh, but I'm saying, like, a lot of the references in there are some things that I either forgot or I may have not seen during that time. So, like, him doing the kingpin like that, you know, I, I was, like, telling Jessica, I'm like, you know, he was really big. I think I've seen something like that before, and I had to, like, google stuff about it to see like oh yeah he you know he was drawn huge like that in the paintings and everything and those wild big shapes you know so there was a lot of stuff in there that i think spider-man fans uh you know of any age that have followed throughout the years could find things that they would like whether you're 40 years old or 15 years old or whatever you know they made a good job of incorporating things throughout the years and references and you know and spoiler alert right now but even the end credits that had a little meme scene you know well that was because there was two characters i really wanted to see in the movie and i knew statistically speaking one of them had to be in there mm-hmm. so one of them was again whatever spoilers was 2099 because that was the mm-hmm. first time i'd seen like an alternate universe right i mean i i i had seen spider ham but i didn't know that was like real I Thought that was like a goof you know like how I say this, folks, like, in the 80s, you didn't see Spider-Ham and go, oh, that's another universe. You just go, oh, that's the cartoon Goofy book. Right. Um, But 2099 was the first time that felt like, well, at the time it was being pitched that it really was the year 2099. That's This is where all the characters would eventually end up, which we all knew was bullshit. So... <laughs> Like, they did that around the same time DC was trying to do this year zero thing where they were going to, you know, try to consolidate other universes again. Right. And so I was like, yeah, the 2099 thing is just another different universe, whatever. But the best thing that came out of that was Spider-Man 2099. Everything else was kind of lame. The Punisher 2099 was kind of a cool look, but in an action mm-hmm. figure way, you know? Right. Not like in a, you know, Punisher look. Um Everything else was dog shit. So it was really good to see that. I would fucking give my left pinky toe for the Spider-Clan to have been in there, drawn in that Scotty Young style from 2003. Oh, yeah. That's the the one I want the most. I don't want to... Like, I'm glad they put that... It's cool that they put that 
Spider-Clan outfit in the new game, but uh-huh. the proportions are too... Because it's the same base model with, you know, the, the rigging, so they can't mess with the proportions too much. Mm-hmm. But I would want and hope that if they ever put Spider-Clan in an animated film, God, that would be so fucking awesome, that it would retain the Scotty Young style. I really like the Spider-Clan stuff. Oh, yeah. So that was one of the really cool things that, that they did in an alternate universe. Uh, that's, that, that Spidey Clan Daredevil was cool as well. The way he drew the Daredevil, like with the yeah. whole, like the Kabuki oh, mask. Yeah, the thing. Kabuki. Yeah, I liked it. <clears throat> so I like the. Go ahead. I was gonna say I like the movie so much that when Jessica's mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I had her get me the art book for the movie, and it is. It just got here. I haven't had time to haven't had time to sit and go through the whole thing, but it's a big, massive hardcover of like mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to say like. 200 pages, something like that. You know, I got something to say about that. Uh-oh. Uh, really nice that they put all the artwork in a hardcover book. It would be fucking nice just once if these companies would put out an art of book that was designed for artists to use it as reference while they draw. That'd be cool. That you could fold it over, you know, in a way that you could just prop it up and, like, look right. at it while you're there sketching. Because those or hardcover even, books are, uh, they're impossible to prop up when you just want to, like, have some reference you, out, you know? Right. You think when the movie comes out on, like, Blu-ray that they'll have a whole, like, making of documentary type style thing where you can see the know, actual... I don't, I don't know, because the special features on on home release have gotten worse over the oh, last yeah. ten years. Yeah. To the point now when they're re-releasing films that had tons of special features, they're just not even including them. They've just disappeared. Like, I'm having right. to go back and just keep DVDs. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Most people are now buying past DVDs of, let's just say, like, Lord of the Rings because you get, like, 10 hours of special uh, extras compared to now where it's just the movie and maybe, like, a digital download code for the movie. Or even the audio commentaries. Like, if you go and get all of the View Askew films that went out on DVD in the early 2000s, the audio commentaries, like when they had like Ben Affleck on on Dogma, they Kevin just spends most of the time making fun of Affleck for like an hour. Like, <laughs> 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 you know, was like those are gonna be lost to the ether. So you gotta just. I used to just buy those. I mean, I like the movies a lot, but I would. I mean, I bought a region-free DVD player in 1999 just to get the Mallrats. DVD and to have you know all those audio commentaries I just leave them on a loop while I drew so I I still have uh, all those DVDs because of that specific uh, that specific reason but definitely with the extended editions also they're doing I don't know why man but like like with the Lord of the Rings when they put the extended editions on Blu-ray like especially with the first one the Fellowship they retinted all the colors and the the fucking movie's horrible. It's horrible to look at. It's like really blue. So bummer. I don't. I don't, I don't watch. I, I just buy. I bought. The, I think the last time the Lord of the Rings came out on like Blu-ray, I bought my wife the whole like fifteen disc crazy thirty extra hour thing or whatever, and she, she's the one who watches it and goes through all the hmm. making of and all that stuff. Hmm. 
Same with like the Harry Potter stuff and things like that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. here, here's the 80 well, hours of your favorite thing. The only thing I buy now in terms of physical media uh, than, is the, the 3D Blu-rays. I collect 3D Blu-rays. I have a region-free 3D Blu-ray player. Because I like my 3D. I know all you out there seem to hate it. I don't fucking care. So, <laughs> uh, now, interesting thing is with the Spider-Verse, I already went to see it. The pre-orders for the 3D Blu-ray are up. And the UK doesn't have a listing for it, but Amazon Italy does. So I already got my Amazon <laughs> Italy disc pre-ordered, and it will be nice. shipping here. You know, it was shipped with the English audio. It's just the region. So, and it didn't, so will, the, will the cover just be all in Italian? Yeah, yeah. Like when I got the Avengers Blu-ray set in the UK, it was called Avengers Assemble. The first movie, um, because the the TV show in the UK, The Avengers, with what's her face and the top hat and the chicken, in the hot suit, cat suit uh, from the sixties. So they had it was called Avengers Assemble. There, so yeah, sometimes it's just sometimes they're different names, sometimes the artwork's way different, and sometimes it's all in other languages. Like well, I got the Terminator Two, three D Blu Ray. And that had to come from Italy, so, and that's all. Yeah, but the uh, that's all in, in, in Italian. But the the movie and everything's in English, so all the menus. I mean, doesn't doesn't really matter. All right. So, and when it's 3D at home, I I mean, it looks amazing because the brightness. People think, uh here's where 3D gets a bad rap. So people think when they go to the theater. 3D movies are dark because I put on the glasses and the glasses are tinted and you can't see the movie. No, that's not the problem. The problem is they're supposed to um, project two to three times the amount of light to to make up for that darkness. So when Cameron put out uh, Avatar, he had it in a contract with every movie theater chain that they had to have specific light levels. And oh, wow. they sent out fucking people to check theaters. So that's why people are like, oh, the Avatar really looked great in 3D, but no one else has. Well, because that's why. You know? And I guarantee you when he comes out with Avatars 2 through whatever in the next couple of years, he'll have the same fucking deals. So when the 3D's at home, I got the light cranked up on my TV, and it looks amazing. It's not dark. It's super bright. It's fucking awesome. So one of my favorites is I got that Metallica uh, through the Never it's like mm-hmm. the concert slash music video movie thing they made. And that's in 3D, and it's awesome, man. They're like little 3D Metallicas in my living room. I'm like, how'd you do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Rob jams out. Yeah, well, have a good time. So, uh, what else? Speaking of Metallica. Oh, yeah. Did you not see them live for your birthday? Christmas birthday? Mm, no, it was in November. So technically, it was my wife's birthday. But Metallica came to Boise. Apparently, they come here every time they're on tour because it's one of the first places they ever. I don't know. Like we've been coming here since 1982, so I'm appreciative. Uh, we have this stadium here called the Taco Bell Arena because apparently Taco Bell. <laughs> I know it fucking sucks. <laughs> Demolition Man style right there. Yeah, it's oh, a Taco, Taco Bell Arena. Bell. Um, but the arena is quite, I'm not going to say small, but it's its not huge. It's medium size. 
Does and it smell so, like Cool Ranch? You know, you write all these yourself, Brandon? Is that it? Sometimes. Oh, zingers. Does it smell like sour cream and chives with butter? That's not. Come that's on, not taters. Huh? Does it, huh? That's mm-hmm. not Doritos. Mm. Doritos is like nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch is my favorite. So they got this cool arena that Rob went to, and. You done? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get in the way of this fantastic material you're laying down. So uh, I'm good. I'm good. Right, I, got, okay. I got it out. It was it was bubbling, and I had to get it out. I understand. So, uh, but every seat in the house is pretty good. So when I say pretty good, like really every seat in the house is quite good. So I went up to almost the very top, and even then, like I'm just looking down, and I'm like right at the band. So. It was pretty awesome. I didn't have to be in the mosh pit. Uh, I was near this uh, the wine chick selling wine. So I, <laughs> I'm in my 40s now, so I had him a glass of wine, listen to Metallica. You know. uh, but it was awesome. Super great to see them. However, uh, quick note. So when you work from home as much as I do, you uh, are not exposed to uh, disease. <laughs> like yeah all you normal people out there who go to day jobs you 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 are constantly being exposed to germs oh, yeah. all the time all the time and i am not so now when i choose to see a movie or go to a concert i have to weigh whether that's worth my life um because i got fucking sick at the metallica concert <laughs> like really bad you sounded like it was it was it was horrible having to listen to you cough for like two weeks. Yeah, it was not good. So I don't know. This this happened to me twice this year, which is not normal. So what I'm thinking now is, look, I'm I'm all for the. I don't care about whether I get the flu shot or don't get the flu shot. The problem I have is the last time I got a flu shot, I got my arm swollen up, and I got sick. So, um, I'm trying to find other ways around it, but, uh, this is a new thing. So what I'm going to try now this year, while I'm still young and I can risk this experiment is I'm going <laughs> to, on Fridays, I'm going to go to the mall and just walk around. Like, you know, you know, the scene on Unbreakable when he goes to the subway or the train station. Yeah, it's going to be just like that. And I could just sort of. Try to inoculate myself in a way, you know, but I got, I'm probably just going to take the flu shot. How do you, uh, how do you get any work done when you get that sick? I don't. (laughs) I don't, which is why I work my ass off the remainder of the year. And I just let them know I'm sick. I can't work. I'm going to bed. They can fire me or not fire me. So, um, that's the problem when you're working from home folks, like, now, the people I'm working with are super cool. They get it. So, um, I have worked with other people who moved on. <laughs> you know, we don't got time for this being sick shit. So, yeah, how dare you be human? I know. The da- the, the, what sucks is, though, is I got that, that sick, and then was it? I had gotten sick. I got sick two months back when I saw a movie. 
but that was a short term, like a 24 hour thing. So I got really, last time I got this fucked up was when I saw that X-Men movie with Kyle. That was, I was sitting next to this. You ever see the movie, the labyrinth? Yes. And there's, she goes down and she meets that trash Muppet. The Muppet living in the trash. That's what I was sitting next to in this theater. This chick, older woman, tons of bull. She had like a million key rings on her. She jangled, bro. (laughs) So she she was a a trash. She, She had a fanny pack with a ton of fucking key rings, dirty clothes, She's with toured snot with the rags, for the past 40 and she years. was snot ragging herself. Now this was a free showing at a film school. Why you would go? You know, oh, the film school. Yeah, at the film school. The I, LA I, film I mixed school. up the I mixed up the the Metallica concert. I was thinking, no, 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 no. That's the crazy uh, lady at the X Men with the LA film school. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I got fucking. That was the last time I got sick, which was 2016. Mm. What year did? Apocalypse come out. 16, I believe. 2016. Like April or May of 2016. Yeah. Around there. I hate that movie. So, I didn't like, I didn't want to see the movie to begin with because I knew it was going to be a fucking, you know, like, you ever just see a movie and they just can't, it can't catch a break? From the very first time they show images through the trailer. Yes. You know, like, you just can't catch a break. And Apocalypse was that movie. Like, from the... I even oozed jokes with, you know, the, the Apocalypse makeup to the Brian Singer and his crazy sex orgy fucking parties that he's still getting ringed over to, you know, just... The, the lack of enthusiasm about the film, like there was just a lack of energy about it. Like you could almost, it felt like it was being made. My, I, and I believe this to this day. Age of Apocalypse felt like they were making a movie to keep the license. And yes. having worked on Marvel licenses where we had to produce a certain amount of work per month or year to keep it, I know what that feels like. I know what I'm looking at it, you know? You ever wonder why you go to the store and you're like, why is this stupid Marvel shirt sitting here and there's no fucking reason for it? Yes. You ever seen that? And you're like, it's not even fucking something I would ever own. That's because they had to make new stuff and get it out there or they lose it. So that's how it works. Um, Dark Phoenix feels like something else entirely to me. It feels like um, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, we're going to lose this. We're pretty certain of it. You know, right, like, let's, get, let's get a little extra money out of it before we have to give it up. Well, beyond that, I really just feel like Simon Kinberg, who was at the Age of Apocalypse. So when I went and saw Age of Apocalypse at the L.A. Film School with Kyle, they did a Q&A afterward with Simon Kinberg, who wrote that film. Uh, he gets writing credit on Days of Future Past, but a majority of that film was put together by Jane Goldman, who is a fantastic screenwriter, and she wrote First Class. Um, uh, Kick-Ass, right? Yeah, and right now she's doing the Game of Thrones prequel show. She's nice. writing all of it. So 
She's a really good writer. She wrote, uh, did you ever see that A Home for Peculiar Children? I did. I liked it a lot. It was like Tim Burton's X-Men movie, right? Right. Yeah. She, she, she did that after Days of Future Past. So if you want to see a good X-Men movie, go watch that one. Um, it's quirky, but it's, it's fun. Uh, I, I didn't, I think Simon Kingberg gets way too much fucking credit. So I, he's probably a good producer. He could put people on projects and stay out of it. Uh, I don't like him as a writer. This is a guy that wrote that trip. Remember the triple X movie with ice cube. <laughs> That's Simon Kinberg. Remember X-Men three, the last stand. Oh, Jesus. That's Simon Kinberg. He's not a good writer. No, he's not. He wrote age of apocalypse. But, how, you know, it, it makes me so sad that he's so much richer than we are. When someone could just put out garbage and be rich for it. Oh, Do you really man. want a list of people in America who did that? No. <laughs> no, no, no. But I say as far as the context of what we're talking about, that he continues to get work for stuff that's mediocre. Now, I'm not saying I could uh, – you know what? Fuck it. I could write a better X-Men movie than him. Now – or at least a better plot, but it's just... <laughs> well, this is something... Know. Well, look, I'm very appreciative of the process, right? right? So when people put together a project of any kind, whether it's a Star Wars movie, uh, a, a TV show like Bad Woman, whether it's The Last Jedi, Punisher Season 2, whatever it is, I'm appreciative of how fucking hard it is to do that. Even when it seems simple, it's extremely complex, from... Inception to getting the approvals to producing in scripts that that are good to hiring people to shooting the thing to editing it's almost an impossible that anything right. turns out good um, but when things are lined up in your favor, then it gets harder for me to feel sympathetic when things go wrong. So Simon Caper has it pretty easy at Fox. Like, Brian Singer was difficult to work with on Age of Apocalypse, from what I understand, and he did a lot of, you know, pickup work on that. And right. you, could, you could really tell, like, when there's spoilers for Age of Apocalypse, <laughs> when Hugh Jackman shows up in that film, it felt like someone else shot a whole other movie. That sequence with that whole Weapon X thing doesn't even feel like the same person shot. No. Right? It's, Not at all. And when Quicksilver shows up and just does a a really goofy version of the same exact thing he did in the previous movie, just a funnier version of it, um, right. that was shot by animation guys. And you could tell it felt like an animated... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It felt out of place. Yeah, it was shot by like visual effects guys. So like that movie's all over the place. Simon Kinberg... Uh, is directing Dark Phoenix and writing it. And so it's like, I feel, I have a hard time feeling sympathetic for watching how this has gone. <laughs> Cause it it's like, looks, and it looks so Debbie Downer, just like all the other damn ones. There's no, it's just so. Beyond Debbie Downer, look, okay, let's just address the, the elephant in the room is the, the picture of the funeral where Storm has a whole umbrella above her head. Yeah. <laughs> like she's afraid of the elements. I don't like latching on to memes, right? Especially with like the the, the internet troll thing, you know, or we just like to latch on to, you know, something that that sucks and just you know work, right, right, right. work the knee, right? As I say in wrestling terms, you know, we just keep working the knee. 
15 minutes to kind of drag out the match. Um, but that's kind of a big deal. Like, she can manipulate the weather. Why would she ever hold an umbrella? Like, either you don't get it, yeah. or, you know, they get it with say visual she effects. Huh? She, one, she loves the rain on her, but even so, she doesn't want the rain on her. She can make the rain go away. That it's just, yeah, yeah. It, they just, don't know their characters, and then there's no. You know, well, I want to. I want to take it back a step to Apocalypse. So when we were at, when Kyle and I were at the Q and A, um, so in Age of Apocalypse, so at the end of Days of Future Past, I, I hate to have to bring this backward, but I have to set this up. At the end of Days of Future Past, Magneto picks up a, a, a football stadium or a baseball stadium and drops it on the White House. In the early 70s, or yeah, early, early 70s. Okay. Um, that's basically a declaration of war. Yeah. Tries to murder the president, drops. I mean, look, we just had a congresswoman just call the, the president an MFR and they're freaking out. You imagine if a fucking mirror right. dropped uh, the Qualcomm Stadium on the fucking White House, you know? <laughs> Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium on the fucking White House, you know, it'd be cool. So you get to Age of Apocalypse. And nothing's happened. Like, Magneto's just living in the woods with the family. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? I figured being that the timeline on these series is set around global conflict. So the first, X-Men First Class was set during the 1963, the the Cuban Missile Crisis from 62. Um, And then in the 70s, it... uh, Segregation, maybe? No, no, no. It's a thing out in the... In... in uh, Wait, which one might they? Out in Germany. I can't remember. Munich. Whatever. So, it's set out in... I don't know. I can't, I can't remember the fucking... I can't remember it. I can't remember. But it's set against the backdrop of the Cold War, right? Um, mm-hmm. As well as, you know, obviously rooting out mutants and stuff. So, I figured, well, if it's going to be set in the 80s, then... You have to, you have to do Russia versus U.S. You know, like that was I was I'm from the '80s. That was the thing, folks. And right. I'm like, now that gives you so much. If you got the X-Men and Russia versus U.S. and Magneto just dropped the fucking y, the, the the stadium on the White House, then you know you know what he does? He goes to Russia. He becomes right. the spokes mutant for Russia. Russia says, "Come on in," you know, and yeah. like, and first off. In this universe, it would make sense because the Russians weren't pro-Nazi, you know, in World War II, which is what his whole backstory is tied to in that universe. So he could have had, like, they had this sequence in the movie where they show a clip from Star Trek, 16, the 60s Star Trek show. And I'm like, it's the 80s. Why are we seeing Star Trek? Like, I'm like, they should have shown, like, it would have been great if they got footage from Rocky Four where Rocky's fighting Ivan, right? But they chromed <laughs> him up. So he's fighting Colossus. Yeah. And Colossus is the Russian spokesperson, you know, like spokesman, right. you know, like we got our. And so you could have this, like, instead of building a nuclear arms race, we're building a nuclear mutants race, you know, like a stockpile. And, and, and in America, it could be fractured between Xavier trying to do it, you know, humanely and, and with, you know, the X-Men. And then with Stryker and making, you know, maybe government-sanctioned mutant weapons like X-Force or something like that. Or, right. or again, with the stupid robots. Uh, whatever. And then you could have the Apocalypse thing show up maybe at the end where 
you know, like, I don't even know why you need Apocalypse in that fucking movie because you already have that amazing <laughs> rivalry between the two fucking things. Yeah. But you could have a situation where Apocalypse shows up and he tries to build, like, a safe haven. Like, you know, you know how the we had Israel for yeah. the Jews after World War Two. He could build a safe haven for mutants in Egypt. Like, come here. Right. Come on, building, you know, Genosha, mutant paradise in the Middle East, you know? And But why am I saying all this? Because when Simon Kinberg was at this Q&A, people asked him, why is Magneto in a forest with a fucking family? Like, we, this makes no sense. Like, and his explanation for this was that he was on a plane with Fastbender, and Fastbender says, what's the furthest place we can take Magneto from Days of Future Past, from the land of the movie? Where's the furthest we could take him? Well, I know we can give him a family. And by the time they got the plan, that's what they decided to do. I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking reason. Are you fucking... So you guys were drunk, because you know they had to be drinking. Right. You know, you're on a fucking plane having a good time, and you go, what's the furthest place you can take? No, what's the next logical fucking step? Right. But the furthest fucking... This is why... They gave him a family just to kill the family, to put him back into the... Just to give him another thing to... Ah, and it just... It's like there's a... I love Days of Future Past, but, Brandon, there's a sequence <laughs> in that film where Magneto hovers near a train and uses his magical fucking powers to disassemble a sentinel robot and rewire all the sentinels with cabling. Yeah. It's like a version of his powers that don't exist. You know, <laughs> like, it's like that is beyond... It's impossible. Like, even for that character, like, that's... He's not a... How would he know how to wire all that shit? Right. You know? With the plastic... And to me, I'm like, I bet you Kinberg wrote that. (laughs) I bet you. you. Because it just fucking doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. And and it takes forever. And it's just this overdone visual effect that if you cut it out the film, you wouldn't give a shit. You know? Right. And so... That's how I felt about Age of Apocalypse. And look, Dark Phoenix was supposed to be out last summer. Supposed to be out last July. The last time I seen a comic movie delayed a whole year was Batman vs. Superman. How'd that go? You know, how'd that work out for you? A lot of rain too, right? You know that, that trailer came out for Dark Phoenix? And they're all screaming. I was waiting for Evanescence to start playing. You know, <laughs> you know, like it's just, just look like a movie from 2003, you know, like just like X2 Ice Cube. Mm. Yeah. And they canceled the New Mutants, right? Like, where's that? I don't know. Where'd they that go? Great, great first trailer. I was amped and then it just went away. Yeah, that trailer for the New Mutants actually looked interesting. Yeah. And that's gone. <laughs> I The word that Collider put out a while back was that even though the trailer really looked cool, like it was a dark horror movie, that it wasn't. That they were supposed to go, they were going back to add more horror stuff. Huh. Um, I don't know if I believe that. Uh, I tend to think that it was too dark and they want something more fun right 
and I just don't think it'll ever get released. If maybe video download, not to the theater, I don't think. Oh no, it'll probably direct to. It'll be a special feature on a Deadpool edit. (laughs) Did you go see that Once Upon a Deadpool? I did not. Did you? No. I've heard mixed. I have friends who said they loved it. Other people said it didn't work. I mean, I had no interest. Um, I think I think I heard or read that they donated a portion of the proceeds to dollar per ticket. Like I am. Yeah, to cancer research, but I mean that's nice and all, but I mean, I mean, which is nice. I'm not I'm not shitting on any kind of donations to research, but. Can we just donate Fred Savage to cancer research? Like, <laughs> can we just auction him? Then all the, the proceeds. Funny. I have a funny feeling we could auction Fred Savage. We could get more than they probably raise. So I liked I, the marketing because you know the marketing with Deadpool is always good, but it wasn't enough for me to go like, I need to see this again. Why well, do Because I, think I saw it. Go ahead. I think I saw it. Deadpool two in theaters twice. I know I saw Deadpool one in theaters twice because I saw it with you. And then me and Jessica went and saw it again. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine going to see it a, a third time for something I've already seen, but a lesser version being PG-13. I couldn't imagine having to see Deadpool 2 twice. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not saying that for Deadpool 2 was a bad movie, but it right. made that cardinal sin that every romantic comedy does. And it's it broke up the fucking people that fell in love. You know, I know like the whole internet goes, oh, they fridged her. I don't care about that. I'm talking about old school romantic comedy rules, folks. I grew up in the 80s and the the 90s and romantic comedies were a pretty big deal, you know, before visual effects. So like Romance in the Stone was one of the best ones. It's like like a cross between Indiana Jones and Moonlighting. So and it's a really fun film. And then they made the sequel called Jewel of the Nile in which they broke up the two leads. You know, so they had to fall back in love. Now, granted, right. in Deadpool 2, they, they kind of had to fall back in love just in the weird spirit realm. I don't fucking know, man. Like, just this wasn't my movie, man. It just wasn't. And I don't think it was anywhere near as smart as the first film. And I, I told you I was afraid about that because they spent seven years honing the jokes on the first film. I don't know how they were going to possibly pull that off so like that was a contention that tim miller had apparently with ryan reynolds was the rumors was that tim miller wanted to go more serious and ryan reynolds wanted to keep all the jokes and i kind of understand wanting to go more serious because Mm -hmm. because you're never going to write a film as funny as that first one unless you take another seven years right i see you're more critical than me but i liked it a lot i like the look of everything it wasn't. It obviously wasn't as great the first time. I mean, nothing ever is as good as something the first time you are amazed by it. But it, it was good. It was. I mean, it, you know what I think. And this is just me being an idiot, like internet dude, just saying shut the top of my head. But if I had to base it on the last, like, because you know people like to cast things based on the last thing they saw someone in. Mm-hmm. So if I said, who do you think should play Batman? You start thinking of the last five fucking dudes who kind of grimace at the screen. And you go, this guy should play. The guy from Game of Thrones should be Batman. Meanwhile, it should be someone we've probably never fucking seen before. Right. Um, so what do we know? 
But if I'm sitting there working on Deadpool 2 and I'm Ryan Reynolds and I'm like, I need someone to add something to this that's fun, but it's going to help us layer in a ton of stuff. I get the guys that work, that put together Spider-Verse and Lego Movie, <laughs> you know, that seem to understand right. taking a ton of characters' history. Because if you take that Chris Lord film, whatever the fucking dudes are, and you mix that with the R-rated stuff that, you know, that Ryan Reynolds can do, then you got, I think, you probably could cheat your way through a win. I don't want to say cheat, but you could fill right. that movie with more lore rather than just inside Ryan Reynolds jokes. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, have, a great, they have a good job of taking a, a very big universe and making it feel very small and connected where you go like, oh, okay. Like, they take a lot of characters and a lot of things that shouldn't always fit into such a small category of a movie, and they make it work. You know, like I said, Spider-Verse had so many references, but they made it all work. And you didn't go like, this is too much. And I'm not saying it's just those two guys. Obviously, the people who worked on the film. And Lego Batman <clears throat> wasn't, I don't think it was written by them either. But that had that layered of the history. And I think Deadpool allows you to do a ton of mutant history and lore, too, that they mm-hmm. could have just thrown in there. Um, in a humorous way, that would have worked. It just feels like at this point, Ryan Reynolds is like trying to throw as much Ryan Reynolds humor as he can. You know, like that only goes so far, man. You know, and I really feel like it's hit its apex. Like, it's going to have to be more. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you know, and a lot of his, I watched that Bodyguard movie, you know, with him and Samuel L. Jackson, and it was the same kind of thing where it's, quip after quip of him being, you know, yeah, I'm Ryan Reynolds. I'm good looking and clever. And I love Ryan Reynolds, but it, it gets to be like a lot where you're like, okay, he obviously is carrying a lot of the, where they're probably like, listen, we don't have the best script, but if you can throw in some jokes here, we'll, we'll edit out the good ones or we'll, we'll edit it. We'll keep the good ones. So. Collaboration. I don't know. And perhaps, and I know I said when they first announced Deadpool 2 was going to have to find a new director, I said they should get one of the raid dudes. And they did. Um, yeah, maybe they got the wrong one. Maybe it was the other raid guy they should have got. They got to get both of them. I, I didn't even like the action in the movie. I didn't care for the sticking the thing up juggernauts, but I didn't get it. There's so many great juggernaut fights from the comics. You know, there was the one in Amazing Spider-Man and X-Force, that two-parter, the last one, McFarlane. So McFarlane did the first part with Spider-Man and then Liefeld finished it up. But where the Juggernaut knocks down the two towers? The Twin Towers. Yeah, but they, they, they're not going to... not gonna. But you it. see what I'm saying? Like, there's a fucking... And, like, when I'm watching Deadpool 2, like, I'm looking at this story, and I'm like, okay, so if this guy's just going to constantly fucking reference movies, especially from the 80s, then why didn't he? they just make him the teacher at... They only give him a job teaching at the school... And he has to teach the, the, the kids in detention on Saturday, like the Breakfast Club, and call it the X-Fist Club. And then it becomes X-Force. You know what I mean? He takes all the fucking kids who got detention and makes a little super rejects. team out of them. Yeah, the rejects. And makes a fucking little super team out of them. You know, and then makes things worse. And Max, actually, I was saying, I was thinking, like, it could be a situation where he, he affects them in such a way that it alters the future and makes it the Cable's dark future. Like, Deadpool, 
negatively influences the X-Men to create a really horrific future. And so Kate wants to come back and stop Deadpool from fucking being such an influence on all the X-Men. Which is, you know, kind of like a double, you know, double meaning, whatever that word is. Wait, wait. Right. Are going to say double entendre? Is that, is that, I don't know what that means. I don't think I got that right. I'm not, I'm not smart with the words, folks. I have to look things up. So I think that's what it means, but kind of. Um, I don't, and I hang around Brandon, so it's not like I can guarantee. You know. My wife yeah. would know. She's the smart one in the relationship. So. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Like, whatever. Uh, um, it wasn't a bad so movie. We are talking about movies, and I want to talk about maybe one more. Because the internet needs more people sitting around talking about movies. Or we can move on to a different... We can talk to about an art topic. Are you talking about what other useless films with shitty trailers coming out soon? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that is uh, we could talk about this. Why not? Let's just let's just jump on the internet pile. Like, <laughs> right? Let's use... just keep adding more. All right. Fuck it. Hellboy. Mm. Which... This just, actually bummed me out. I yes. wasn't angry. I was legitimately just bummed. Because when the original we, Hellboy, hold on, when the original Hellboy yeah. was announced, I was so excited. This is what, 2001 or two, Something like that. I was so excited because the minute I saw what it looked like, I'm like, it looks like Mignola stuff brought to life. The original film. And the the... the I didn't know who Yolanda del Toro was at the time, but I was like, this looks amazing. Ron Perlman's perfect. I love, I've love. i been loving that dude since Beauty and the Beast and Linda Hamilton. <clears throat> oh, I knew Yolanda from Blade 2, and I thought Blade right. 2 was fucking amazing. So uh, I was so excited. And then I saw Hellboy, and I was bummed because it felt like Men in Black featuring Hellboy. Like the Hellboy comics, I've been reading Hellboy. I've been reading Hellboy since '93 Comic Con. So '92 Comic Con, I first found Mignola's artwork because they gave me this copy. At the so you get swag when you go to cons, and at the '92 San Diego Comic Con, one of the bags of swag you got was uh, Tops did a Tops comics. If can you believe it? Tops had a comic book line, and they did an adaptation of. Bram Stoker's Dracula. And Mike Mignola, the, the artist, drew it. It's fucking awesome. It's artist, from an artistic standpoint, I, I think it's his best work. Uh, and he did Gotham by Gaslight like right after that. So when he was really still really illustrative, his right. stuff has simplified over the years. Now to the point where I, I don't really relate to it too much. But that 92... Bram Stoker's Dracula. I keep telling people, if you've never seen it, go go check it out. It's fucking amazing. Especially if you can go get the copies in their original newsprint because the the paper really adds something to it. Uh, so Elinia Lermo did Hellboy 2. And again, pretty, but just, this isn't Hellboy. It's like Men in Black. I kept feeling Sony keeps trying to make Men in Black. Hellboy is is macabre. It's somber. It's more like the movie Coraline. You ever seen that film, Brandon? Mm-hmm. The stop motion. Like it's it's Hellboy's got humor, but the humor is more like a show called Stranger Things. <laughs> Have you seen this show? Uh, there's a guy in there who's a sheriff. Stranger Things. Who who's gruff and and he's he eats junk food. And he mm-hmm. works too much, 
and he gets into fights and, smokes. and he smokes and he walks and doesn't talk a whole lot to people, you know? And I was like, that's more like Hellboy. <laughs> and then lo and behold, they cast him in a completely rebooted Hellboy, which from what I was told was supposed to be creatively spearheaded by Mike Mignola, who felt that the other Hellboys didn't reflect his vision. This would. And this trailer came out. And fuck if it just looks like a direct-to-DVD sequel to Hellboy 2. You know? Yeah. It doesn't yes. even... It looks... It, has, it not only does it have the same fucking tone, it's gone worse down it's the... so... I think the whole trailer was in daylight. Like It the was whole, like they saw the fucking daylight. Suicide Squad trailer. It was like, how do we do that for, like, a third of the money? Like... <laughs> See, and I feel I feel like they they tried to bite off of Thor Ragnarok, where you have your main buff guy being kind of ditzy and dumb, but he just kind of barrels his way through the whole adventure, and it's just you know, it's just wait. There, one, there's no there's no dark shadows, there's no tones to it. Everything's well lit, everything's super bright, but to have that song too to make it such a poppy tell people the song that plays in the trailer it's the gosh now that you put me on it's, it's the, money uh, money by billy idol right? is that is that the one it money, is money money yeah uh, yeah we're just all happy can't and play excited. it we'll get we'll get booted all, yeah right i don't even want to sing it because i'll but you need like darkness rain you know ominous music like uh the the new uh, Jordan Peele trailer for us, where he takes a rap song and they make it in like a sounding song where it just goes slow and drawn out. Like that looks creepy. That looks good. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the new trailer for yeah. us. by Jordan. Yeah. That is how you make a dark trailer. You have it. You take a song. It, it was song. more dark. <laughs> yes. And there's no, there's no supernatural creepy to it. It's just like I'm saying, it's, it's like, Thor Ragnarok. You got these big creatures. It's it's all daylight. It's it's, it's Thor Ragnarok. Pop- you, look, you, ever, you you remember when they had video stores? Yes. Like Hollywood blockbuster but video blockbuster, and mm-hmm. you would go to look for like Pirates of the Caribbean, but they would have some generic movie that would trick your parents or your family members into thinking that was part. But it was like, you know, the she pirates right. of the something you know Twilight Caribbean. But they would yeah. make all the other words really small and place the actors so they would look right. You know, and you get stuck getting a fucking movie that you thought was, but it isn't. <laughs> Happened to my mom in the mid nineties. Yeah, so they do you, it all the time, and they'd come out like a week before the actual. Well, here's how dumb some people can be, man. Look, I love my mother, God rest her soul, but my mom was just—I don't fucking know, man. Like at some point, she stopped <laughs> caring. Like she used to be really smart when I was a kid. She made me. She made me. When I was in the first and second grade, I wasn't allowed to do crosswords or or maze or crosswords or um, you know the where they jumble the words up and you got to circle the ones you ever seen those? Yeah. She wouldn't let me do this because they were for children. She made me do logic problems. It's fucking six, bro. You know what I mean? So like, but 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 ten years later, my mom was a moron. I don't fucking know. So. And I say this because you have to be legitimately stupid. I, she went to the store to go get Toy Story on VHS. Okay? Mm-hmm. The CG animated film with Buzz Lightyear and Woody. She came back with Robin Williams' toys. 
Do you know this movie? <laughs> yes. Now, I don't know if you know, Brandon, one features real fucking people and the other one's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> but she has toys in the name. I'm like, do you not? And she puts it in. She's like, when are they? What is this space dude? I'm like, it's, it's live action. Like, <laughs> she watched the whole movie and didn't. I'm just sitting there like, I'm not going to tell her. You know, she'll figure this shit out. So, like, she ended up working for the district attorney's office. So if you ever wonder how fucking inept your government is, you know, just remember. Um, where was they going? So this reminds me of, of a movie that's trying to trick people into thinking it's a sequel to that movie you remember. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the people who grew up with Hellboy and let their kids watch it, or maybe they were kids, and then they're going to think this is connected to that. For what reason? I I don't know. You know, it yeah. it it's so this movie's so fucking. It's just dumb looking, man. Like in a really like it's borderline Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes. That it, yeah, man. Like you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. All the shit talking Mignola did about how Guillermo wanted too much money and, and it doesn't need to be that much and it needs to go back to the roots and it's going to be R rated. And then you end up with the fucking. Like his mouth barely moves when he talks. Oh, yeah. That's like the stiff. prosthetics are so cheap, I guess, or I don't. He can't emote. I don't know, man. And then Guillermo just won a fucking Oscar for his fish movie you know so it's like his Abe Sabian film that yeah. I just like why didn't they just let him make that I, I look I didn't want another goofy Hellboy movie. the problem I think is Brandon it's called Hellboy and when they when I think when the movie executives see the word boy in there they go oh this must feature a kid yeah why don't we get the spy kids dude to make it <laughs> I don't fucking you know like I just it need it like I just would I uh, before I die I I hope I get to see a version of Hellboy that looks like the comics and acts like the, the only, comics. Only only way you're getting that is if it's a Netflix show. Fan, no, only way I'm get that is if a fan makes it. That's what I think. I think a fan's gonna have to make that. You're very nostalgic of the past, Rob. It's time to accept the new Hellboys. The Cowboys. Comics are still like, coming out, right? Yeah, but you like the old Hellboy, and now fun. He's cool. He's hip. This is also why I hate it when they draw Batman realistic. Like, who's that guy? Uh, Lee Bermejo. Yeah, you know what I'm talking Bermejo. about. Lee Bermejo. So for Bermejo. years... Ever since the Dark Knight came, I've been hearing about you. Guillermo's Batman is so amazing. The Dark Knight and he looks realistic. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't. Like, I mean, it looks like he's tracing over Muscle magazines. You remember uh, uh, the magazine Wizard Magazine, Brandon? Oh yes. Tell people what Wizard Magazine was. Wizard Magazine was a monthly publication that would spotlight artists, show books coming out, comic book movies. There was also a price guide in the back, so you could price out your comic books. Uh, all kind of thing. You can submit art to show off, and they would have artists each month draw the cover. And it would have a, usually a wizard theme because the name of it was Wizard, but then later on it got kind of. So they wouldn't draw the cover. They would draw, like, 
fan art of a mock-up cover. And then they would put it in a, in a section of the fan art, and then the best one would win a prize. Mm-hmm. And so you'd always have, like, people drawing, you know, Spawn, Wolverine. This is in the 90s. Every issue, you'd get one fucking dude who would clearly be tracing from Muscle Magazines. Oh, yeah. You know, they'd put John Stewart Body on there. And he, magazines. And yeah. It would be John Stewart, like, you know, like this, super, like, roided muscles and shit. Oh, yeah. He's trying to show off his lower V. When people would make fun of life on those guys for their anatomy, and people don't look like that, I'm like, you should open up a muscle magazine and tell me what people don't look like. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Those bodybuilders are fucking ridiculous, man. No, you, yeah. Uh, Yeah. hmm. It never looked right. And so Ulibrium was just one of those guys where I'm like, it just loses its iconography for me. When I see Batman with that many costume seams and whatever. And then, you know, for whatever reason, he decided to give Batman a penis last month and pissed off <laughs> half the fucking internet. Yes. Like, I'm like, I don't, obviously Batman has a dick, I just don't get the point. And whose dick did he draw? I wonder, I'm like, is that his dick? Because he draws from photos, I'm like, alright, whose dick was it? You know. Um, but the Hellboy movies always felt like like the Lee Boyermo version of a Hellboy. I want the fucking minimalistic, you know, illustrator version of Hellboy with the shadows and the construction. Why can't it be CGI that looks like his artwork? I, th- I, got, I pray, man, if, this, if the Spider-Verse can have any lasting effect is that we can get different styles of CG animation. You could easily do a CG animated Hellboy flick that looked just like his artwork. Spider-Verse. And make it for like $40 million, you know? Yeah. Versus this fucking realistic shit, man. I just, I just don't, I don't get the realism trick, dude. I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't get. Take a fucking photo. Like, look, some people are really good at it, and there's an artistry to it. Alex Ross is one of those people that seems to have like this. It's realistic, but he has that go. It's, it's, it has an artistic feel to it. You know. Yeah. Although I prefer it when he paints over other people's drawings. Like, he did uh, the cover to Savage Dragon 100. I was just going to say, when he, yeah, with uh, Jim Lee, right? Jim Lee drew and it. He, and... he did a Jim Lee World's Finest where he painted over Jim Lee's pencils with Batman and Superman. Correct. That's probably my my second favorite. My first favorite is the Savage Dragon because it looks like a fucking animated version, you know, like of his art, mm-hmm. but realistic. I don't say realistic, just painted really, really well. Right. Um, same with Jim Lee's art. Like, if Jim Lee could draw a Justice League thing, and Alex Ross painted the whole, it was, ah, oh, fucking awesome. Anyhow, uh, I don't get the realism, man, I just don't, it's like when I see Gotham, I'm like, why are they making this show? Why are they making this show, man? Yeah. Oh, and I saw a picture of Jigsaw from Punisher Season 2, you don't want to know. It's not good. It's not good. And I like the Punisher. The Netflix Punisher, but this is like, it's like, I don't, there's obviously a, a blend between realism and iconography. There's a blend. I think the first Crow movie nails that perfectly with Brandon Lee. Like if you want to nail yeah. a realistic version, but it still looks artistic, that Crow movie is flawless in terms of doing yeah. that. Um. <clears throat> To an extent, Nolan's Dark Knight, but the Batman outfit just 
looks like, you know, the Nolan Batman outfit is like the nicest version of a Michael Bay Transformer, like, style of design. They just keep putting those slats. You know, they just constantly, yeah. like, just layer textures to create some interesting look. And I'm like, what you really just, I just want is just, just give him that material that's blood-soaked and ripped up and fucking, like, <laughs> he's been punching the shit out of dudes, solving crimes. So, I don't know, man. Fucking Hellboy is going to be horrible. It's a race for me at this point to see which is going to be worse, Hellboy or Dark Phoenix. My mind is on Dark Phoenix. Yeah, right? And look, and and I think we can admit, it had a better trailer. Yeah. It had a better trailer than Hellboy, but I sort of feel like they didn't show anything as well in the right. X-Men trailer. Like, they it showed just, you a lot just, of... It's just people looking up. In the Dark Phoenix <laughs> trailer, it's just, it's Michael Fassbender looking up. It's Jean Grey looking up to the air. It's, Why did I tell my agent... Why did I agree to three films? You know what really pissed me off about Age of Apocalypse? To take it back three steps. Uh-huh. When they were filming that. You keep calling it Age of Apocalypse. It wasn't Age of Apocalypse. I know, I know, Apocalypse. I know. I'm doing that because it's, don't it's, you, I was waiting don't for you. Don't you, don't, you do, don't you do dirty to the Age of Apocalypse I've been waiting line. for Brandon to correct me because Age of Apocalypse storyline is his favorite of all time. It is my favorite X-Men storyline yeah. of all time. Yeah. And this is not Age of Apocalypse. So. But X-Men Apocalypse, what really fucking pissed me off was during the making of, they had kept saying, it's in the 80s, it's in the 80s, it's in the 80s. And they were going to film this whole sequence in an 80s mall and go to an <laughs> 80s arcade. And look, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the past. I don't. I didn't have a particularly happy childhood. But one of the happiest moments of my life was going to the mall in the 80s and going to arcades in the 80s. An 80s mall and an 80s arcade it's like it's like going to Paris before World War One, you know. It's like it's like it's like seeing Chicago during the height of the mob, you know, with the the thirty with the cars in the thirties and the the Tommy guns and all that. Stuff. You know, like you, it's an iconic moment, you know, in cinematic history. It's like seeing the Beatles when they arrived in the sixties to America, or uh, it's like it's like seeing Brandon when he when he gets a mushroom pizza. <laughs> you're gonna date that and remember for for what it is uh and then they cut the whole fucking sequence out the film it's not in it you know no no mall they kept showing they kept showing in the movie they go we're gonna go to the mall and then they come back from the mall and you never see it i fucking was pissed because it was like the one thing i could look forward to is at least hanging out at eighties mall nope gone no eighties mall for rob Kyle just couldn't stop laughing. He was like, he was like, delighting. Right. I wanted to see was that mall, and they didn't have it. <laughs> I was like, I could leave you here in L.A., Kyle. You know, you, know, you can fucking walk home. Although, jokes on me, his brother works across the street, so we just gotta ride back. Um. So yeah, no hope in Hellboy. No hope in Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Let's see what time we got. Ninety minutes. We got time for another. Let's just stick Didn't with the movie stuff. Let's, two hours. let's stick. Let's stick. No, we got time. Let's talk. What, what else? All right. All right. Let's stick with the movies then. All right. So I don't know if this is new news, but I just, I read it the other day that Matt, Matt Reeves is pushing back filming for Batman to start in November. And they were supposed to start this summer, 
we are never getting a Batman fucking movie. It's going to take hold on, years. Hold on. I don't know about that. What I'll say is this. I listen to a podcast. Uh, Jeff Goldsmith does the Q&A. Before that, he used to work for a screenwriting magazine called Creative Screenwriting Magazine. He did a podcast there. And he's one of the guys that, at the L.A. Film School, that's where I went to see X-Men Apocalypse. He shows films and then brings out the screenwriter to do a Q&A. Okay. So he did one with Matt Reeves for the second and the third, but definitely the second uh, Planet of the Apes films that Matt Reeves wrote, co-wrote and directed. He had a screenwriter, but he co-wrote that. So he had the screenwriter on there. And I know he brought Matt Reeves out for something else. Because um, I know, because I remember hearing Matt Reeves talk. And the thing that I learned from listening to Matt Reeves talk was, he takes forever! <laughs> <laughs> and it just confounded Jeff Goldsmith to no, to no end. He was like, so you, you just went out, he was this whole point where he was like, yeah, so I'm working on the Abe thing, and we go back, and I just work on it, and I don't talk to him for like a year. And he's like, they just let you do that? He's like, well, that's what, yeah, that's what we do. He's like, how do you get do that? He's like, well, we just do it. You know, just go through this story. I had to go through, then we had to start over, and we work it out. And that's what he's doing with Batman, I guarantee it. It's the same process. And they didn't expect that. I don't know why, because it was in a fucking podcast well in advance. Right. <laughs> like, I'm the only person who's like, no, this seems about right for how he works. Um, it'll probably be another two years before you get another Batman movie, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, completely ridiculous. Yeah. But seeing as how fucking horrible those TV shows are and the D, the WB Direct or DC Direct, whatever that fucking thing is called. I watched uh, some stuff on YouTube of it. Like, you know, people will post episodes on YouTube because they don't care. You know, they'll hmm. they'll screen it. Hmm. And I watched the last episode. Well, not the whole episode, but the whole scene where Batman is using batarangs to slit cops' throats. And step on their heads as uh, Nightwing, who's a cop, also raids the Batcave and lets everybody know that Bruce Wayne is Batman and try to take out Batman because he's out of control. I haven't watched the whole season. That's all I watched. And to see Batman slicing uh, SWAT team cops' throats with batarangs and then stepping on their heads, I was like, I don't, I don't even know, uh, like what the fuck they're doing. That's all. It's out of context because I haven't seen as, the whole season. As I was told, it was supposed to be like some scarecrow thing, but I'm like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Um, how about this? Just Fuck the... Batman. They put that. That's a real uh, thing. Yeah. It's real. <sighs> I just. What are you going to do, man? Like, we're in this <laughs> spot where they're like, superhero movies are just doing so well. I'm like, no, man. Just, they got lucky with this Kevin Feige dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this one fucking guy came out of nowhere. He architectured. He 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 architectured. I don't Just know if like I'm that right. architected, architected. Yeah, he, he, whatever. Yeah. The whole thing. He constructed the whole thing so beautifully, and it's 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 made it seem easy. But he's put in a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah, like George Lucas, Stanley, Walt Disney, you know, Tolkien, just the greats who managed to do it before him. <laughs> Uh, right. managed James to do Cameron. this thing right place right time it's really worked out that's it everything else is writing out the coattails of what they're doing and I'm not a Marvel guy 
Because I'm not a Marvel guy. I mean, I've worked on the fucking t-shirts. I, I'm, there's nobody more fucking done with Marvel than me. You know, like, after... You've been, you've been fired and blacklisted before. Yeah, I've been blacklisted by Marvel. I can't even get a fucking t-shirt job because, <laughs> to this day because of them. Like, I have no fucking love. But I, I'm i not a hater. I, when I see a fucking amazing thing, I go, that was amazing. I was yeah. blown away by Black Panther. Like, I can't believe that fucking film exists. Just hold on for a second. Beyond the fact that they cast an all-black cast, it's written and directed by a black artist. Like, that's amazing. On top of that, look at the fucking set designs. The, the costumes on those with, with the African earrings that are coming down here. Like, who else was going to be able to get away with that? You know, right. like, who else was willing to go that that's what the film needed. In depth with it, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if this were made by Fox, <laughs> it would look like it Meteor would, Man. Remember yeah, that? They'd be set. It'd be set in like the whole thing would be set in Brooklyn, and they would and, all be wearing like leather jackets with maybe like a Panther signia, something look, real cheap. I, I won't lie. I have a soft spot for Blank Man. <laughs> it's it's not a good movie, but David Allen Greer is so amazing in that film that. As other guy that I can I can do it, but it's 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 tough. Um, but beyond that, then they then with Avengers Infinity, I mean Infinity War, like I've said it a million times. It's a film that not only shouldn't exist, um, but nobody else, no other crew of people could have put that together. Yeah. Period. It's not just an Avengers. Like it, I don't know how to describe it, man. Like it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And I, I even now, as well as it's done, it's made two billion dollars. Everyone wants to see the next movie. I really don't feel that people right now understand how hard that was. You know, how hard or almost impossible that movie did in one film what three Star Wars prequels couldn't do. Yeah. Give me a meaningful villain that wins. Yeah. Which is what I always hoped Anakin Skywalker would be, a meaningful villain who ended up winning. You know, I mean, he lost, but he won too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and man, no one complained about the CGI on Thanos when that fucking thing came out. Remember that first trailer? Hey, it doesn't look right. It's fucking shit. You know, movie comes out, brilliant CGI. Color is amazing. Remember yeah. the complaints about the color of Marvel films? So, um, I have a lot of love. I didn't think Ant-Man and the Wasp was genius, but it was a fun movie. Uh, it has an awesome, awesome end credit sequence. Like, that end credit sequence brought kids to tears. And I'm very happy. That film was so happy, and then it just took it away. (laughs) I just sat there trying not to laugh. Family reunited, everyone happy. They're all happy they just fucking And they died. just poosh! Like, like, like it terry-tated the, the, the crew right at the end. <laughs> just office linebacker at the side. Poosh! So, um, but this, this DC stuff, man, WB, I don't know. The DC Direct, I have a hard time giving them a password because DC is supposed to be in charge of that. And it looks fucking horrible. And not just the Teen Titans, which everyone said. The overwhelming response is, it's pretty good and Starfire is the best thing. I don't care for another dark, gloomy fucking... I don't know, man. It's headed by Akiva Goldsman. And 
I just can never forgive Akiva Goldsman for Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. You know, like he wrote Batman and Robin, wrote Batman Forever. And Batman Forever has some bright spots, but, you know, not good. Yeah. And Batman yeah. and Robin is $120 million waste of time. I, that is the last, was it, was it the last, might have been the last time I went to a Comic-Con and just, yeah, I just quit. I just went home. <laughs> I was so depressed. <laughs> I was just defeated, like, coming out of that panel. And then no one was in the Batman and Robin panel in 96. The 96, it was a year before the movie came out. And, uh. Seeing the concept art for Freeze's snow bunny chicks with their tits hanging out, I'm like, he, his wife was frozen. Why would he have hot chicks running around? What is going on with this movie? I, mean, I don't, you know, just the the whole Uncle Alfred thing and man, that Batman and Robin movies. Did you ever play the video game on PlayStation? I want to say yes, but I they can't tried remember. to make it dark, like Metal Gear Solid-ish. It was like in 3D. Oh yeah, and you creep against the wall and. Yeah, they tried to make it dark. Like they tried, they were like trying to make this Batman thing. We got dark. Like they try to do it now. If you buy Batman and Forever or Batman and Robin on Blu-ray, they redid the case art to make it look Dark Knight-ish. <laughs> like, oh my. When they put the fucking thing in, they're gonna know it's not like the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, like, not, not like in 10 minutes. Instantly. Instantly. There's a new villain in town, Batman, Mr. Freeze. Like, I'm, that's exactly how, and that's Michael, not Michael Gobb, it's the commissioner from the Tim Burton film. They got the same commissioner to be Commissioner Gordon from 89 Batman through 97 Batman. And it's just, I felt bad for that guy. That guy who played Commissioner Gordon in those films. Just, you know, you imagine it'd be like getting to play Obi-Wan in A New Hope, and then at the end, you're, you know. Yeah. You know. Jar Jar Binks. Like, <laughs> if you had to stick around for that, and just, oh. Where did yeah. you became Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. Checks are clearing, so we all got, we all got, we got that. You know, yeah. <laughs> no one's no one's gonna blame me for this. You know, <laughs> uh, what's up with Tom King? Oh, well, that's not a movie topic. I'm but... just curious. What what is it? I don't know about this. One. So he's a writer for DC, and uh, he wrote the Batman Elmer Fudd, didn't he? I want to say yes. That was I good. That's the one you you liked. I could be wrong. So and I think he wrote because... that Hawkeye thing Kyle keeps talking about, right? Um, uh, give me 30 seconds on Google. Yeah, um, take a minute. I can edit this out. Go, go look. Yeah. It's the power of editing.
like Matt Fraction did that in Hawkeye. Oh, uh, Matt Fraction. Uh, he's he's wrote like Mr. Miracle and things like that. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. So, uh, Tom King, writer for DC and such. Uh, apparently, he was in used to be in the CIA and over in like Afghanistan type stuff. And uh, for some reason, a lot of people kept hassling him and giving him a very very hard time about calling him a liar and say he never did. And then he actually did post pictures and emails that he's allowed, that he's been approved to post proving that he was in such things, you know, in the CIA and served over in the Middle East. And, you know, even his wife was like, hey, you fuckers didn't have to worry every night if you're, you're going to get a call that your husband was killed in the Middle East and things like that. And so, one, it's a shame that he has to even prove that, you know, and post it online just because of people trying to martyr him about it. But I was thinking you served in the military. You've you've talked about it. You've you've uh, you've done drawings where you've added realistic guns and you know actual body armor that would be used. And I was just thinking, have you ever been hassled by like that, or had a any kind of art situation or a job interview where they maybe kind of questioned your credibility, looked at you like, eh, you didn't serve? Or no, I have a DD two fourteen. So the CIA is, is a little DD two fourteen is your. Department of Defense document form two fourteen, so it's the records of everything you did in the military on a one sheet. Oh wow! So from basic training all the way out, you're at you know, where you were stationed. It's, so anytime you go anywhere, you take your DD two fourteen. So I have my DD two fourteen. It's pretty. What about it, like a, a convention or anything like that? Well, hold on. Related? With with the CIA, it's a little different. I don't think they have DD two fourteens. So whatever he was in could be covered under national security, so he can't show things. Like if he says, I was stationed here between this year and that year, that could compromise national security if we don't want people to know where we have people during certain days. Right. And so I would ask you this, is Tom King pro-Trump or anti-Trump, out of curiosity? Oh, um, hmm. I don't Because I'll don't just say that. this, you have to go look it up. So if he talks shit about Trump, then that's probably why people are coming after him. Hmm. Sad to say. So if he's pro-Trump, then I don't know, man. Just overzealous comic book dudes who fucking sounds like the comic skaters to me. You know, yeah. sad to say. Um, you know, and I just I saw that and I was like, man, you know, there's been times where, you know, I I like that you served because when there when we were at Phoenix Con and the uh, fire alarm went off and everybody panicked. I just followed suit and followed you out and accordingly out the way as if, you know, you were, uh, I don't know the terms, let's say squad leader, you know, you're like, hey, we're going this, we're going out these stairs, we're going to this farthest exit away from where any of the damage would be if said things go yeah, on. Did I freak but out? Not at all. And I that made me calm. And I was just like, all right, I'm following Rob, which I will do blindly. My, my, my wife's been on an airplane that has had to emergency land and I just go, huh. You know, like, like, she's like, like well, I, I've seen death, man. Like, I'm not, yeah. I, I haven't been in combat, but I've seen a lot of, I actually, I saw a lot more combat working security with my father than I ever did in the Army. <laughs> I mean, I did all live training exercise, but I served in the Army before 9-11. Before we were perpetually at war, I literally right. got out, literally, like, I'm using the actual right way to use that word, in March of 2001, so just months before September 11th, like six months. So, uh, the last. The last before this endless fucking war. That being said, all I did 
you know, was live fire training exercises uh, for the most of my career. And then the last year I was injured, so I was doing stuff in uh, nuclear biological chemical. So I was running ProMass and doing chemical weapons training and how to react to, I don't know, things like tear gas, which has been a little popular in the news these days. So when people tell you there's safe tear gas, I'm like, really? I'd love to give you some. You tell me how that fucking feels. Uh, <laughs> anyone who says tear gas is fun, I would just... Look, there's times when you're cleaning pro-masks uh, in the military, and guys don't clean their gear, and you get a nice fucking hit, little pocket of tear gas left over, and you just... just and just shit just starts flowing out your fucking face. Things you didn't know you had in you, Brandon, just come all out on the floor. It's happened to me so many times. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> case in like uh to, to separate effects so years ago i used to make steaks you know i used to grill steaks on a grill and then i learned how to smoke them and uh i eventually wanted to just do the sear on a pan and put in the oven technique mm -hmm. um you'll see how i tie this together in a second so when i when you take it off the you, you so you sear the steaks on a pan two minutes on one side two minutes on the other you put it in the oven I have about 425 for about four to six minutes, depending on the thickness of the steak. You pull it out. When I pull the pan out, the first three fucking dozen times, I burned the shit out of my hand. <laughs> I just constantly <laughs> grabbed the 400, it's got to be probably 1,000 degrees, just grabbed it with my hand, you know, and would burn my hand. And this is post-army. And so the first, you know, few times you're just acting like a little girl, a little girl, like you're acting like a little baby, you know, where you're just like, oh, you know what to do when you're running underwater and it makes it worse. And then after a while, I just learned a little technique of keeping cans of soda and, in, in, you know, sugar-free, whatever, but soda, it doesn't matter, aluminum cans in the fridge at all times. So if I burn my hand, I can just hold on to that. If you hold on to a cold aluminum can with your burnt hand, by the time that can warms up, you can put it back in and grab another one. And after about three or four hours, your hand will be fine. And you'll never feel any pain. Good to know. So now you know. So now, whenever I burn my head, I don't freak out. There isn't one word about it. I was like, oh, grab the soda and then work with the other hand. You know? Like, 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 if I burn both hands, I can't make dinner. Like, the wife has to come in and, you know, like, with two hands, totally, like, and tell her what to do. So a lot of these things, uh, when there's tons of, you know, when there's emergencies or we got, you know, fire drills or we got mass shooters, like I did a lot of that with my father. Uh, he did his own security company and I, I had been, I had been in so many fucking stupid situations with my dad that one time he and I were literally drawn weapons back to back to get ourselves out of a wedding party lose his wedding party near Mexico at this Polish hall in the middle of this ratty part of town and they were having a wedding party or a quinceanera I can't remember and anyway you know classic fucking party for they tell you there'll be 30 people and 300 show up you ever have mm -hmm. one of those and so my father and I are there and it's 300 people and one of the guys decides to hit his wife and my dad gets involved immediately and he's lead I'm there as backup it's armed security. And rather than the family be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, 
they take the dude's side. And she takes his side. Like, it's okay to beat her. And my father was, and these guys were turned on us. So I had my weapon drawn. I had a 45, and my dad had his, well, he's got a 45. So I used to think he's not here. So we both, we had both like this. Just, <laughs> so we're backing up into our truck to drive off because the cops wouldn't stop. So it's like, once you've had to pull a weapon on a group of people, you know, Brandon, like it's hard to get to, you know, too rattled. You know, right. what I don't enjoy though, uh, I don't get wigged out by too much, but crazy drivers are the ones that make me the most nervous because right. it's really hard to like dodge a crazy vehicle, man. You know, like it's just going to happen so quick. So on the freeway, I get, I try to go to sleep. You've been in the car when I've gotten to sleep. Mm-hmm. So if something's going to happen, I'm going to go in my sleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wake up in the hospital barely alive and then gone. You know, like, I don't want to see a lot of it happening. But um, the Tom King thing is ridiculous because if he was in the CIA, this is why it's so important when people like our president or any political figure starts giving up identifications of people in, in the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. When they start ratting out, oh, this person was stationed here. This person was one of our top spies there, and this person's pro Hillary. So fuck this person. This person's pro Trump. Fuck them. It's like you can't give up our intelligence assets for political purposes. I really feel it's an act of treason. You know, if it was sort of robs America, the United States of Rob. <laughs> you know, anyone who gave up an intelligence, you know, officer's fucking identity at any given point. You know, I would I would really file them under an act of treason or sedition. Because it compromises not just them, but it's like, you ever see Mission Impossible when they get the list of the IMF agents and everyone's right. fucked? It's like that. Like, I, I know it's sad you have to frame it. <laughs> Take it back right. to the movies. you got to frame it in a context people can understand. Is, you know, we can't let that list of IMF agents get out to the evil underworld dudes. Because Tom Cruise is not able to save us. So, but Tom King fucking, he obviously serves, so whatever. Gives a shit. Um, and then last, are you going to watch the new Young Justice cartoon? I am. I put it in here as a topic, because uh, it's back after six years, but I think I'm going to wait to talk about it after I've actually watched it. So. Are you excited? Um, yes and no. Um, I love the Young Justice series. I loved all the characters. Uh, the Outsiders is, you know, more off-branch characters, so... I don't know how much I'll like it, you know, compared Didn't to seeing Keith like... Giffen write and draw a Batman and the Outsiders comic in the 80s. Am I right on that? Was it Keith Giffen? I believe so. I think Let me so. see. Like, you could be right. Uh... He always had a cool, yes. like, like realistically proportioned art style, like Jose Garcia, Garcia Lopez. But his mm-hmm. facial expressions were always super animated, which I really enjoyed uh, when I was younger. Like, it's one of the few artists that would stand out, you know? Uh, when you'd see, like, yeah. his Justice League and, like, Guy Gardner getting his face punched by Batman or whatever. Yeah, you kind of had a, a – if I'm looking at it correctly, because it's been a while. But did he have kind of more of, like, an Eric Larson style with the – Yeah, before you know, Eric Larson. Right, big hands. Yeah. I don't want to say Kirby, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was known for facial expressions. They also did Trencher a while back. Different art style, but remember Trencher? No, you don't. Remember. No. Okay. No. So, 
All you image dudes out there, you'll know. And I say dudes because not not one woman bought that book. Um, <laughs> they just didn't. Uh, all right, so you're looking forward to that. Uh, they also announced someone broke. Was it Mario from L Fanboy Network? Whatever he used to be at Latino Review. Now he does the Fanboy podcast. He used to be L Fanboy. Um, Mario Robles, Robles. Anyway, he broke that they're making a long Halloween animated cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw something about that. But I'm certain it's not going to be animated like Tim Sale's artwork, right? No. And if I, mean, I don't it'll, fucking care, it'll have, it'll have it'll have elongated uh, no proportions. It'll look like it won't have Young Justice. It won't have the it won't have the uh, the shading and the depth and the capes and things. The proportions like that, but, and the right. No. But it'll have probably it, the, the pointed nose and the long ears. It should look like the Max or the Spawn cartoon with the Tim Sale style art. Mm-hmm. It's going to look like the fucking Youngblood stuff. What's that guy, that artist that you like, the animator? Dude? Phil Barusa. Barusa. Great artist. But that, but you know, great artist, but that, they shove that style into every fucking thing, man. Like, when they did the Death of Superman a month or two ago, it should look like Dan Jan, Dan Jurgens art, somewhere between Dan Dan Jurgens and uh, Bogdanov. Rob is it Rob Bogdanov? Tom Bogdanov. John Bogdanov. John Bogdanov. Bogdanov. <sighs> it's been a while, folks. I got. I got. My brain has to go back to 1983. Just bear with me. So, um, it should look like those art styles, and they don't. They just constantly look like this fucking generic Warner Brothers look. I can't stand it. They all look the same, man. I don't like it, Brandon. You know? Like, and they call it the long... Like, when they did the Batman Year One cartoon, it should look like Mazzuchelli's art. And it just looked like another fucking Bruce Timm cartoon. Like, I don't... I don't know. So... The Young Justice always look like that, so I'm not going to complain, but it bummed me out this where well, they're making the long Halloween and it's gonna fucking look like some other generic made for DVD nonsense. You know, it just won't have as much the blacks and the uh, dark shadows and the. Not just that, it won't have the way he draws. It's a very unique way that face thing, you know, with the hands and the wispy looking. Look, I've told you a million times. If I could go, if I could, you know, rewrite. With the Infinity Gauntlet, a Batman flick, I would have taken The Dark Knight Rises and split that into two films. And I would have called the first one Nightfall and the second one The Dark Knight Returns. And Nightfall would have been the destruction of Gotham, uh, Bane, breaking Batman, blowing everything up. And then The Dark Knight Returns would be The Dark Knight coming back from obviously the pit. But he comes back to a no man's land style Gotham. That's just on Halloween, littered with pumpkins and the scarecrows taking over. Because right. I always wanted to see that jack o' lantern with the bat signal carved in, you know, mm-hmm. on the on the big screen and like setting the final thing during Halloween. And everyone's wearing costumes and it's a fucking Arkham Island of madness, you know. <laughs> and Batman's got to like wade through it, you know. He's got his sons of Batman. You know, together. I mean, just the, I don't know. Like, I would have made it more, ep- more epic. And so that that wispy jack o' lantern thing is something I would love to see. 
And they put it in Arkham Knight, I think, in the opening. Remember when you, Arkham Knight, when it first starts, there's that restaurant scene? It pans mm-hmm. down. You could see, like, that they have one of those jack on. I think it takes place on Halloween. <clears throat> um, and that made me so happy. But this is going to look generic. I mean, Brandon, are you tired? of? You don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying, is it not the same fucking look every time? I haven't watched them. I stopped watching them after they... I watched... Shit, the last one I watched and I couldn't get into it was Teen Titans, Justice League versus Teen Titans. And it was basically kind of like uh, Raven's dad is taking over with magic and but it was but it was all serious looked like this right it looks it's the same Phil Phil does all the uh, at least with Teen Titans Go it has its own look right you know so I have it I tried watching the Batman last joke or whatever it was and that was horrendous and it made that look like a Bruce Tim cartoon as well so it's just that's why I'm like I haven't like I'm not rushing to watch the Young Justice Outsiders but it's kind of nice to revisit that that universe story so yeah if I could get that animation style that Max and Spawn on like a Swamp Thing cartoon and go after Capullo's art style that would be Uh, fucking amazing that won't happen I know (laughs) <laughs> Which is why I don't spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> Sucks. <laughs> All right, anything else? Mm-mm. <clears throat> well, it's been a lot of fun, right? I really yeah. enjoy doing these podcasts with you. It, it really just makes my day, you know? On top of having, you know, a bunch of other shit to do on a Friday, I got to come to my room and spend two hours. Talking to you about talking shit I talked to you about on the phone. That <laughs> yeah. everyone's already heard about. No one cares about. I don't know why I do it. Because so. we're inconsistently consistent. <laughs> <sighs> I keep thinking, what can I add to the the channel this year? That, that, that'll, that'll be the thing, you know? And I don't... I think the best thing for me is to not add anything. I wonder if I could go a whole year not add anything and watch it grow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem <clears throat> with this channel is, me, is it, it features me. If I had something else on here. <laughs> Maybe my face? We need a camera on me. Nothing. I don't know how your wife does it, Brandon. I don't, uh, I don't know. It's It's inappropriate. I can't tell you. <laughs> she makes you wear a picture of I won't uh, say. Yeah. I won't say. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Right? I bring I bring things to the table. Mm. It's not not a not not the looks. Oh, well, you, know, <laughs> you and me both. So um, this week, Darksiders. So um, I'm hoping to stream some of that tomorrow. I'm going to open up the document tomorrow and give myself a colossal headache. Nice. And then Sunday, repeat and quit and yawn and want to go to sleep. And then Monday or Tuesday, I'll figure it out. And that it's just your mind not wanting to deal with. Finish right. that Sonic commission and ship that. Nice. So that's out of here. 
I'm actually really impressed with the prints on that. Uh-huh. Because uh, I I scanned it and did it in a way that I felt like when you look at the print, you think it's a color pencil. It doesn't have this. You ever see mixed media prints come out over contrasted? Oh, very. Where they they like look really harsh. Does that make very sense? Very blown out and grainy. Yeah. No, this is like very soft, and it looks like you would think they were the real color pencil. So I'm very impressed with with myself. No one else cares, but I'm impressed. Um, what else? Oh, I got my. Uh, we'll wrap this up. I don't have it up here. It's downstairs. Uh, I got my physical copy of Mega Visions issue seven in. So that shipped finally to the Patreons. And I got to put the PDF up for the Game Game Backers so they can get a free digital copy of that. But I got that in. That came out nice. I got a lot of tweaks I want to make, but uh came out really nice. Nice weight to it, too. Feels hefty. So that's good. Um, the Burning Rangers artwork that I did came out really nice. Nice. So super excited. Yeah, that came out really nice. So... Uh, um, what else? Mm. After the Darksiders, we got that X-Men piece to do. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get busy here, folks. It's going to get so busy that I'm going to need another break uh, in June. I think what I'm going to do is schedule two to three weeks off any of this work in June. And mm-hmm. yeah, every six months so I can see here's the thing, folks, you can plan all you want with these journaling books or journaling apps or what's my to do list or whatever. The fact of the matter is, if you work 10 to 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week, you're going to burn out. I don't care if you're younger, it'll take longer. Maybe it takes you two years or a year and a half. As you get older, it compresses down and down and down. So I now can do it for six months before I need two to three weeks off like of multiple projects. During that time, I'll probably, if I'm doing freelance work for a game studio, then I'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. I can't juggle three projects simultaneously for 12 months. Like, <laughs> can't do it. Like, I'm, I'm learning. I have what you call limits. So... <laughs> Uh, but I found that as I work in those limits, more gets done. Does that make sense? Like if yes. you if you allow yourself the time off and the breaks, more actually gets done because you're being more productive. You're not dragging shit out. So that's what I've been doing, and we'll get more to that. And next time we talk, Brandon, we'll have seen the movie Glass. No, oh, I know. I can't wait. That I'm really looking forward to. I'm so excited. I'm trying not to be because I don't want him to fuck it up. <laughs> I really don't, Brandon. I, yeah. That will break my heart. If that, that will, that'll be like that time you saw Suicide Squad, came back mm-hmm. disappointed. Remember that time, Brandon, when we went and saw the movie, yes. and, you, <laughs> and you were so mad at the movie you took out on me. You were like, "You're talking too loud." I'm like, "Yeah, you just." Just mad. You were too excited about it. Too excited that I was how angry I was at the film. You, yeah, you're, you're just. I didn't have any energy left in me. 
It that's see that's how I felt coming out of Batman v Superman. You guys should go rewatch my review. I saw that early, and I just came back exhausted and drained like <laughs> life. I felt like I I felt like I had fought Batman in the rain and got my fucking face pummeled in for an hour. So, all right, everybody, I'm gonna have it here. Brandon, uh, anything else? We good? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, you will be working on the game this week. Brandon. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Cut out. You're going to be working on secret stuff this week. Yes, I am. Secret, mm-hmm. secrets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we'll see about that, and then hopefully we'll be able to get uh, you on for some art tips sooner. I gotta do something. I haven't figured out what it is yet. We're gonna. I, I, I'm torn between doing art tips, which I just think are fucking pointless at this point, or uh-huh. just doing landscape roughies. But. I don't know, man. Last time I did landscape roughies, they didn't end up getting more views than any other landscape roughies. I don't know. I don't know what to do. All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you all on the next Sketchcraft Mega Show. Bye-bye, everybody. So, uh, all right, everybody, <sighs> let's talk video games. So normally, like in the past, folks, I've broken all these gaming discussions up into like different podcasts, but at the Mega Show, we just shove everything in there, right, Brandon? That's how we do it. Yeah, that's how we do it, just just like your dinner. Um, so... Right in my face hole. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your face hole's been... Uh been fun tonight. Uh, and then joining to talk some gaming, as always, is Andy Bond. Andy, what's up? What's up? All right. So we've had a fun night here. So I'm in the middle right now, as we record this, uh, I'm in the middle of editing the podcast. So I'm like, hey, let's just throw some more stuff in. So hence the costume change. And then it took like an hour to get this going. So let's do it. Um, Gaming, gaming, gaming. Andy, what have you been playing lately? Uh, Well... Not a whole lot, unfortunately. I've been kind of busy with the art stuff, but I think uh, Super Smash Brothers is really what I've been focusing on since it released. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, you enjoying that game? I am, actually. Uh, I was going through that story mode of sorts, uh, like the Spirit World or whatever, but it was pretty long. Uh, I did it on easy just to see how long it would be, but I am going to go back and try to get more difficult spirits and try to build up my arsenal essentially for that as well as the characters because i think i only have 45 of the 70 something characters (laughs) so many that's yeah that's just only (laughs) yeah but it's a lot of fun so if you guys haven't played it i do recommend that i want to i want it i want it bad and i i just i haven't 
gotten it yet. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for like another six months for it to go on sale, hopefully. Like it's 10 never, bucks. And then, it's never going nah, on sale. It won't. It's Mario and Pokemon. It stays at 60. So you might as well Is just pull it? the trigger. Yeah. Man, that just, I know. Like I, all when they, other games, like on all the other Nintendo systems, those games never went down. Smash, Mario Brothers. It always stayed at fucking $60, $54, all that. Like, yeah, so you might as well just pull the trigger and get it. Start enjoying it now. <sighs> Fair enough. Uh, so there's this mode in that game, right, where it's kind of like um, ARPG, action RPG a little bit, where you have like a map, am I right? Where yeah, you... yeah. They, they set up a world map, and then um, you just go through, like, you see, like, these little spirits, like these little orbs that are look like they're on fire, and you just go to each one, and then... Uh, it gives you like a, a character anywhere from one to four characters to play as or against, and um, <clears throat> yeah, and then there's certain maps that will give you stipulations. So it's like the bottom floor is all lava, so you have to kind of mix and match your uh, spirits. So you take either less damage on the fire or no damage on the fire, so you can actually stand a chance. Um, yeah, and then there's like levels like you have to fight Dr. Wily, but it's Mario and then he drops eight different Mega Man on you and that Jeez. level is that's frustrating but you know once you beat it, you're good. <clears throat> yeah lava yes. floors and eight Mega Man all over him right <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> I told you that in confidence right? <laughs> I, I, you were I very confident when you told me I was me very that. confident yeah. how much I liked it yeah uh-huh you want to talk about confidence again you remember that 45 minute conversation we had about it? No. no, we're good. We're okay. good. Uh, awesome, Brandon. Have you been playing anything? Um. Okay. So, I I dabble here and there, short periods of gaming. So, I when I get a chance, like ten twenty minutes before bed, I'll like I'll, I'm still playing Pokemon. I haven't finished it. You know, I haven't been able to blow through it like we talked about before. Where I know Andy, you finished it, but I'm a uh, I'm like two badges away from being done, I believe. I'm at the uh, power plant right now. I just figured out how to get to that. Um, so I'm in there right now. I was, I've been trying to get shiny Pokemon, which is, for the people that don't know, is you get these like rare shiny versions of Pokemon, but you have to like capture like 12 to 20 of them in a row, the same Pokemon, and you have to stay in the same area for like 45 minutes to an hour. Like, Andy, have you got any other shiny Pokemon? No, I think that's a fool's errand, and I won't ever try. <laughs> yeah, I tried it once. I tried, it is. I tried it once the other night. I captured uh, uh, Magmar or whatever the one it was, one of the fire ones, and I spent an uh, 45 minutes to an hour. This is the only time I got, like, a deep gaming because I stayed up too late doing it. And I caught, like, 12 or 15 of these fucking things and nothing. None of No shiny Pokemon showed up, no nothing. And then I see on Instagram people, like, 20 minutes in, they caught, like, 10, and they get one. And I was like, I'm done. I'm never – I'm not going to do it again. It's not worth the time of spending doing that. So that, you ever think that's maybe the, they're, they're lying, Brandon? <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they made it seem easier. But I tried it. I couldn't do it. I got frustrated. I was done. Well, it's not even that, but there's, like, even on IGN and such, they say it can go up to 100. Oh, wow. So good that's what I was like, I, yeah, I'm I out. At like, yeah, good thing I stopped at, like, 13 or 14. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's been 45 minutes. I've been doing a circle 
because you just you can't go anywhere. You got to stay in the same spot. So it's it's just one room, and you just walk around in a circle until it appears. You capture it, it appears. You capture it. I was like, this is dumb. This is why. Why do I care? There's no. There's no life achievement for the shiny Pokemon. There's no glory. <laughs> and I, just, I got mad. I turned it off. I put it on the charger. I was like, I'm done. And so and when I, I ask you if you've been drawing, Brandon, you go, I don't got time because I've been walking around in a circle for 45 minutes trying to catch shiny Pokemon. That was one night. I stayed up late. <laughs> one night. That's one and excuse, right? Listen, I didn't plan to, okay? <laughs> no, I went to I bed. No, I was like, hey, I got work, but I got like 20 minutes. I could either watch The Office for the 800th time, or I could just try to catch a a shiny Pokemon. Next thing I know, it's 45 minutes. I got 13 of these same damn Pokemon I'm not going to use. I'm just going to give them to Professor Oak for some stupid candy. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm going to bed. I'm an adult. (laughs) You're an adult? I'm an adult. I could play Pokemon for 45 minutes walking around in a circle. Yes, that's right. I'm adulting out of this. Yes. The, yes. All right. Good times, Brandon. Good. Good to know. Glad I. I regret asking, but let's move on. I have been playing Dragon Quest Eleven still. Um. I'm up to uh, Gondolia, so not that far in the game. I'd say about twenty-five, maybe thirty percent ish. Probably twenty-five percent of the game, from what I know. Uh. So and it's going well. Um. Love the game, although, man, I really don't like the sound design in this game. Like, it's uh, it's gone from the music is in MIDI. I wish it was orchestrated, like Final Fantasy. I mean, Dragon Quest Eight was. To oh hey, there's an official orchestrated soundtrack. How come that isn't in the game? I would pay. I don't. That makes no sense. They have an orchestrated soundtrack. To there's only an hour's worth of music. For the game, and this game's over 100, like it's 100 hours long, man. So, like, it's the same fucking tracks playing over and over. And I'm just like, look, I get Dragon Quest is about tradition, but you gotta add six more hours of music to a 100 hour game, dude. Like, you you got right. This is ridiculous. And it's, and when I say MIDI, man, look, there's some amazing MIDI compositions. If you go listen to the soundtrack to Chrono Trigger, you know, you get depth to those tunes. You know, there's like layered samples to those MIDI tunes. This is not that. This literally is do 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 and 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 bro, it fucking goes on. So this is part in the game where you gotta sneak around a dungeon and they kind of like give you very very light Metal Gear Solid uh, style sneaking around mechanics. You know, you, you sneak mm-hmm. around, and when that's going on, the most loud, atrocious, fucking happy music you could imagine is playing. You know, do 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 do. You're just like, what? I'm in a creepy dungeon. There's fire everywhere. Like, there's guides, guards trying to find me, and this fuck, this, like, clown box music won't fucking, I mean, you can turn it off, which is fine, but it just, it just pisses me off to no end, you know, because it's like, whatever. Um, so I, I, I keep going this back and forth where I listen to the music, and then I turn it off, and I listen to my own music, and then I go back, well, I'd, <laughs> I'd like the music to sync up with the, with there's no, you know, it's just, the, for some fucking reason... You know, they they do so much right with the Dragon Quest mm-hmm. games. Here's something right. they do right better than Final Fantasy. So, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, they've been making this Final Fantasy VII remake for fucking five years plus now, right? Yeah, for, I'm kind of fi- giving up on the PS4 version of that. And and if you listen to interviews, they always go back to like how they, you know, they're con- always trying to integrate 
Advent Children into their Final Fantasy games. I'm like, that was a fucking movie. That's not a game. So, you know, they overproduce these Final Fantasy games. Ever since Final Fantasy 13 took, you know, seven years, eight years to make, and it was running up and down a corridor, there was nothing to it. Um, ever since then, they've just been overproducing. And in Dragon Quest Eleven, what's awesome is that it doesn't try to mimic reality. It looks like an art style. And when you go to a city, it's huge. The scale is huge, but there's a basic map. You go here, you can go there, you can talk to this person, talk that. They don't. They don't try to actually render the entire fucking city. You know, I, mm-hmm. I get like we would love that, but we don't have that technology now. And I'm glad they're not spending 15 years trying to make one city. Well, it'd be a real city. You could actually walk around. Like they, they, they feel like Square takes their Final Fantasy too fucking literally. Like, rather than trying to give me, like, realistic anime-looking people, why don't you just give me a game that looks like the concept art come to life? Yeah. You know, because it'll age better, first off. Second of all, they can make a game every (laughs) three years versus the seven fucking plus to not make a role-playing game to make, like, a... I started playing, like, I played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts, like an... 45 minutes worth or so, 40 minutes before I gave up. My buddy let me his copy. I can't tell what's going on in that game, man. Like, I don't know. Looks beautiful. I don't know what's going on. And what's crazy is I then went and watched some Let's Players to see, well, maybe they can explain to me what's going on. And these are people that worship Kingdom Hearts. They don't fucking know. They're like, oh, so, you know, you never know what's going on when this shit starts. And I'm like, what's the point? And what's crazy is it picks up from the last 15th game that, because there's Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and then this is the third one. But then there's all these ones in between on the PSPs and DSs. So there's like 11.2769, you know. There's a bunch of fucking Kingdom Hearts games. And it's showing you scenes from all the games when you start the game up. Like, it shows you all these different uh-huh. scenes. Yeah, but I don't know. And then it continues from the last Kingdom Hearts, like, supposedly. It starts like Kingdom Hearts 2.8, and then Kingdom Hearts 2.9. I'm like, I don't know what's fucking... I don't understand why they can't just tell an RPG. So with Dragon Quest Eleven, what's refreshing is that it it's just its own game. You know, you could start it, you get the story, you go on an adventure. And I'm so happy about it. It's just the fucking music, dude. Like, it's just, it's like, are, is this a test? Is this the, are they fucking with me? You know, like. Didn't they do that for the 3DS versions as well? Well, the 3DS went down to a MIDI because of ROM size. Yeah, but it's still essentially the happy-go-lucky clown music when you're in a dungeon. I I I, I can't remember nine. It's been so long. Um, but in eight, it wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. So like they had the sound. Like this is basic sound design. You know, you got a spooky moment. You play more atmospheric tune. Like this is not hard, man. They were doing this in the nineties. Like, don't tell me this is a traditional thing. When they upgrade the graphics, the graphics are all CG. You know, they're all Unreal Engine four with lighting and shit. You know, so right. you can make the graphics look great, but you can't make the sound design. You can't just put in four more hours of music. It's a triple-A game. It is a triple-A game, you know? So, like, I just... This is the part of modern Japanese games where I'm just... I'm like, you guys are so behind. You know, it's like when you play Smash Bros., I imagine you like to play online, but that's fucking impossible. I don't know why it's impossible right. to play a multiplayer game online these days, and days which most games are always multiplayer. So when they come from Japan, you're just like, I don't understand. <laughs> Is this because they're just fucking with me, you know? They're right. like, it works perfectly in our country, but we're fucking with Rob. <laughs> so um, I know Dragon Quest XI is going to the Switch. And it might have the orchestrated mod 
I mean, I can orchestrate it, but I don't know. I mean, there's a mod now for PC where you could do it, but I'm, I'm not upgrading my PC just to play one game. Like, I don't use right. my game, my, my PC down. I have a PC hooked up to my TV downstairs. I don't use it for gaming other than my wife plays Warcraft, you know, and it's fine for right. Warcraft. But I'm not upgrading a whole system to play Dragon Quest a lot. Like, no. No, for music? No, she'll kill me. <laughs> she'll kill me. Like, I spent 800 bucks to upgrade to Pete, but I got the music in the game. Uh, like, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. So, uh, love-hate on this one. Um, some days I'm willing to deal with it. But, like, last night I was like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> I got all angry Joe and shit. I was kicking, kicking the, kick the can down the street, you know? Like, fucking dumb, stupid. So do you have, like, your headphones on in one ear and then listen to the game in the other? No, well, what are you talking about? You mean there's... So you're saying that you switch back and forth when you're listening to... Uh, well, you what like... you can do is you can turn the music <clears throat> off in the game. Uh-huh. Sorry, folks, I just came back from San Diego and I... The fucking airplane got me sick, so I'm getting a little over it. Um, in the game, you can turn the music volume down to zero. When that happens, uh-huh. I'm on my PS4. I just switch over to my PC, and I play my standard RPG backup music in case. <laughs> I always have it for when I get tired of a game, right? Right. But it's like, I love dra- The music's so good. If it was, or- And when you, when you listen to the orchestrated soundtrack, then you get real mad. Look, if that orchestrated soundtrack didn't exist, I'd probably be like, well, you know, probably make a game of the year edition or something, but it, it exists. It launched with the do game. You, do you have a game that has like the, what's like the game that has the best soundtrack you ever heard? Like, there's something to compare where I can go like, oh yeah, that, that soundtrack was crazy. What do you mean crazy? Like, okay, so you're saying that the soundtrack really takes you... So what's a game that has, like, a solid How about Dragon Quest VIII? It's on PS2. Like, you know, we could just start with the last fucking time they did this. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the, the, the compositions of... Um, uh, I'm not good with the Japanese game name, so I'm not going to do it. But the, the composer of Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy XII, uh, Valkyria Chronicles, if you've played that series... You know, nope. RPG music. I love the music in Dragon Quest VIII. The compositions are fine. They need to be orchestrated. The MIDI sampling they're doing is too generic, and there's not enough variety of music. You understand? Yeah. And if you go back and listen to, like, if you listen to the soundtrack for Final Fantasy XII, there's six hours of music. Because it's like a 100-hour game. But if you listen, you listen to the soundtrack of Dragon Quest VIII, it's like three hours. This is an hour. I'm just like, why did they strip the music out of the sound? Like, who thought that'd be a good idea? Like, you only have to listen to it all the fucking time. And then where it's placed in the game confounds me to no end. So, I don't... I don't know. Like, I I was ranting about this on the Mega Visions podcast. And they're like, you're never going to let the sound thing go, are you? I'm like, it's getting worse. Every week... Every week, I feel like I got, I got, I got, I got hoodwinked a little more. I legitimately would pay sixty more dollars if they would just mod that in. I'll pay whatever licensing fee they need to, you know. I mean, I would have done that with Breath of the Wild for them to actually put music in there. So I totally know what you mean. Well, see, that's the thing. When I play Breath of the Wild, I have to put my the same music. So I have this mu- mix of music that's Final Fantasy twelve and some atmospheric music I grabbed for. Remember Oblivion? Remember that game? 
Right. Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which came before Skyrim, if you out there, you folks out there remember. Um, there was a mod for an atmospheric pack, and there was this music that I've always, it's always stuck with me. And it's very light, and it really works well in an open-world environment. It's not overly dramatic. So it's a mixture of Final Fantasy XII and that. So when I play Breath of the Wild, I have to put an earpiece, yeah, on my left ear, <laughs> and turn the volume all the way down on, on Breath of the Wild, because I like the music. This is why when Ocarina of Time came out back in 98, uh, and there was no Zelda music in it, I just stopped playing. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't do this. Because the music in Link to the Past, and even Link's Awakening on the Game Boy was awesome. But there was no music on the 64 because of the ROM cards. And so, like, there's no... Dun, 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 dun. There's nothing. You listen to it, and you're just like, it's just muffled sound effects. It's the worst muffled sound effects I've ever heard. So, everyone loves the game, but I've yet to properly play through it because I can't get past. Sound is very important to me, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you noticed these ears of mine, but they're, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Brandon, you, you've done. Uh, it. I mean, oops, oops. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, it's the... like I, it's like me saying I love food. It's it's obvious. It's mm-hmm. obvious. We, Andy, does it does it bug you as much as it bugs Rob about the soundtracks with the games uh, you play? Yeah, I mean that's why I actually hate. Breath of the Wild is because there is hardly any music in it. You know, the one piece of music that I absolutely enjoyed was from, you know, this bird that's hanging out random places playing on his, you know, whatever accordion. Yeah. That soundtrack. But that game, it's like it was a great adventure game, terrible Zelda game. And I have to disagree with Rob on Ocarina of Time. Ocarina one of the best soundtracks. And I listen to it yeah. constantly. Oh, that. shit. Yeah, you're not. We, we, so, we can do a whole cast about music. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure I have just as much on my Andy system. loves music so much. Andy loves music so much that this ass wore up his shirt and into his left ear headphones <laughs> and listened to Metallica and whatever else he was listening to at my fucking wedding. The wedding the hadn't started yet. The wedding hadn't started. I, I see him. I say, hey. It looks like he's working secret service at my wedding. He's got an earphone <laughs> up into his ear, listening to his music the whole time. The whole time. Didn't listen to the no. vows, nothing. That's yeah. not true. I did take it out when you guys were up there. When people were still sitting down trying to find their seats. Because people could see him. He's like, yeah, maybe I should take it no, out. None of the music on the Nintendo 64 got good <laughs> until Factor 5 and Rogue Squadron figured out how to fucking start mixing real. They, they did. See, Factor 5, they did all the Amigo work. Uh, like for for Turrican and Mega Turrican or Super Turrican was it Mega Turrican? Probably Mega Turrican. Um, but they had all these MIDI conversion samplers for the Amiga, which ported right over to the 64's architecture, I guess, flawlessly. And so with Rogue Squadron, you got real sound, stereo Star Wars sound. And you can, if you want to hear the difference, go listen to Rogue Squadron on the Nintendo 64, and then rewind and play Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo 64 and get back to me. Um, so by the time Factor Five did Battle for Naboo, which was sort of a semi-sequel to Rogue Squadron, but it was based around Episode One, uh, it had 5.1 stereo sound on those ROMs. So they ended up building the sound tools for the GameCube. Factor Five, Nintendo, like hired them to do that. So they they did that. Um, 
The difference, though, is, as, and yeah, I definitely disagree with you, Breath of the Wild is a great Zelda game. But here's the difference, Annie. Imagine this. Imagine if they made a fully orchestrated Zelda soundtrack that you loved, but they didn't put it in the game. They just put it on fucking YouTube. So everyone else, <laughs> you could just listen to it somewhere else, you know, and you're just like, why isn't this in the game? You know, it's just cruel. It's cruel. It's cruel. Especially when you're paying 60 I paid full price for Dragon Quest, you know. So, uh, whatever. And now I'm glad, and we're going to talk about PC mods in a second. <clears throat> I am very glad that it, you're, it's, that the fans are doing that, you know, on PCs. However, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing games on PCs, man. Like, I do so much work on PCs, like, I just, I just, I just can't do it, you know? Like, I just, I just want to use my PC for work and YouTube, and I want to go play a game system and get the hell away. So, that's, that's that. I've also been playing a game called Dolphin Blue. Have you ever heard of this game? No. So, mm-hmm. this, this is a, uh, this was, and I'll show this guys in a second. This was an arcade game around 2003-ish. I never got to play in the arcade because I was in college at the time. Um, but I came to it uh, because, you know Metal Slug? The Sounds series familiar. Metal Slug. It's a running yeah, it's like yeah. Game Boy Advance or something. Well, they did a port to Game Boy Advance. It was originally an arcade game. By from, SNK. By SNK and a company called Mega. And it was a running gun. Super Pixel Shooter came out in 96. Probably the best running gun ever made. Series of running gun games. Um, when they went out of that, com- SNK went out of business. That team went away. But a lot of the people from that came back and made Dolphin Blue. So Dolphin Blue is a running gun that uses um, the Naomi hardware, which was the Dreamcast hardware, in 2003. This is post Dreamcast. So it's a running gun game where your character is anime and 2D, but the level and all the things going around you are 3D. And you ride a dolphin. So you're shooting shit, <laughs> and you got this dolphin that, like, Echo the Dolphin that keeps with you. And you could do echo attacks and shit. So I'm going to just really quickly show you guys this game. It's it's pretty – so if, you, if you're a fan of the Dreamcast, you know, or anything like that, and you wanted to see what if, you know, the guys from Metal Slug had made a Dreamcast game, it would probably look something like, like this. So I'll show some of the – this is a long play. Um – so, yeah, uh, I think this would be an excellent 3DS game because of the 3D. And uh, what's really cool is the 2D pixel characters really go quite well with the the 3D back, the 3D vehicles and background. The only complaint I have is this water. It's horrible. Um, this is the same year Wind Waker came out, so they could have done better. But this is the Dreamcast hardware, and uh, it's a pretty awesome game. It's fun as shit to play. Look, Pink Dolphin, Pink Dolphin, Pink Dolphin. So, and it's totally, like, all these guys are hanging off the airship and stuff. So, it's a, it's a retro game. Super fun, though. Uh, yeah. And we'll come back. So, I've been playing that uh, off and on because you can play, like, a level in about 10 minutes or so. Not a big deal. Alrighty. Uh, let's move on. So... I got some topics. Andy, why don't you go ahead and pick something? All right. So, actually, there was um, a patent that was found today that Sony filed. Did you guys see this at all? No. So, 
Um, the new patent, which is 2019-503013, is essentially <clears throat> no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is essentially stating that the next console could uh, interpret and behave as the other PlayStation home consoles. So essentially, PS5 could behave like all the other ones, so we could get a true backwards compatible game with all, with all um, uh, PlayStation systems. Now, I did see that somebody had made a comment, and I can't remember if it was on Reddit or on Facebook or something, but or even on Twitter. But somebody had said that we'll just have to kind of wait and see because of how terrible it was for the PS3. To be worked on um, because of how it was all set up and all that, that they may not be looking to do backwards compatibility outside of digital. Yeah, so, so this well, is supposed to, bring to emulate PS3, PS2, PS1, everyone's like, and Vita. Uh, interesting, interesting. This, the cell processor, which is the main chip on the PlayStation 3 is a fucking nightmare. I had right. I lived in San Diego and went to school in San Diego and art school and all. half my friends went to Sony. Um the ones that did 3D, the ones that drew went uh, unemployed except for me and I went into t-shirts. Um my friends that went to Sony hated working on the PS3 for the first 3 years. It was a, it wasn't until Epic started getting it wasn't Epic. Who was it? Um can't remember somewhere around the line they kind of built some basic tools that would work you know for converting here's the thing most people develop on pcs and then port that over to dev kits but the cell processor was so unique you you had to have their specific dev kit it was an archaic way of working and it, it unlike the first playstation so playstation one back in 96 when it was developed in 94 95 its main uh, preferred use of code was C-sharp, or C++, as most people know it, which was very common in PC development. That's why there were so many great PS1 games, because it was super easy to develop for. But then, with the PS2, they went more specific. Like, we're going to develop the Emotion Engine. Remember the Emotion Engine? They're like, this is going to replicate graphics. It's going to be like a right. Pixar movie. And they did that dance from Final Fantasy VIII in real time. And no fucking game looked like that ever on the PlayStation 2. Uh, <laughs> the only emotion was just like, I, I had to skip it until Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. And I was like, now this is a fun game. Um, and there's some good games on PS2. There's a lot of good games. However, uh, it was way easier to develop on the Xbox, which is why there was so much Xbox development by Western developers versus Japanese. Um, however, with the PlayStation 3, the cell processor is a fucking nightmare. It, how do I say this? So what it does is it uses like six or eight different processors that you have to sync up. You have to get them to work in tandem. And, and that means all the memory for the system is being used at once. As opposed to saying having dedicated memory for, for RAM, dedicated memory for graphics, dedicated memory for you know music. It uses a shared architecture. And every time I've seen a developer, a, 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 any developer whatsoever, any Sony, Sega, any of them go that route, that always fails. It always fails. The Sega Saturn used a very similar thing. They're like, we're going to have two processors. They're both 32-bit, so technically it's a 64-bit program. But when you sync them together, 
you get this, it never fucking works, man. Like, it never works. So, this is why you guys ever go to the PlayStation Store and you can't get half the PS3 games you'd like? Right, yeah. So, there's reasons for that. Um, like, I love MotorStorm. And MotorStorm 1 and 2 specifically on the PlayStation 3, 2 is my favorite. Yes. And there's even a 3D, yes. There's even a 3D demo for 2 they made specifically for 3D televisions, which I have, so it's awesome. However, if you go into the PlayStation 3, if you go to the PlayStation 3 section on the PlayStation Store, you can only download MotorStorm Apocalypse. And I think the PSP game. But you can't get 1 and 2. So I have... No doubt that has to do with this syncing up of cell shit that they have to emulate. So I can only imagine that if anything got limited or no support from this technology, it'd be the the third PlayStation 3. Remember when that came out, Andy, and they said you were going to have to get a second job to afford it? Yeah. <laughs> but that crazy boomerang controller, that as much crap as people give it, I still actually kind of want that just to have it. Such a contrarian. <laughs> you want the giant star controller that was going to be for the Wii as well, right? Uh, the giant star no. man controller? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that one. But, yeah, I mean, like, the way that the PS3 was set up, I mean, you can see one of the biggest issues from hardware resulted in the clusterfuck that was um, you know, Skyrim on the PS3 mm. where the longer you played it, you know, the higher the chance was that it was going to completely corrupt everything that, you know, was you. Yeah. So working at GameStop during that time, that was fun. I was working at play magazine and, um, man, those editors, it, I'd go down there every other month or so up to thousand Oaks. Cause I worked from home in San Diego, but I'd drive up there to be visible. You know, before there was Skype and shit that you could just say hi to. And right. watching some of them just deal with those really shitty PlayStation 3 ports was just horrendous. Um, Skyrim being one of the most atrocious. I mean, endless Call of Duty ports that never fucking worked right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't wasn't fun. It was, given that, you, you really have to give Naughty Dog all the credit in the world for producing those Uncharted games on that system. Like, Lord knows what what amount of blood they had to offer up to the devil, to, to the dark demons right. of gaming to, to make that happen, you know? <laughs> so. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see where this goes, especially since, you know, that, that patent actually shows Mark Cerny on it, you know, and he's the one that helped build the PS4, so... Well, we'll if people don't know Mark Cerny, Mark Cerny is responsible for Naughty Dog even being created. So Mark Cerny worked at Universal in the 90s. And yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, real quick, I just wanted to do a shout-out because I actually got caught up over the weekend because I haven't been feeling well. Uh, so I've been watching The uh, Gaming Historian. Have you guys seen him on YouTube? No. I'm familiar, so, yeah. So I actually watched this whole thing about the Spyro trilogy and he actually popped up in there as one of the, I think it was an exec or a producer at universal entertainment. So it, it was, it's really interesting. If you guys get a chance to check that out. Yeah. Mark became the, the lead liaison between uh first party American development and, and Sega, uh, sorry, Sony of Japan. 
So he was really good at creating that bridge. And that's how you got not, I mean, he picked the two guys, Jason Rubin and the other guy, I can always forget, um, out of, uh, of that fight. They did this fighting game on 3DO. Can't remember what it's called. Um, but then he gave them the deal to make Crash over at Universal. Yeah. And then, yeah, Insomniac was part of his group. I mean, so Mark Cerny wasn't involved with PS2 or PS3. It was, the lead development of that system was handed over to Ken, Kutura, Ken Kutaragi, am I saying that? Or was it Kaz Harai? It's Kaz Harai. Sorry. Kaz Harai ran that show. And then they brought Mark Cerny back to develop PS4. So the reason why PS4 is super friendly to developers is because they had Mark Cerny say, stop making all your shit custom. You guys ever get custom Sony sticks and they don't fucking work and you're just like, I would just like an SD card now, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just so much like to use an SD card. So, um, Thanks, Vita. Right. Uh, but yeah, Mark Cerny is super cool. And if you guys ever, he's done a few GDC talks. So if you go to YouTube, GDC has a YouTube channel. And you can just type in Mark Cerny or C-E-A-R-N-Y, and you could get a bit of that there, um, a lot of his talks there. So super, super fun dude to listen to. All right, what else we got to talk about? Uh, let's see. Anything on your mind, Brandon, or are you just going down my list? You guys are saying things <laughs> above, my, uh, above my head. You guys are the – I'm a casual gamer. You guys are like – Hey man, I love this game because composer John Grady made the soundtrack on this one, and he also made the Mario soundtrack from 1942. <laughs> you know, bullshit. And I'm just like, I like jumping and shooting and throwing okay. touchdowns. So, kind of piggybacking off the next gen console talk with that patent. Let's see if you can do this one too, Brandon. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Sony is. They announced that um, their first party they're actually changing focus to be next gen. So I'm curious if you guys think, and and I also think like Ghost of Sushi is going to be PS5 or whatever they want to call it. Do you think a lot of these games we're waiting on now, such as Final Fantasy VII Remake and Last of Us 2 and any of those, are they going to be, do you think they're going to just kind of skip PS4 altogether and jump on yeah. the PS? Uh, yeah, but... Here's the thing. The PS4 was made with X80, X3086 architecture. It's PC architecture. So the PS5 is as well. So the PS5 will be backwards compatible with PS4. So it's irrelevant. What is yeah, relevant is sure. the, the processing power and the more memory and everything else they'll have access to. So they'll get better frame rates, obviously. Um, and that means they'll have those games. They'll be labeled PS5, but really they'll be like PS4 enhanced games when you really think about it. By the time if they if they ship at launch for that system and they're part of the the system launch is what they're trying to they're probably trying to create a, a situation where there's 12 games to choose at system launch versus you know two, um, which I may actually just wait on for something like that too because I have a launch PS4 and I don't think it can handle games like Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Two, like it barely wants to do Spider Man and Resident Evil. See that's what's weird because. I have a launched PS4. Works just fine. So I just think you guys play your systems too much. That, that could be it. I mean, it works. They work fine. But when it starts sounding like it's going to take off out of my bedroom window, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just unfortunately, you know, modern electronics are designed to fail after two years. So um, here's the deal. I always tell people, 
you're always best to always wait one year after the launch of anything that's either hardware or an online game because that's when the real launch happens. Uh, if you if you want to play an online-only game, give it 12 months because you're really just part of the beta program for the first 12 months. Um, if you want to get hardware, you, know, you can wait the year because it's going to take a while for new games to come out on it. However, I do not take that advice personally. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> When it comes to the launch of a PlayStation or a Nintendo system, I'm there fucking the night before. Even when I have a pre-order. Just because I, you know, I'm a nerd. Yeah, so, you are. I always wanted to when I was a kid. Um, my dad would never let me do that. But when the 64 came out, I was on my own. So I, I had the pre-order. And I, I mean, I pre-ordered. And when they launched two days early, it was supposed to launch on the 29th. And it launched on the 27th or something. I was there. You know, the morning waiting for them to open up the fucking software, etc., to get it. Uh, when play, uh, I, I now PlayStation came out when I was senior year in high school, so I couldn't do that. But when the Dreamcast came out and I was in the army, you bet your fucking ass I was in Heidelberg the night of nine eight ninety nine, waiting for the stupid PX to open so I can get one of everything, and so forth and so forth. So when the PlayStation Five launches. I will be there, you know, like that night, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's just, isn't it, Andy, isn't it fun when you're, if you're out there and you got, you know, generally the the people waiting for launch consoles aren't dicks. You know, like the console people, so, you know, I've never had a bad console launch crowd. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I mean, and that's one of the, it's like a high almost when you're standing there and you're just surrounded by these people that were all like <laughs> super focused, like we're going for this. You know, I think the switch was the only thing I didn't actually get day one. And that was because I didn't know how they were going to treat it based off of what they, how they treated the Wii U. But you know, when PlayStation VR came out, I was there with my receipt in hand where I was like, I'm going to get this badass VR. I want all of the games that came out day one. So like I had, I don't know, 13 games or something for it. Brandon, when's the last time you pre-ordered a console? Um, Jessica pre-ordered for me the Xbox One. That's the current one, right? No, the one that came out years ago. I don't know. It's been like four or five years. I don't. I don't know if it's, like, it's, it could be the it's Xbox One. one. Yeah, that's the Xbox One X. Or, yeah, whatever. That's the newest Xbox version. Is the well, not the new it's new. Terrible yeah, it's one. the X. You don't yeah. even know the name of your own console, huh? Jesus. Well, I'm trying to think which one she pre-ordered for me because it's been so many years. But I, she pre-ordered it for me, and then we went down there at, like, midnight. Um, I did not get high off the feeling of getting it, like Andy. Um, it was well, more of, like, hey, the Xbox One. Like, yeah, right. it was more yeah. like, it's Yeah, I can't out. wait to play some fantasy football. Oh, no. Online only. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, look, every generation has its loser. Are you guys Are you guys done? No, uh, every generation <laughs> of gaming has its loser. And the Xbox One, look, man, I took a lot of hits buying a Wii. You know, and it uh, admittedly, out of all Nintendo systems, it's my least favorite. But there's still some amazing games to be had on a Wii if you're willing to put up with the shitty fucking controller and dragging a cable out. That that fucking cable with the bar you got to put in front of your TV? Yeah. I hate it. I mean, that's why I'm part of the pets program, you know? Port everything to Switch. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that hard. You're probably an <laughs> Operation Rainfall kind of guy, right? 
You know yeah. what I'm talking about? All right. So yeah, for that, so I can get those games. Right. So so the Wii was. We thought PS3 was going to be that, but it turned out to be the Wii. You know, and look, it didn't help. You'd get a Mario Galaxy, you know, Mario Galaxy Two, and then you get Wii fucking music. You know, <laughs> you know, like, Spielberg's gonna make a Wii game. Can't wait. It's Boom Blocks. Ah, shit. You know, like <laughs> Boom Blocks is a good game. Right? Yeah, but you, when you hear Spielberg's gonna make a game for Nintendo, you don't go, "Oh, I can't wait for Jenga the game." You know what I mean? Like, like, like or I, I'll never forget on the Wii, man. I turned 30, and my buddy, he knew I really liked Hell's Kitchen at the time. So he's like, I got you the Hell's Kitchen video game. I'm like, there's a game for this? And it's on the Wii. And it was literally a fucking Flash game. They just ripped to a disc, you know? And I didn't have the heart to tell him that that game sucked ass, you know? I just It was my 30. He was like, he was so happy. I'm like, you you finally did it. You got me a gift. Which I've learned. We all know, right, Brandon? Don't ever get Rob a gift. Like whatever it is never, you think I might like, never. I already own it, and I don't want your shit. Like yeah. I'm never gonna like it. I we can get dinner. Dad, I always tell people, if you want to do something for me, we'll get dinner. We'll all have a good time, right, Brandon? Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. Even at places I would normally eat, we'll have a good time. I'll find something. Yeah. They got margaritas, right? We'll have a good time, <laughs> right? <laughs> but man, Andy, you ever get you ever ever have someone buy you a game when you're an adult, not when you're a kid? But when you're an adult, they buy you a game, and they're like, "You're gonna love it," and you don't have, and you're forced to play and pretend you like that shit. But you fucking yeah, it. it was actually for the Wii. It was the Star Wars Clone Wars, that fighting game that was like a child's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I was like, "Like you like Star Wars, so here you go." I was like, uh, "Thanks." You know, I really do wish the Mortal Kombat guys would hire Scotty Young and make Mortal Kombat chibis or something. You know, like 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 that would be fun. Like all brutal, but with. Like, the problem with Mortal Kombat is there's no coherent art style, so it would probably look too gross. Uh, alrighty, anybody got anything else about PlayStation Five? Are they excited? Brandon, you, you're not, you don't care. You're just going to be an Xbox Two. I, I have, and just for the record, I'm looking over at it. It's an Xbox One. Um, <laughs> I got the day one edition of it. Um, I, I, I would love a PlayStation. I would, want, I want to play that Spider-Man game so bad. You know, uh, when I first uh, played. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. What was the Insomniac game they made where you you grind on the rails, kind of? The electricity. Oh, um, you Sly Cooper. Like Infinite. <clears throat> you're ta- no, no, you're talking about the, on the Xbox. You're talking about Project Overdrive. Project Sunset Overdrive. Sunset. 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 Oh, yeah. Sun- yeah. So when they made that game, and I played that, I was like, man, this is just like this would make a dope Spider-Man game. And then <laughs> you know, Rob's like, hey, the Insomniac guys made Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me! He's like, yeah, it's only on PlayStation. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck me. And so I would love. Hold it. on, hey. Brandon. Hold right there. So, Andy, you know what my f- second favorite thing to do in the world is right now. It's when they Pokemon. show off when when they show off new costumes for that Spider-Man game. I send Brandon texts, like I snap them with the phone, <laughs> and I send it to him when he's at when he's at work. You know, and like the Bostic so- bag man. That was the most recent suit. Yeah, well, when they had that Spider Clan suit, Future Fatter Foundation. When they had the Spider Clan yeah. suit, Brandon was like, "Motherfucker!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just buy a PS4, that. dude. Oh, okay, let me just go out and buy a PS4, Rockefeller. Let me just go do that. <laughs> go buy one. They're very cheap now if you don't get the pro or anything. Okay, go ahead. Because they're so cheap, right? Fine. 
<coughs> buy me one. Damn it. Anyways, <laughs> I would like to play, yes, but I don't have the software. So I'm not like uh, I love Xbox. Okay, I do. I like Xbox. I like I like it. I just always, you know, I but I used to like PlayStations. I used to have all the PlayStation PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and and then I believe 3 was the last one I had, and then I just never got a 4 because I stuck with the Xbox, and then I didn't have the money, and then, like, the wife bought me the Xbox One, you know, for me, and at that point, I was like, well, we, now we can't afford a thing, and then it came down to, do I get a Switch, or do I get a PlayStation? Well, my wife loves Mario Kart, so I bought her the Switch for, out of, I think it was her birthday or anniversary, one of the two. Out of curiosity, mm-hmm. when's the last time she played Mario Kart? Um, she's been playing a a Pokemon lately, so... When's the it, last time she played Mario Kart? Uh... About a year? Two weeks ago? We, oh. No, no, we, we, we occasionally will have, like, a, before we go to bed, we'll just put in, like, Mario Aces or Mario Kart and just uh, throw down a couple battle round. You know, she's not... Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. You know, I, I keep it close. You know, right. when, you're play, when, you're playing, when you're playing someone, you know, where you know you beat them, you're like, I'll let them win a round or two. So I have a, I have a plan for you. For this. Oh, Oh, please tell me this. Give me this life lesson, Andy. All right. Well, Mario Kart is going to be coming out on the mobile devices later this year. So you oh can just sw- uh-huh. change that switch for a PS4, and then you guys can play Mario Kart on your phone. And now we can shift right over to that topic. So yeah. good, good segue, Andy. Good segue. <laughs> See, Brandon, you could learn something from Andy. So, uh, so here's the thing. Mario Kart. I, now, I caught shit from a few of our streamers here on Sketchcraft. Yeah, four of them that regularly ever show up. Because uh, I had said, hey, I know they're making a Mario Kart game for mobile. And they're like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know. I'm like, well, because I know. How do you know? Well, I can't tell you how I know, but I, I don't care if you don't believe me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, uh, first off, when I'm right, I don't win a fucking prize. You know, like, but I, I just know. Like, I know. I've seen it. So, um, Today, or was it the other day, was it they finally announced that they're delaying that game? Yeah, it was uh, yesterday or the day before that. Thus officially confirming the game <laughs> that I was told didn't exist. Because what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah, but, but they announced that like last year, too. But this was before that. So ah, okay. it's just every time it comes up, I can't let it go. So, uh, yeah. So it was supposed to come out by March, which I never believed. Um, so I, I think the reason for that game being delayed is everything to do with multiplayer. Because if you've ever tried to play Mario Kart online, it's a fucking nightmare. Um, it's just not fun, especially you can't talk to people and shit. So I, I don't know. Plus, are you playing it with one finger? Like, do you play it with your thumb? I don't know how. I, I don't know. Unless you, like, hold it landscape mode and kind of do both. Or your phone overheats every time. Wouldn't it be great yeah. when you, when you oh, got yeah. like a when you got? Here's some fun. <laughs> Instead of a rumble, imagine on your phone, right? So you're holding your phone up, and you're playing Mario Kart World Tour, and you get a, a mushroom to boost. Wouldn't it be fun if it overheated your battery so you felt the heat? You know, like, <laughs> or, <laughs> or like when you skid rubber, you could feel the heat. Like, oh my god, it's getting warmer on the background. No, like I don't know. So I could smell it burning. So um. 
but then they also, as as a like Nintendo giveth and Nintendo taketh and Nintendo giveth at the same hand. So they also announced Doctor Mario World is coming to iOS and Android. Um, free to download with optional in-app purchases. I like when they say optional in-app purchases. You know damn well they're mandatory. All right, yeah. Doctor Mario. It'll be like Mario Run. I don't know how. Here's the thing. Like, so my wife loves Doctor Mario, and since we met, it's been a contention of mine to just claim I'm better at it, no matter <laughs> how wrong I might be. Uh, and she just, she always gets mad. I will fucking kick your ass at this game, and I'm like, that's the one game. I, I'm like, you're horrible at it. I don't know what you're talking. Sure. About. Like, <laughs> she doesn't get this concept. So, um. I had downloaded it for the Switch when I got my uh, $20 a year pass to their online service. Um, which, by the way, not a tremendous amount of content there, but if you do sign in on the Switch under your Japanese account, you can set up a Japanese account. If you if you log in there, you can download the same games, but with all the Japanese box art, and it's way cooler. So um, I recommend that. But Dr. Mario's on that platform, so I like to throw that one down. And I'm like, all right, have at it. You know, I'm going to kick your ass, you know, and it never works out. She doesn't think the game's going to work because you have to be very precise with the, those things fucking, when those pills fall like a motherfucker when it rains Oxycontin down on the fucking jar. You gotta, how are you going to flip it with your fingers? I, I don't know. So. Yeah, flip your phone. Oh God! I would you just throw your phone. So your phone breaks your TV now instead of the Wii. Classic, yeah. classic Nintendo. So Andy, are you excited for Doctor Mario or Mario Kart or any of these iPhone? I'm actually excited for both, and I've tried to pick up all the uh, Nintendo games that came to the mobile. I mean, because essentially, again, they're free, so I mean, you can, everybody can try it out. It's a glorified demo, and if you don't like it, delete it. But uh, Mario Kart, I think we. Dr. Mario, I am interested in, I don't, like, you know, your wife said, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, I hadn't even thought about how quickly they drop. So, um, yeah, we'll see about that one, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, I'll give it a fair chance for sure. Brandon, do you, do you play any of the games on your phone? Uh, so I have the Mario run game on my phone and I played it a a little bit, but then there, you have to like, they wanted you to to buy stuff on it, you know, to get more coins and runs, and I just stopped. I have, I have Madden on my phone, obviously. Shockingly, um, yeah, but it's the same kind of concept. It's like you have your fingers, and you're like, you move so much, and like, let's say I'm trying to throw to somebody, and it just, it's shitty. It's just a shitty mechanics of point click, you know. So it's not that fun for me to play games on my phone. I like bowling. I have a really cool bowling game on my phone because it's just a flick of the finger. You know what I mean? It's, phones uh, are to me are a lot like the Wii. As long as it's just some stupid basic gesture, it works. Anything beyond that, you just why don't we have a controller for this? I don't understand. Right. I don't get it. I thought this was a tremendous opportunity to announce Doctor Mario Immortal, and just take a swipe, you know, at at, at certain developers. Um, yeah, uh, I don't care. So. I, 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 Mario Kart Tour is the only one I was remotely, maybe, but guys, I have yet to play one game on a phone ever where I'm like, this is amazing. My wife plays Dragon Quest V on her phone. She likes it. She's like, they got these controls done great. I'm like, I hate touching screens, man. I hate yeah. sliding my fingers. 
I just I don't like I like a control and a, I know man I'm getting old I like I like buttons and fucking D pads and shit. Conflavid contractions. Contractions, contra- contraptions, contractions, and contraptions. See, I'm all for. See, I think like the <laughs> Wiimote style control is perfect for VR when it works, right? Like you in motion controls when you're in VR make a lot of sense. But you're just in a video game. You're just navigating in a 2D screen, man. I they're they're not improving upon analog stick and D-pad and buttons. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Um, plus, what game was it? Was it Infinity? Remember Infinity Blade? Yeah, it was Infinity Blade. Wow. So yeah. I played that, and my phone blew up. So like it got so hot. I was like, this is gonna ah, like it's gonna burn a hole right through my desk and my hand. You know, just so whatever. Um. Oh, also, I wanted to mention this. Speaking of inside info, I don't. Um. How do I say this? Okay. So. I know of this game another way, but the person with the inside info has been Liam Robertson. So Nintendo's been working on this game now with what I understand to be Retro Studios, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a racing game featuring Star Fox, but as Liam Robertson, who's an insider, he used to do these videos called Unseen 64, and now he does his own thing. He's super good. I know he's accurate because I worked on projects that he had inside info. So when you're listening to the podcast, you're like, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, wonder who spilled the beans there. You know, like, <laughs> I better not talk about it or they'll think I did it. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always worry when I'm listening to a podcast and someone talks about some shit I know about that I'm under NDA. I'm like, am I going to get, are they going to see that I follow them and they're going to think it's me? Like, it's fucked up. Um, it's not. But I like Liam. He's a super cool dude. And he's been talking about the Star Fox racing game that's supposed to be more like Diddy Kong racing. So it's an adventure game. And given that, Star Fox is based around linear levels, right? Like actually just flying through that the gameplay lends itself. So there's boss fights in an open like area, like a hub space world and different missions and stuff. And they thought that it would be announced at E3 last year. And it obviously wasn't, but Nintendo did tease something today about having something that fans would be pretty surprised to hear about. And so I'm figuring that's it the Star Fox racing game, but don't know. I hear graphically it's amazing. Not like Star Fox Zero, which felt like a poorly cel-shaded Wii game. Um, I did not. Star Fox Zero, beyond its mediocre controls, was just wasn't a pretty very... It was a, it was a Wii game, man. A Wii U. Sorry, it was a Wii U game. It wasn't a Switch game. It was ridiculous. It was, it was so bad, man. The whole the chicken walker and all that fucking nonsense. Yeah. I told James Bacon, it felt like it was on the Wii U. Um, it felt like they were trying to do VR without having a VR set. Like, you hold the controller and you're anywhere you move, you can see, but you can't play an action game doing this. You can't do this. But if you imagine that is, in, is your face view in VR, then it would work. So it would have scenes where you had to look this way, but shoot. That way, it was so fucking weird, man. So, um, I don't know. Um, have you guys heard about the I mean, Star Fox Racing? Yeah, 
I have heard of it, so I mean, it could be that. And I think, you know, when you think about it, that whole Starlink thing where they brought the, you know, Fox McCloud and everybody and friends to it. I know, like, what they said, how they came across it or came uh, with that idea. But it could have been, like, a collaboration to kind of get people excited and talking about Star Fox again because it had such a bad taste in people's mouths. That, that said, that was my theory at E3 when I saw Starlink, and I'm like, "Oh, Fox McCloud's in this. This must be like trying to get people, you know, excited about it." Yeah, right. um, but it could be in response to people's, or at least some people's disappointment in Metroid Prime Four being delayed, and it could be, "Hey, here's the trilogy remastered again for the Switch." Well, Liam's talked about that they have that working. So, but who knows? So, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, uh, what they need is to refigure the controls so you can strafe with the analog stick on Metroid Prime. Yeah, because if I remember right, you had to use the fucking shoulder buttons to do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the nunchuck. Well, I didn't play the one on the Wii because I'd given up mm-hmm. my Wii at that point. I was like, I'm through with you, Wii. You know. So, uh, the the nail in the coffin for me was. Was um what game was it? Skyward Sword. Uh it wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. You're such a contrarian. You and James, you guys, just, anything <laughs> that people hate, you love, and vice versa. Uh, it right. really wasn't that bad. I mean, Twilight Princess was doing the same shit, just not to the it same. It had a controller off. Detail, but it had a as... controller. But it had a controller off. You could play with a controller. <clears throat> and not yeah, to mention how well. look, and I've said this before, I'll stand by it. Princess Zelda in Legend of Zelda The Skyward Sword looks like Zach Braff. I don't... I'm not, ag- <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just not her look. Zach Braff is... You gotta go look. Type in Princess Zelda Skyward Sword and Zach Braff and you, you will see. Um, speaking <laughs> of Zelda, I want to wrap this up. So, this is kind of cool and I will show this. So, are you guys familiar with a program called AI Gigapixel? No. Brandon? No. No. So AI Gigapixels is AI-based image processing program, kind of like Photoshop in a way, um, where it's AI that's running it. So what they've been doing is teaching it. So you have to, anytime you have a program that learns, you have to feed it, you know, input, input, feed it, input. And so they've been doing this for a while. And what they've, the fans have been doing is feeding it uh, the background images to Final Fantasy VII. And what it's been doing is taking these low-res images in it and up-resing them to 4K or 4K+, but also adding in all the details. It, it, it's magic. Like, it's the thing they said could never be done. And so, I have seen this, yeah. So I will actually jump to the screen here. Um, and so they're making a mod right now called the Final Fantasy VII Field Mod. So you can kind of see here, this is vanilla... Final Fantasy VII, you can see it's all pixeled, and when you come here, uh, far less, right? It's all super sharp and shit. So, um, you take this into Photoshop and do some dynamic lighting, you got a real Final Fantasy VII remake. And that's just to start. So, uh, NVIDIA apparently launched, how do I say this? So, you can play Wii games on the Shield in China, and what they're doing is offering a version of this on the shield in China where 
Let's see if I can get this to load up. Where the AI is upraising all the textures from the Wii game. And if you want to see a comparative effort, hold on, is a comparative effort of this would be, so this is stock Wii, Wii U or whatever. This is, 12, yeah, this is Wii. Um, yeah, so let me close this. Uh, this, it, so this is stock Wii. This is the AI upraising the textures. And this is the full HD remake. If you look at the texture quality, they added new textures on the HD remake, but in terms of res, it, it's it's pretty impressive for early tech. I mean, other than the lighting, like that's just a computer doing it. Um, what's really impressive to me is that that basically means you know pretty shortly you're gonna get because these 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 games like Final Fantasy VII they don't have the original source files for these backgrounds these files as they made the game. They deleted everything. So, <laughs> sucks. <clears throat> Which so, is why we don't want see the, we won't get eight on the Switch and stuff like that. Yeah, because eight was completely. They don't even have source files. They, they it's ridiculous. But uh, but now they can do this. This is pretty fucking amazing. Like I don't know how how it is. More companies. I don't know why any company hasn't figured this out, but. Fans are fucking... There's a cool video there. You can go check it out. So it's called the Final Fantasy VII... Was it HD Field Mod or whatever? So you can guys go check it out. And this is just a start, but this is pretty fucking cool. I mean, look, it can't change the CGI, right? So it's still what it is, but it's not fucking Fruity Pebbles. So that's a good, damn good start. And I imagine pretty soon you're going to see guys... Um, do extra lighting and painting over these things, and you're going to get really moody mods for this on top of the fact folks that i believe uh if this continues they'll get these programs to up res video the compressed movies and right now i can't do moving images but that seems to be the natural way to go which means all the movies could be upgraded and then shows like deep space nine or older shows could be upgraded that basically means that any game moving forward can be upgraded using AI, and then all the artists have to do is maybe add new lighting or do flourishes, but you don't have right. to sit there and pay everyone to redo them. Like, the biggest problem, you guys ever emulate PS2 games and the fucking menus are all janky? and <laughs> It's all just bad pixelation. Yeah, because those are images and the graphics are, you know, they can be up to an extent, but the menus can't, so. Any thoughts on that, Andy? Uh, <clears throat> I think if they're going to do that, they're going to have to do a little bit more. Because uh, I do remember seeing this. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I saw. I thought it was like a, like a fan-made thing. So I didn't put too much stock into it. But I did see, like, a, there was a screenshot of when you get Red 13 in Final Fantasy VII. And <clears throat> the background does look beautiful, but it almost gave me that same feeling as when you watch, like, old Pixar movies on like 4k tvs and it doesn't look like the characters belong in that world anymore so i mean if you're going to do that you're going to have to go through and try to you know manually polish up some of the character designs too just to make sure that they well, fit a little there, bit better. there are mods to upgrade the character models so they look like they, they, those exist too so you can <clears> yeah i mean right now that link that you sent i mean it looks good with twilight princess but here uh no 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 i'll show you some of these backgrounds i'm going to show you guys again right now right so like 
Uh, where is the Discord? I'll send you this link. You got to look at some of this shit right here, and I'm going to post this. So it's in the Discord. Click on that, and we can just scroll down. Look at some of the work they've been doing just with up backgrounds, right? So. Yeah. That looks cool. Right there, that's the initial opening background from after the Shinra platform falls down. Um, you can see, look at that. Look at the, the shop. Uh, yeah, I guess they are doing some of the characters because you see Cloud in his little purple dress. Yeah. So the, the, the CGI, the, the, the CGI, the in-game graphics can be up and retextured. That isn't a problem. The backgrounds can't. So all these backgrounds will be up um because they're low-res images. I mean, you can see here, like, that's pretty fucking, like, look, you can't change, the quality of that water is 1997's water, right? But it would look like, when you look at it, originally it would look like Fruity Pebbles. I don't know how to describe it. But now it looks like a high-definition <laughs> right. CGI render from right. from 1997. So, and look, and here's, uh, here's zooming into the train platform image, right? Like, that's... It's pretty fucking amazing, guys. Like, and the computers adding in all this detail, you know, but the AI program is—it's nuts. It's nuts. It is a form of magic. It's a kind of magic. So yeah. I mean, and that means all those games on the PlayStation One that had 2D art can be remastered now. You know. By fans, it's crazy. Hopefully, these these companies will do it, you know. And um, oh, fingers crossed. I mean, it'd be cool to see Final Fantasy IX set up that way a little bit. Oh, you know that's coming. <clears throat> like all of it's coming. What's crazy is how or Le- Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, Legend of Dragoon. Even um, Saga Frontier too. Yeah. Um, so many man. There's so many. Uh, all the Abe's World games, Abe's Odyssey. The Neverhood, True. Skull yeah. Monkeys, you know. It'd be fun to see them up Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3. Oh, Super yeah. Nintendo, right? Like Je- Jessica would love that. She loves the Donkey Kong games and the Yoshi Yoshi worlds and stuff like that. And what's cool is they retain their original look, so they can always remake them. But an actual HD remaster of the original property is what I just think should always exist. So this makes that possible. Uh, so super exciting. Like, that got me super excited, and I was just... I love it when I see something they say that cannot be done. You know? Like, that can never happen. So I was talking to my buddy about this. Who was it? Who was I talking to? Um, and he was like, so basically that scene... Oh, was it Kyle? So he's like, so that scene, like, in... Was it in Blade Runner? When he goes, enhance... Enhance and it just keeps zooming in and enhances the image. You know, in a movie when they always tell the computer, enhance the image, enhance the image. Right. And you're like, that would never fucking. No, it it would happen. (laughs) You know, it would happen. Imagine when you're able to HD remaster any of your old. Imagine. I was telling Kyle this because he's a director of photography. Um, I was like, imagine that you can just shoot a movie on your phone in low res. And then once you're done, compile it out to 12K. So I've you, got those flip phones. So you only have to shoot and make graphics and anything in low res, and then the computer could just up res it. 
Because I'm going to tell you, like the hard, the more res you go, the the triple your work. This is what has been the bane of HD development. But imagine if they intentionally make low res games. Like they make all their games with low res textures and low res, and then it just adds the fucking special sauce and cleans it up. And you're just like, that's crazy. That's how you know you're head toward the future when you don't. You're like, oh, that, that's weird. Right. You imagine explaining Snapchat to people who just saw Demolition Man in 1992. (laughs) (laughs) Your phone's going to add glitters and fox noses, Brandon, to you. Like, I know you love that. Oh, yes. Bunny ears and shit. All right. So is there anything else you guys want to mention? Is there anything we're missing out on here? Um, I don't think so. Nothing crazy. Brandon, you have anything to add? No, I mean, usually I would if it was, like, comic books or movies or things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just not as uh, versed in the – I just don't get excited standing outside with a group of people waiting for a new piece of hardware to come out like Andy does. You're missing out, dude. Yeah, but to be fair, you were trying to do that for an Xbox, and then that just meant you had to go home and do another two-hour, you know, update. So I can see why you weren't excited. (laughs) Losers remorse. Uh, I can't can't talk video game shit. Andy will win every – See, he got it because of Xbox Live, and then all of his Xbox Live friends went to PlayStation 4. So they, right. they, they just assume the last system. Like, you, you just assume that I have friends. Right? <laughs> I said you had friends. Not you I'm, only, I'm, friends. Talking, I'm talking to the only two right now. And, and we're I both on PlayStation 4, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> and I use the word friends loosely. You know, I know you guys tolerate me. Yeah, but, yeah well. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna rather than continue snarky comments, we can wrap it up here, and I'm gonna get back to editing this. All right, everybody. So we'll be back in about a month with more to talk and chat and bitch, and hopefully, Brandon can actually contribute something, something to the gaming conversation. We'll we'll make him play. We should make him play a game, Andy. Like something really, like what's the lowest rated game on Xbox Live right now? Like, oh man, why, why I'll find game? out. Yeah. Like the Burger King games or something. Hey, Brandon, well, how's that? We'll how's that streaming that. Twitch channel you're going? Brandon, I'm here. I just don't have anything to contribute. I don't have how's time. The, how's the Twitch channel? It's going great. <laughs> See, Andy, he thought he'd be famous overnight. So. Right. Yeah. It's not for everybody, I guess. <laughs> I'm fucking entertaining. Kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> I said it's not for everybody. I'm a goddamn <laughs> national treasure. People just don't know about me yet. Right? I'm See, diamond in the rough. Here's what I think. I think if we were on the channel Razzinum, he'd be ten times more famous. Yeah, probably. On we his can, own, he wants to be taken seriously. He's, he's we could just set up a webcam where it's just we're on the corners and we just stand back and kind of watch him play and then critique his passes and Madden. And only if it could like. Only if it could. He could hear the audio in real time. That would be fun. Or if we had, yeah. a, or if it was connected to a poker, we could just poke him. Like, boosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, popping fresh. <laughs> Why are you so good at Madden? <laughs> All right, everybody. It was a good time. I'm going to wrap this up. Talk later. Say goodbye. Andy, where can Bye. people find? Where can people find Andy? Really quick. Let's give him a shout out. Oh, yeah, you can always find me all over the place. Just search Elvatron, E-L-V-A-T-R-O-N. And I've recently launched a Patreon. So you can do patreon.com slash Andy Bond, B as in boy, O-H-N.
And you can find Brandon on Twitch, right? You can find you can find Andy at Andy loves Andy dot. <laughs> you can find Brandon on the remainder of this podcast in about two seconds. That's folks. that's right. And you can find me on Twitch at Mega Potato Show, Instagram Mega Potato Show, Twitter Mega Potato Show. Oh. 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 All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye. So check it out. Um, uh, I went back. I've been editing this episode, and I felt the show was a little too short to be called Mega Show. Um, so I'm like, gotta see Brandon. Much like Wayne's World, Brandon. Do you know anything about the movie Wayne's World? Um, yes, I haven't seen it in forever, forever ago. Uh, let me tell you a little something about Wayne's World. So when they first made that movie, they shot it, and it was like 30, 45 minutes long, and so. Um, they just kept going back and adding bits to lengthen out the movie. That's where all the random jokes and the, that's why there's six minutes of the Bohemian Rhapsody, just to, six minutes of killing time. So um, <laughs> we're doing a little bit of that here. So what I want to do, and, and this is something else that uh, with the mega show I'm trying to do is figure out a format where I can integrate some artsy stuff, right? And I still haven't figured out the best thing. So I'm going to start with this and we'll see where it goes. So what we're going to do is I'm going to bring up there. That's the YouTube page right there. You can go right there, sketchcraft.net. will take you there. There's a link at sketchcraft.com. Um, and then I put up a speed. It's seven minutes long, but we're going to start and stop. But it's right here. Um, it's also under speed vids. So we can click on this, and I can kill the music really quickly, and then just open this up, turn off autoplay, and then what we will do is, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and on your end, just go to the video. Mm-hmm. Speed uh, speed four times knuckles. Yeah, and just start it, let's just start it at the 35 second mark. Okay. And I'm just going to kind of like walk you guys through a little bit here. Uh-uh how I do some of this stuff, right? And how this kind of got done. Um, also, for those who complain that uh, my videos are too long, this is a seven-minute speed video that's been out for, what, a month now? And it only has 152 views. So if someone out there is thinking, my channel hasn't taken off because my videos are too long, you don't know Sketchcraft <clears throat> very well. <laughs> right. right. This channel hasn't taken off because... Um, that's how the universe has decided, you know, things work for me. So it's got nothing. I like it. Everyone goes, well, you know, Rob, if your videos were a little shorter, that that's how people digest content. But I'm like, fuck you. All I do is listen to four hour long podcasts. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like tell Howard Stern, he should do a show in seven minutes, you know, I could... shut up. So, um, you, you, you got it queued up. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm ready. 
All right, so let me just set this up for you a little bit, folks. When I when I when I'm drawing uh, these color pencils, what what I did on this one is a little bit different than normal. Is I drew the line arts digitally, and then um, I printed it out and I tinted the lines red, and that's in Photoshop. You just you can go to adjust hues, whatever, turn the lines red. I picked this red because I did a few tests. Uh, with color pencil over it, and it turned out to be the kind of red I like. It can be purple, uh, whatever. It's actually a painting technique in, like, acrylic painting. Uh, generally, you put down, like, a uh, burnt sienna base, and then as you paint mm-hmm. darker colors over, it makes it warm. You can see that, like, in Ashley Wood's art. You ever you ever look at, like, Ashley Wood's art, and you can see how it has this yeah. like, glow underneath, or even uh, Bill Sinkavage? Right, it's got a little bit of shine underneath. Right, because they're doing a burnt sienna base, and then they paint darker, opaque paints over that. But then the semi-transparentness of those opaque paints, because even though they're opaque, like acrylics, they're always semi-transparent. You know, there's always a form of transparency. You ever you ever paint acrylics over something? You have to do like eight layers to make it super like oh yeah solid. Right. So when they do that, it leaves us underneath, this under warmth, a warmth underneath the the the, the, the transparency. And then wherever they want a nice bright light source, they just don't paint there, and that's how you create that glow. They're not adding the glow afterward, like, say, in Photoshop, where people add glows. So just a different way of layering. Um, and then what I do is I create a base shade layer using the, uh, a red pencil. That's what you see here. That's what this shade layer is. Um, and once that's set up, then I go and do color pencil. Um, I will be doing a simpler version of this kind of color pencil rendering, by the way, folks, moving forward. Uh, this This is not a form of coloring that I wholly recommend if you're trying to do commissions um luckily on this commission i I got i i charged what i thought it would be worth so it was all it was a lot of money put it that way um and the person who bought it is tremendously respectful and understanding of the time and i totally appreciate their patience Uh, they recently received it so they were happy so that's what i'm doing here is i set this all up and then i color pencil over this I am using Polychromos color pencils. If you'd like a full list of those pencils and everything I use, right here under every video is a list to the kinds of stuff I use and everything else. So you can get all the, the list of things there. So I'm going to hit, hit play, and then I'll hit pause as I go along. So what I'm doing here is I'm laying down some base colors. He's primarily red, obviously, so I'm using some pinks just to tint the red shading. Now I made a little bit of a jump here. For time, obviously, but what I've done is I've used red color pencil. Um, you can see here to kind of build a base, and then with his eyes, I'm using a black color pencil to go over there. And I like to get the eyes working first, Brandon, because because mm-hmm. like as long as I feel like the characters are looking at me, like I don't know, it helps. What's the word? Bring I'm them to life. Yeah, it helps bring them to life, and it creates um an anchor if that makes any sense like on the piece like like i know like the eyes are complete then i can build around it does that make any sense yeah i don't know i don't know how many other artists are like that but i'm i know me personally i always for some reason always with the eyes or darkening the eyes when i'm drawing something like i just no matter what i do like i'll do the baselines and then i for some reason i go right to the eyes and i'm like i want this i want this popped out and, yeah, and I, I want mean, it to be. You showed me. It's just, it just feels right. Yeah, and so as an for the blacks, I'll use a combination of this polychromos color pencil, and then uh, 
uh, zebra. Ball, the zebra ballpoint pen. And I use the ballpoint because it goes over the wax, the, the oil. These color pencils have oil in them. If you use Copic pens over these, it will tear up the nibs. Bleed. It'll no tear up the nibs. It'll, they'll bleed. Oh. I'm gonna hit play again. This is sped up four times. This this video, but it's jumping around too. And there's music playing here, so it's cut to the music. So I'm gonna hit pause again. So what I've done here is now you see his face. What I'm doing is I've gone over. You can see the mouse cursor, folks, because I'm gone over his the topography of his head. Um, I'm not coloring left and right, left and right, like a scribble, not up and down. I'm going over the surfaces as if it were three-dimensional. You know, like trying to create these. I'm using these little lines to create a three-dimensionalness. Is that a fucking word? To the art. So, <laughs> Sounds about right. And so that's what I'm doing is a lot of these little scribbles. And I'm not using, I'm not using any kind of like pressure when I do this. There's no, mm -hmm. I call that burnishing where you press down with the color pencil. I don't do that until the very end in like darker places. So I'm going to hit pause. So you're just building up right here? Yeah, I'm at the 115 mark. So um, you can see right here there's a lot of cross-hatching and there's a little bit of orange and then yellow. This is, here's the thing, folks. I wasn't taught how to do this. This is just how I do it. Like, like literally when it comes to color pencil, <laughs> I have been coloring this way since grade school. Like, this is just how I do this. Like, this is the one thing I know that if I didn't do this for 20 more years, I could do this just fine 20 years from now. I know that because up until last summer, I hadn't done any color pencils since 1999. So <laughs> I remember the last piece I did because it killed my knuckles. The only thing I've learned since then is how not to press hard. Um, I didn't have that control when I was 19. So, so I'm using these like oranges to create little highlights and then using darker reds to push in. So that's like an orange. So there's a little bit more of a jump here. Uh, and that's, you can see the head's kind of primarily done. This black here around the edges is the zebra. And I've used these to pop out the lines. I've tried doing it where there's no, no black, but I just feel like, it's a drawing, you know, like I almost feel right. like it needs lines. And, I mean, it wouldn't look. You see those realistic color pencil renderings where they take a photo of like Black Panther. And everything looks so soft. There's no, there's no, there's not a lot of depth and hard, hardness to it. You know, and I like a mix, you know, you can do hair soft, but then I also want like, you know, some rigid lines and some tough, darker, deep grooves on armor and things and such. But when it's all straight color pencil, it looks so soft and there's no just, I don't know, fun magic to it, it being, a, you know, art. This is more of a textured look. I'll say this too, though, like moving forward, what I think I'm going to do is you see how this this shade is a certain, you know, I've got this little light source going on. Um, mm -hmm. It may not be this faint, I'll, but I think what I might do in the future is I'll do a light source, but then that might be the only place I add color. Similar to, um, you know, the Street Fighter 2 art where they, they leave a lot of white highlight on the character. Yeah, like that guy Creon, he, he he does a lot of that stuff like Bangus used to do, and Akiman a street fighter, like the Creon guy, he's French, he's, he's a pretty awesome artist, and um, I think what's his Chamba does a bit of that too, where it's like all white but they only put the color, you know, that's a smarter way to do commissions. I could get a lot more done if I did that. So I, uh -huh. <laughs> I will be practicing that with the color pencil, but but this is fun too because I mean when when you see these in person, man, like they really do. 
This this really is quite impressive. Um, now this you you notice at the one thirty three mark. This is not a polychromos color pencil. This is a Prismacolor. I do use a few. When I say a few, literally it's three, maybe four. If four, I definitely know it's three. Uh, Prismacolors, and that's because they don't make these colors in polychromos. And these colors are this really light violet, like bright lavender purple. Then there's a minty, like seafoam <coughs> green mm -hmm. I'll use. And then, like, I think there's one other cream color I've used before. But it's mostly that seafoam and this lavender purple color. And that's just because they don't have anything like it. I own every polychromos color pencil there is. <laughs> so here's me going back over, popping out his fist using the black color pencil. And it, it this actually helps keep it a little soft, but um, it allows me to, to choose where to put thicker lines. Like now I'm using that zebra pen. A ballpoint. Now, you know, I'm going to hit pause. It, it, Look, when you're using that ballpoint to go over this stuff, it's going to eat up some time. Mm -hmm. I've tried using markers to, to get it all in one shot or a brush pen, but the fact of the matter is... I suck with brush pens. I'm not good at this one stroke fucking thing, you know, like like those creature right. rock guys can do. Like, I can't do it, man. Like that's just not. I don't, I don't have that ability. So you gotta you gotta work with the tools you got, folks. So I have to manually control the thickness just by adding more until it's hopefully not too much. Now here's a little trick too, folks. This edge here, where it, I'll make it dark. It's called core shadowing. Um, and then around that dark edge, the core shadow is the darkest part. So you're adding a little bit of darkness. And then around this edge, I'll take a lighter color that's really saturated and halo that little edge. And it makes it pop right out and it gives it a glow. It's a little tricky with white gloves because, you know, like the, for me, like, I guess the shade's purple. And then that little glow thing would be a blue. But mm -hmm. it's... Uh, that's where I really just go back and look at, like, artwork I grew up with in the 90s to see how the hell did they color shit. Like, the Street Fighter stuff is great to look at from the 90s because they did it all with marker and color pencil and shit. <laughs> you can look at it and go, how did they do that? So, it's the closest. And sometimes I'm using purple, sometimes I'm using the blue first. It just depends on what I feel like. Do you have any questions about this stuff, Brandon, the, the basic color pencils or anything? You know... When you're doing like, let's say this piece right here, right, and you're talking about the light blues and the stuff off the his his knuckles and things, do you do you base all? Because I know this was a three part commission. Okay, let me let me try to wear this. So it was a three part commission. Going into that, do you have any kind of sense of what lighting and color, colors you're going to use for all three, or does each piece kind of get its own own thing with this? Because I, I remember seeing it and I was thinking like. You know, like, let's say if there was, like, a the sun's more red, so maybe you would add more of a red glow to something or things like that. Do you do you think about that when you're doing each of these, or do you kind of just... Yeah, I do it in my of... head. Like, there's no... I If I tried to, like, do a full color roughie and plan on these... Like, if I really didn't know, I would do uh -huh. a color roughie. Like, I would just make a thumbnail and kind of give myself a guide. The problem with color guides for color pencils are the color pencils are never going to be as opaque as those color guides. So... Like, it doesn't really behoove me much to do that. I'd be mm -hmm. creating something that I don't know I could replicate. 
with the medium. So what I what I try to do is I do have references for the characters, so I know Sonic's blue, Tails is orange, Knuckles is red. Um, and then I'm just making it up as it as it is on the page. <laughs> like I'm looking at it like uh, I don't want this to be solid red. I want it to be orange, so I'm just going lighter and then adding darks as I go along. Like it's one of the reasons why it took a little while because oh, this is one of the few this other. This is a Prismacolor 2 here at the 3 minute 37 mark. This is a peach, like a light peach or something. It's a skin tone. Mm-hmm. That works really well too. <clears throat> and then I just try to keep those colors consistent. So like if I'm using these kinds of reds to make knuckles, when I go to do red on Sonic shoes, it'll be the same reds. Okay. Same See, I, that's yeah. that's kind of I was trying to ask. I, just, I couldn't think of the, the right wording for it. But yeah, where they kind of yeah, cohesive. You don't want to change that because okay. it's going to look weird. Now, I see his mouth is filled with red, and I'm going to go in here uh-huh. and color pencil and fill it with black. But I'm going to be light, so it has this little bit of redness under the black. You can kind of see it here in the upper teeth. See right there? At the 4 minute, 3 second mark, it looks kind of reddish in his mouth. But that's just the printed red that's underneath, and I've gone lightly over it. And that's one of the benefits to keeping the, the lines red like that, is you can create those little warm effects without having to try to add. Now, this color in his nose is a fucking nightmare to keep that pencil sharp. And then just tick mark my way around <laughs> the nose. I was like, ah. I actually use here, I use the ballpoint pen to get some of that. Just to get it dark. And so then it's just the same thing over and over. You know? Now, sometimes I'll, here I'll go over, since I kind of already know how his body's going to be colored, I'm just I'm adding that ballpoint pen right there just to pop out the lines. And Sometimes I flip the order just because I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, might be me yeah, this might be somewhere around six to eight hours or ten hours, and I, can't, I don't know. So I get bored, and I'm like, I don't know, I'll do this now. But I mean, that's something you, I mean, you know, when you're working on, there's three of these, and you probably average what twelve hours a piece, give or take. Yeah, or something. I mean, you gotta like find a way to mix it up. Otherwise, you're gonna get any artist would get bored, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, don't think it, I've ever spent twelve hours on a piece, but I know I probably would get bored. Yeah, especially when like at this point, I'm on autopilot, so there's not a lot of. Right. I'm not mentally engaged. It's just letting the. The training take over, and then I'm just mentally somewhere else, you know, trying not to get in the way of myself. Right. So, you guys are getting the shorthand here. This is all time to music, too, by the way. So, if I turn this music on a little bit, we can hear it. So, is it just boring, or just because you got to make sure you match, or what? Like, what is it that you. Everything. All of the above. And it's just, it's just a lot of tea. This music is. I put this music in. Here, I'm going to hit pause. You can see this is where. I'm going to turn that off. This is where you can see, like, they're piecing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll hit play. And so then all these little. Grid things have to be colored in with green. And, uh, gosh, man. 
like I tried to put on like I put on Metallica albums at this point. Like <laughs> just power know? through it. Just power through it, yeah. Now have you ever been in power mode like this and messed up? Yeah, or when I was it... younger. But these days Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, I like listening to music sometimes, but I've also gotten to the modes where the music will stop playing and I just keep working on the art and I forget that the music's not even playing. Like, I guess you get in that autopilot mode where you're just in the zone working on art. Or, I sit in silence you know, a lot of times, Brandon. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's just, you, before you know it, it's just silent. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I've been working on this for two hours. Now, what I want everyone to know is that the real-time videos for these are all in... And we'll go to those in a second, but they're all on the YouTube channel. So if you want to see any of this in real time to see how I did some, it's all up <laughs> in real yes. time. So I'm not hiding nothing, okay? We're just doing the shorthand. Let me give you some notes here. So a few of the things I did here is once this was done, I went back over with an orange and this golden yellow, and I outlined all the characters and kind of pop it out. That's a Drew Struzan thing I picked up when I was younger. Struzan would do that. That little glow. Is that? Huh? So he would do it on. Oh, you know what? I've yeah, I've seen that. Even yeah. when he does it, like even around a sun, he'll then scratch it around the characters themselves to give them the. You know. Yeah. I saw that. I think on like uh, Raiders of the Ark poster, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when I was like, I don't know, th- four or five years old. So I've been doing it ever since. I did this in coloring books when I was a kid. Um, and then what I also did too is, if you look here, there's a cast shadow. So once this is all done. I'm using the darker colors, looking at knuckles, and kind of just giving a little bit of a cash out to place them in the environment. <clears throat> like it's being projected. The sun's coming up from the right and then pushing that down. So, um, one, that gives something to happen on that piece back there, too. So it's not just green floating out there. But it helps place knuckles in the scene a little bit, bit better, you know. Um, there's only so much you can do with this background, short of airbrushing. Because if I had an, if I airbrush it, then I could mask them out and add atmospherics or something, which I'm not gonna do. Because I'm not gonna do that. <clears throat> the background, the sky. This is something. So I, I I had this 45 degree angle sky. This comes from. Uh, you ever play a game called Yoshi's Island Super Mario mm-hmm. World 2 on the Super Nintendo? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> this is where I I stole this from that. <laughs> <laughs> borrowed (laughs) right so I look I get it I'm borrowing from a Nintendo game for a Sonic piece but I like the way those skies looked in that game so I try to do something similar here but to keep those 45 degree angles up you have to rotate the page and then just move your arm left to right like with your with your forearm so it's a lot of those little lines the one thing I did that I thought would save me time was I don't like rendering backgrounds in color pencil. Never looks right. I try to use distressing, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do that. But with this piece, because of the complexity of these checkers and these characters, what I did is I set up the, the background to be white clouds. So the majority of the background is white because they're clouds. And so they carry over across all three pieces. So that's that's a little trick you can do, too, if you get creative with stuff, you know. So let's see if is that that. I can always go to the actual, yeah. So, um, if we go to back to the main YouTube page here, and you go to down to real time art in the playlist, it will appear 
we scroll down enough somewhere here, right, Brandon? You didn't let me down, right? No, it is. It starts here, real-time Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog construction roughie. They're all in order from the mm -hmm. drawings. All the drawing is there. Well, most of the drawing, right? I streamed when I could. And then uh, there's the construction. There's the digital drawing. And then red pencil colorings in here. And then color pencil. Look, look for how many fucking videos is this? Uh, yeah, one, I, two, it's a lot. I, and I made sure that. Go ahead, Brandon. All, talk. Everyone enjoy. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a hundred of these fucking things. And I made sure all these bad boys are in order. So you, if you want and you got the time, you can sit down, even background noise. You could put this on, start at the first roughy and play it all the way through. And your, your YouTube, whether it's on your Xbox or your computer, it'll go right to the next one and the next one. So yeah, they'll play if every. Yeah, so it's almost like a let's play where they play the video game. And there's like twenty something parts, you know. Yes. So like, if we jump here, to, I've just jumped to the color pencil rendering for Knuckles. You can see, like, this is in real time how slow this is going. <laughs> like, now, folks, I don't expect you all to sit here and stare at this like I had to. Uh, <laughs> see, folks, I had to stare at this. Um, what I expect is is this is here for you to leave on while you're working. You know, if you don't want to draw alone, you don't have to draw alone. Um, this is a piece of glassine. It's kind of like tracing paper, but it doesn't smudge. It's called glassine. Um, yeah, if we just go back, yeah, there's the final knuckles piece. That water wasn't fun either. Uh, yeah. You can see that's me haloing. Yeah, let me go back. Let me go back to the haloing. There you go. That's me haloing. I think what we can do that, right? We can go to speed, and you can set it to two now on YouTube. So at least speed it up twice as fast. So instead of a 90 minutes, instead of this being three and a half hours, it only be 90 minutes. Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you can see. Just turn the sound off when you do that, folks. You can hear me like yelling at Brandon. Right. It will be just 90 minutes of me yelling at Brandon like a chipmunk. And just think, you guys can speed it up. I have to listen to it in real time. Yeah, that's true. So if I just go over here and go to the tails piece really quickly, you can kind of see. Uh, like I try to do all these like red shading all at once, so they're all done, and then I can focus on the color. The hardest part is linking these up. They they match more or less. They're a little off, even though I I scan them in and and make sure they match and line up. Once they print, they're always <laughs> off a little bit, but. These really are designed to be printed and put into frames individually, you know, not so much linked together. So they, they work on a wall in that effect. Um, this is me starting the tails piece. I still have to make this speed video. That'll take a few weeks to put together. But I imagine he's going to put them in frames. So even, you know, once you put them in frames and, you know, I put all my art in like thicker black frames, you know, it'll look cool side by side. It'll have that little spacing enough to like separate them, but keep them cohesive. Yeah, and if you go to shopsketchcraft.com, you can get the sets. Where are they? They're right here. It's 25 bucks domestic free shipping for all three. You get all three at 11 by 14. And let me tell you something, folks. These things, I'm not talking shit. These things look great. Like I, I've learned a thing or two over the years, Brandon, about how to scan in and prepare art. So when you get these, they look like... 
the color pencils. They don't look right. They don't look. There's no out. false advertisement. No, there you can see. Look at this is the final tailspin. Look at that, that final that came out. So, and these are really nice, and they have a cool textured effect. We already got some reviews. People are, people are very happy. Yeah, got some recent reviews. Kevin, this is the guy who actually got. Kevin's the one who bought the real art. So nice. You could see the that's him poorly and photographing. Not, not the toot your horn, but one thing that I always liked, and I mean, for the, for those that don't know, I was a fan of Rob's buying art from him at cons before even becoming his friend. And some might say I'm still not his friend, but one thing yeah, that Rob has always been honest. Yes, one thing Rob's always been honest about is. When he photographs his art, one, he takes high-quality photos as far as as far as you can being out, you know, a, a cell phone camera. You're usually up-to-date on phones and cameras and things, and you don't alter any of the pictures. So everything that you see usually in a picture won't even do it justice as far as all the, the line work and the, you know, the sketching, but you're not altering colors. You're not blowing out whites. You're not amping up certain things. So when you get you see it in a picture and you get it, it's it's just as good and better because you get to see more details than the camera might show. But you know, I try my I hardest have... to keep it accurate to what the piece was, you know, which also yeah. means, I mean, there is some things that can't be printed, you know, like just because certain colors fall out of gamut. But I sit here before I ship the art holding it up and then I go and I make certain, you know, that in Photoshop that it matches, you know. The, the final right. pieces so that it's, it's as close as, and, it, and it puts me on too when i'm when i'm it makes it the when i'm coloring things that um that i'm doing that so that the, the that piece looks the best not how do i say that you know what i mean brandon like you ever got a piece of fucking art i bought i'm not gonna say who it was but a year yeah. ago i spent 200 bucks on a piece of on, on some paintings from an artist who I was like, man, they're amazing. I, I want to buy some. I did. I bought, spent 200 bucks on their art. And when I got it, it didn't look a fucking thing like what they post on the internet. And I was like, really bummed out, you know? Because I was really impressed with their color and the way they paint. It didn't look any, the, the real painting doesn't look anything like it. And I, you know, it's frustrating. Right. It lets me down because I'm, well, then, in some way, I'm like, well, whew, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing something wrong. They're just tricking people. But then I was like, well, that, that's a shame. You know, that's a shame. So, so I'm very happy with the way these came out. So it's enough self-promotion there. But again, for your guys' training purposes, if you want to follow how I did all this color pencil stuff, it's all right here. I've thought long and hard about this, Brandon, about um, – cut back to the camera – about trying to put together some kind of training – you know, like, here's how I do color pencil. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm not a good teacher. I know people out there will disagree, like the fans. But Brandon, you know, on, on a personal level, I, I don't like repeating myself. <laughs> no, you don't. No. And honestly, folks, like, I'm kind of still learning as I go. I'm I turned 40 in last October. I'm still learning. So what I'm what I'm doing is is just trying to put everything here, you know, um, to share how I learned stuff. I think the best thing to do is to start promoting people to ask questions. And I think going back to that 
you know, maybe mm-hmm. like that I'd be willing to do maybe once a month. We can do like a Q&A and I can specifically answer our questions and then maybe do a little demo, try to base off that. But here's a problem I have with demos. If someone said, Rob, how do I render grass with the color pencil? It might take me two hours to get there. Right. I don't have two hours to just focus on helping you guys render grass. The best thing I can do is go, well, you really want to know how to render grass. Then the next time I get a commission that's color pencil, I'll try to work some grass in that piece. <laughs> so I'm getting paid. And then I'll put it up there and then go, it's in this video. Like, I don't know the best way to do it, you know, because if I were making, let's say I was making, you know, $5,000 a year from YouTube videos, there would be a, I'd have more, a more bigger incentive to care. Like, (laughs) but I don't care, folks. Like, I don't care. I make maybe at this point, 10 bucks a month on YouTube videos. Right. You know, so like, I'm Can not, I, get a dollar? I think, I think the fact that all, God, what is this? Like a hundred fucking hours worth of effort is here on the YouTube channel in real time. I think that is my gift to the world, right? Like if you want to call it, it's <laughs> my gift. You know what I mean? Like that's me doing it. Right. It's there in real time. The whole fucking thing, as much as I could put on there. Some days I didn't feel like streaming, but it's all there. I'm not, you know, doing a little piece and then going off to the side and doing the real work and not sharing it. It's fucking right there. Um, And I'm willing to elaborate more. I, I, I felt, I mean, do you tell me what you think, Brandon? Like, I think at this point, you know, the silhouette videos are up. The basic advice is up mm-hmm. maybe in 20 years when i'm done making things i'll care enough but i don't know man like am, am i missing something like am i is there something i could be doing that you think <laughs> i mean you, you think you think i'm it's not gonna help it's gonna be yeah. no i mean we i mean from everything that i've helped you put up and you've put up on your own there's so much range here that people can learn from you've put up painting videos watercolor videos marker videos how to draw silhouettes how to draw this that and i mean there's a lot you'd have to really like try hard not to find a lesson within the art on the page so i don't i just don't think we're cool enough <laughs> but i would agree no, we're definitely not cool enough we're not cool enough yeah. we're not yeah, but Plus, it's definitely informative Plus, I'm starting, like, the comic stuff now, my own comic stuff, and I'm, like, mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know. I could make the same video over and over again, you know, like, here's how to do construction. Here's how, I think once in a while it's good to do, like, oh, I'll make some construction videos whenever I feel like, but, um, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but. Yeah, I had someone the other day. This this came out because someone was like, "Hey, you know, I'm willing to pay you, you know, uh, to teach me, you know, whatever." And I'm like, "I, I don't care. Like, like, dude, please don't. It's all up on here, you know." And I and right. I know that feeling. I I was at that point in my life around 2001 when I felt that I had taught myself everything I could teach myself to do, and I was at this point where I needed someone else to help me get over. I need to get to another level. Right. 
And that's why I signed up for the Art Institute and wasted $71,000 of my money. Um, <laughs> I know that because that's how much it costs to get myself out of out, it was more than seventy one because I already paid in like ten, so it's like eighty one thousand. But you know, I lumped some of the remaining seventy one thousand after my parents died. I used my meager inheritance between the two of them to buy my way out of student debt, and right. that's it. You know, so um, I feel you. I feel if you guys are at that point and you can't gleam anything from my videos or from any of the videos on the, the, the there's a whole wealth of knowledge out there on the internet. Type into YouTube. Millions of people. If that isn't helping, here's the other thing. You can do one of two things. One, you can go to some form of art training. Local community thing, a painter or something. It's going to run you some money. Three hundred to 3000 or $7,000 sometimes a class. If you don't have that money, the other thing you can do, the only other thing you do, the number two option is create a project for yourself that you know you can't do and fail at it. <laughs> and then once you failed at it, regroup, dissect why you failed. If it was, because I don't know how to draw characters, what about characters? Do I, do I not understand anatomy? Do I not understand? It always comes down to a root problem of construction perspective as a basis and a form, construction and perspective in terms of illustration and drawing. Uh, once you understand that, rendering surfaces for coloring, understanding hue and value, color and, and, and lighting, light sources, value, black and white, and then anatomy gets built over that, and then making the characters move around, storytelling, storyboarding, right, and then combining all of those together. And, like, I've had this question, Hector, people brought it up for years, like, how do I combine these things together, you know, in a way, how do I, how do I take it from the construction and take it from the basics and then put them all together to get a final piece that's awesome? And I don't know. Like, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know, Brandon. I don't know how I do it, you know? I know when I fail at it. I know when I've gone too far. I know when right. I haven't done enough. Um, I mean, it gets less and less at this point in life because I put so much into it for 20 years that, you know, I kind of know now how to, if I only wanted to make art to get by and be like, haha, that's awesome. I know how to do that. If I want to make art that continually impresses people, that just, it's constantly pushing. pushing, right. pushing. At this point in my life, I'm moving less away from, when I think about art that impresses people, when I was a kid, it was, um, you know, like the Image Comics stuff when that came out, like Wildstorm, Extreme, McFarlane, those guys. They were like, those comics were like what going to the movies and seeing the MCU and the, Disney, the you know, Aquaman, these kind of comic movies. It was like a, a cinematic approach to comics. It, if you don't believe me, folks, I keep this by my desk. This is the Jim Lee's Absolute Wildcats. It's right here. It's always here. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever want to remember why I started drawing in the first place, it's this. This stuff. Now, I never drew like these guys. I didn't sit around redrawing Jim Lee's art and going, well, I'm going to draw just like Jim Lee one day. Even though I lived in San Diego and they were local, that wasn't my goal. I was always impressed by that level of effort. And I knew 
how much effort that took because I would go to Comic-Con in San Diego and see that art in real life and go, fuck, that took forever to draw. Um, but these days, like, that kind of like, ooh, wow, look how much effort I put into one drawing. I don't see the value of that in storytelling. Does that make any sense? <laughs> like, like the way I look at it now is I look at my storytelling art, which I'm just starting to get back to. It's going to be more like storyboards, something looser, because people read it so quickly. And, right. And, like, this piece that I did with the, with the knuckles, that's where I would put a level of effort into that I know will sit on someone's wall and they will appreciate the one drawing. They'll keep looking at it, you know, and looking at the mm-hmm. textures and looking at the little extra things I, I hid. But for some reason, Brandon, I just feel with the way comics are now, I don't think people get that out of comics. And sometimes they do, like when you see Capullo or Brett Booth or I'll just name an artist that does that, folks. I'm leaving out, you know. Um, Megan Hetrick throws down some pretty awesome stuff, too. Uh, and so those those people are great at doing that um i don't i don't i don't i don't know if i like doing that anymore. <laughs> 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 i mean i like doing it sometimes like that spiral piece i did you know but i won't lie yeah. that fucking thing <laughs> was hard it's hard man just spending i mean that took over a hundred hours brandon you know like i got this dark side stuff i gotta finish and I gotta be honest, as soon as my check's clear from my last gig I just invoiced for, I'm half tempted to buy my way out of the remaining part of that power print so I don't have to do it. I'm dead serious. I haven't decided on that yet. That's why I'm burying this in the podcast. But um, I, I have my wife going over the financials like, can I just buy my way out of that? And then I'll get around right. whenever I get it. Because I, I just don't know at this point, you know, like if it's worth it to me. Um, I did something a while back, I'll show you guys, and I've talked about this before, that I really enjoyed doing um, in terms of the the effort to a final result. And uh, here, coincidentally, it was an image thing, fall fucking things. It was this young blood piece, <laughs> this scribbly thing. And so, like, this I enjoyed coloring and drawing because it was done, this whole piece was done in, like, four hours, five hours, you know? So, that I enjoy. Uh, this Game Informer cover style stuff, is I'm getting real tired of it, you know? Um, I'm just, I don't know. This is just a thing that I constantly go back and forth on, you know? And yeah. The only thing that prevents me from just outright buying my way out of that power print stuff, man, is People are going to be like, but I really wanted the art. And I'm like, oh, I, I waited. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I took too many stretch goals. I shouldn't be working on it right now. Like, that's the thing, dude. I had 25 stretch goals and 25 pieces to finish of artwork that was already started when I did that power prints. So that's 40 pieces of art to complete the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Not like six pieces or seven pieces 40 it was color pen it was watercolor paintings you know there were saucies to do there was multiple character pieces like the chrono trigger and i just i mean man oh man you know like what was i thinking 
I wanted to change my career, and I did that. And now I'm like, it's a lot of effort. Like, <laughs> I want to change my career now and go back to storytelling. And these color pencils, like the color penciling I enjoy doing. I just think that so many people have asked me to do one since I did the Sonic stuff that, like, I need to find an easier way to do that so that I can do more. Because not that I want to do more for money, just so more people could get one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it bums me. Like, remember when you, see, Brandon, you did something once where you would buy something and then you'd buy another one, and now I'm only making art for Brandon? You know, like, we were down that (laughs) path once. And it happened with a few people where I'm only making art for them because they can only produce so much. And then I'm like, well, that's unfair to everyone else. You know, one guy's got me on lock for God knows how long. And then I feel bad for you because I'm like, how much money are you spending on my shitty art? Like, don't you have some fucking other thing to (laughs) to do or whatever? So I don't know, man. Like, these are things I just constantly weigh. Like, what should I? I know, like, I really enjoy doing the storytelling stuff I'm doing now. And I enjoy doing a good jam piece every now and then, like the Final Fantasy VII or the Final Fantasy VIII. I just don't enjoy doing 50 of them. You know, like this color pencil <laughs> yeah. piece I enjoy doing if I just found a simpler way to render. You know, like if it was just the characters, that would have been one thing. That I And look, poor Kevin, man. That, that guy, the guy who, who bought this, he he would hear me complaining on the um, the 60-second podcast that I do on the Instagram. Right? Uh-huh. So I make these little 60-second podcasts on the Instagram. And, and I'll be like, It'll be 60 seconds of me going, why did I agree to do this background? <laughs> why? Why did I do this? Why did I do this myself? And then he watches us, and then he goes, I'm so sorry. You know? Like, I, was, I never would have asked. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, it's not your fault, man. I'm not mad at you. You know? Right. It's just, I'm glad with the way it came out, but Christ Almighty, why did I ever agree to do that? Like... <laughs> It's a fucking nightmare. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I really, I'm, this is me thinking out loud. Like, with the, like, if they wait, because the thing, I'm working on this secret project I can't talk about. And, and I'm like, this could push power prints out to like the end of the year. You know? And I'm like, yeah. No one seems to care, but I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm tired of looking over my, I feel like Han Solo sometimes, like looking over my shoulder, like I look behind my shoulder and there's that fucking power princess sitting there. So I did have this problem too, where this is stupid. This is, this is stupid. Just don't think like I fret too much about this folks, but I didn't draw for about, I don't draw for two weeks out of the year. It's the... Christmas through New Year's and then the week after. Right? So I call it Christmas week. It's like a two-week period. I don't draw. Mm-hmm. Maybe I sketch on my own, but I don't do any artwork unless it's for work, like if they need me to do something. Um, right. Because I'm a team player. But what always happens is when I go back to the table to do, you know, like say work on Darksiders or something, I have this moment where I'm like, I don't know how to draw. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to draw. You know, I don't know how I was putting this together. What's the point of life? 
you know, I'm horrible. Like all the imposter syndrome stuff comes out. Right. You know, and it never, it never changes. I think the only people who don't have imposter syndrome are those, we're not going to name artists, but you know who I'm talking about. The people who should have it don't. (laughs) You can think of a few that are getting by on, you know. Right. If you're you're listening to this, just, you already thought of one as we said it. Yeah. You don't, I don't need to, I'm not going to perpetuate shade on artists. You know what I mean? We got, we got to stick together. But there's some people out there that, even I'm like, you should probably be a little skeptical of your skills. <laughs> just, just for karma, you know, just for good karma. So, um, All right. How I'm going to get through it, though, this is a little tip. Um, what I do, folks, is I record all my videos and put them on this YouTube channel. <laughs> and then what, what I do is when I think I don't know how to draw anymore, I just go back to the, the times I did feel I knew how to draw, and I watch those videos, and I see what I did, and after about 30, 40 minutes, I, it snaps back. You know? I don't know how to describe it. I haven't looked yet. I haven't looked yet for the Dark Stars, but I know when I do, I'm going to want to start drawing, and it will snap back together. It always does. That's, one, that's really the only reason I have ever made this YouTube channel, was to remind myself how to draw, because I forget all the time. Forget all the time, man. You know? It sounds weird, but um, I think it's because this is something I want to do, not something I had an innate ability to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't just plop out. I wasn't like, oh, you're the greatest artist in school. Like, no. You know? <laughs> No, no, I didn't start getting recognition from my art from anybody in school till maybe the seventh grade, kind of the end of the sixth grade. Seventh grade, I got some props, and then, and then in high school. But there was always two or three people better than me. I was that guy. They were always like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I had a. This is funny. I'll, I'll I'll end on this story. So when I was in high school, there was this girl. Um, I'll call her Jen for whatever. And Jen was like, she was the popular artist, right? And she drew all the Disney stuff because Disney was having their second renaissance in the early 90s. So we had like, you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin had just come out. And so she was drawing the genie everywhere, bro. And I was just focusing on like construction, you know, because I'm not, right. I don't know how you draw a genie everywhere. I figured it out she was just looking at pictures of the genie and redrawing it, which was the thing I, I wouldn't do because I would go to Comic-Con and watch guys get the shit kicked out of them in portfolio reviews. <laughs> like, right. like the verbal piss taken out of I watched Neil Adams rip into dudes. Do you know who Neil Adams is, Brandon? Mm-hmm. Legendary, Legendary artist. Batman artist. Batman, Green Damn, Arrow artist. Other things. Yeah. I, 1992 or 3, 92 con, I'm standing there, Neil Adams. Look at this guy's portfolio. And he goes, you stole this from this issue, Spider-Man issue, this, Batman issue, 70 He was naming issues and panels. <laughs> right? And I'm looking, and he stops and looks right at me. He goes, don't you ever fucking do this. <laughs> 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 and it stuck with me. You know, like, I was like, I don't ever want Neil Adams to fucking rip me in front of everybody, you know? 
to the point where right. years later, I want to say 2004, no, 2007, six or seven, six, I was at this convention in Artist Alley with Joe, my buddy Joe, and we got put next to Joel Adams, which is Neil Adams' son, who draws. He's a really good artist. And I'm sitting there, and I told Joel that story, and he would not stop laughing. <laughs> he was like, he was like, he's like, that's my fucking childhood, man. You know, every fucking day. And I'm like, that's what it would be like to live with me now. Like, that's that's the guy. I, I became that guy who memorized every panel. So I could tell you took it from this, and you did that, and you took it from that panel, and you did this. So I don't mind learning from things, but I learned that in high school, even in high school, like, people were redrawing things but not telling people, right? So this girl, the whole point of the Jen story was I was in this art class, and um, her mom came that day for whatever reason. And her mom sits there. I was by the teacher's desk. There was like this mm-hmm. teacher's desk, and it was on a podium. It was like, a, I don't know, podium, but like it was like on a step or two above us. Does that make sense? Like a platform? Yeah. And it was like a corner unit. And Jen's stuff was there my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year. Sorry. This is, so this is later on, 96. And her mom goes, just looks right at me. She goes, my daughter's better than you. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, legitimately, folks, I didn't know it. It's one of the few times in my life I didn't have something to say. Because, you know, like, I may have already believed that. You know, there may be a part of all, oh, they're definitely better at certain things, you know, but I never really thought about anyone in there is competing let alone i never had a parent tell me my kid's better than you (laughs) you know like that was a first like huh huh okay well um i never forget (laughs) (laughs) so i felt the other day to look her up on the internet and see what she's done with her art career (laughs) let's just say i won I know it's petty. It's petty. It's petty. <laughs> it's I, I understand it's petty, but um, I won, folks, <laughs> by a long stretch. You know, so hard work always pays out, folks. You know, it always pays out, and um. At this point, I'm just trying to figure out, like, am I putting too much fucking effort in sometimes, you know? Because you can put too much effort in. Right. You ever do that, Brandon? You ever put too much effort into a meal or something? And it, yeah. you're like, if I had stopped and like an hour ago, this would oh, be yeah. better. I've done it to art, too. When's the last time you did it? I can't say, because then what if they're listening and I ruined their commission? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're not listening. <laughs> there now. Uh, I can't remember, but I'm sure one of one of the things I've done where I've just kept going and you know too much too much shading or too much trying too hard, and I was just like, why did I why did I keep doing that? I should have just stopped. <laughs> yeah, I felt that way. You know, well, 
that's unfair. There was a piece I did for IDW where I wanted to do something simple and they didn't want it. They wanted something complex. And so I went so far, I went overboard. It's a little different. Um, <laughs> but um, there were times I was really hitting that with the saucy painting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't paint for like a year or two um, because of it. Because I was like, I'm doing too much to this. There's a simpler way to do this. And what I need to do is not do this for a while so I can see. So um, that's something else. I haven't done a saucy painting in over a year. It's been a while. Well, I did a hybrid. I did a Venom sketch like a month or two ago. But, yeah, I haven't done any paintings in a while. So that's something I like to do, too. But I just, just don't have the time, man. Like, I won't lie, folks. Like, I'm working 70 hours a week. I don't have the time, you know. I'm putting in 40 to 50 hours in freelance, a specific project, one project, and then doing this stuff, another 20 to 30. And it's I just don't have the time. So um, the only way to have... You can't get more time, so what you got to do is simplify the fuck out of shit. So that's where we're at now. Um, that being said, I'm very happy with the knuckles piece, uh, the final result. I just need an easier, simpler way to do the color pencil, So, which I will arrive at. Is there any other questions you have about color pencil or anything, Brandon? Any other questions? We killed an hour, so. I that, should, that should mega show this shit right up. <laughs> I can't think of any colored pencil questions I haven't asked in those said videos that are in the real-time playlist. So, you have any a lot art of the, questions in general? How bad do your hands hurt after working with colored pencils for like six, seven hours at a time? Well, you know, when I'm doing the the majority of the color pencil, because I hold the pencil closer to the back with the light. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, folks. When you have a pencil, if you hold the pencil up closer to the tip, you're going to get more pressure without having to apply pressure. So you'll get a stronger line. If you hold it out further back, you're going to get a softer line. So when I'm coloring, I kind of hold it closer to the back, a little bit to the back of center, and I'm Uh getting most of my stuff there. So I'm not applying, for the majority of the art, I'm applying very little pressure. The only time pressure comes into it is around the the crack the cracks and like the where I want to push and create like a saturated piece of color like around the you know the like if I go to really quickly to the tails piece here um, <clears throat> like you can see on let me jump to the actual tails art so like this area here the shading around the black where it's kind of like saturated that's me burnishing just in those areas. So at that point, I got to apply pressure. That can wear pretty thin. I think comfortably, without feeling anything, I can go about four or five hours. Around the six-hour mark, I'm going to feel something. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Like six hours. Right. You know? Um, when I was 19, it would be about 25 minutes before my knuckles wanted to bleed. So... This was something that caught up to me around 2008, about 10 years ago, um, with pressing too hard when I draw, and I got my knuckles swole on my hand. Yeah, they swole, and I I couldn't move my wrist 
without pain. So what I had to do was I bought this Cintiq, this big monitor you see here, right? And I was able to then with this digital pen control the amount of pressure. I could set the pressure. If I press very lightly, I'd get a ton of pressure. If I, you know, so because I was, I did that and I started to create more digital art that way. Um, first, I started with drawing just outlines of sketches, scanning them in, and then drawing over to create the thick and thin, you know, digitally. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I was able to turn that into full digital art. And what that did was it, it taught me after – I didn't draw anything traditionally for almost two years, just digital. I just completely went digital after about a month. Um, and then what it did is it retrained me to not press hard. And so now when I draw, I, you see me all draw with, like, red pencil and then use, like, inks, you know. And it's a rougher mm-hmm. line. If I want a cleaner line, I just do it digitally. I do not do clean rendered lines anymore with traditional pencil, ever, because of that carpal tunnel. I mean, when you look at Capullo's line arts, man, it's super rough. You know, he's not out there right. fucking drawing every little tick mark perfectly. He's blocking in textures and, you know, filling in grit and putting in shade and then doing a little bit of noodling. But he's not, it's not like the the ticks and the hash marks that come from the final inks by McFarlane or Brian Hay- or um, Danny Meeky or, or uh, John Glap, is it Glapian? Sounds about right. Galpian, Glapian. It's not like those lines are, he's not, they're not just inking over perfectly, you know. They're, they're completing a drawing that he started and they're finishing it. And so that's how I've come to think about my art, is that I set something up at a certain point and then I finish it somewhere else, but never with pressure. And look, that pressure sometimes is you, how do I say this? Sometimes if you're pressing too hard, it's because you're not confident in what you're doing. So you're stressing, and when you stress, you're kind of gripping. You ever grip the pencil too hard? Like you're gripping? Oh, yeah. You're really gripping, and then you're kind of like pressing, and you're kind of all this, and you're trying to, oh, I can't, I don't want to, uh, you know, you got to, you really have to learn to let that that go. And so I was just in a position that if I didn't do that, I wasn't going to be able to draw ever again. And I'm safe to say now, I don't have one problem with carpal tunnel. Zero problems with carpal tunnel. Um but 10 years ago, it was scary. The only thing I got now is, see my arm here, right here? I got to be careful. Mm-hmm. I use a keyboard when I draw. I got to be careful I don't like lean on my arm like this when I'm drawing. Because I did that, and I actually tore something in there for a year. Couldn't do a push-up for one year because I had to rebuild that <laughs> that little thing in there I tore. I was leaning for 12 hours on my arm. But color pencil super easy. Painting, super easy. Uh... Drawing now with the red and the Copic ink, super easy. Digital ink, super easy. The only thing that would kill me is if I had to... I could not imagine, man, printing out roughies and then drawing them in pencil super clean like I did with, say, Mosaic. You guys, look up those pages. Like, that. those rendered pencils took forever. To what end? No one cares. I'm not Alex Ross. I'm not able to render at a point where it's going to impress anybody. So not like that, you know, not like it's worth breaking myself over, you know. That's also, too, like with the rendering, that's why I came up with different styles for, like, contractions, like contracting lines and 
and softening and feathering uh, selections to airbrush super easy. So I'm out there. Man, I don't know, bro. You know what? I don't know. I don't know how artists sit there with painter brushes and Photoshop and mix, manually mix every fucking color together. Right. You know, like me, I don't get that shit at all. So mm-hmm. I've just tried to find easier ways around it. Anything else, Brandon? I got nothing. Hmm. I think we've eaten up enough time. What do we have coming up? What do we have coming up? Well, I'm going to disappear this week. i got to go to San Diego um, for my aunt-in-law is having her 80th birthday. And coincidentally, they're having it in San Diego. So i got to pay money to go back home. This is my home. I don't. I don't miss San Diego. Well, I mean, like, you know. You know. I don't miss it, guys. So, uh, what I did find out, though, is there's going to be an open house at the Art Institute of San Diego on the 26th, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I might go and protest. <laughs> 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 that I might do. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'm Sketchcraft. Fuck your school. Um, but then again, I'm afraid that if I do that, it'll be like, Artists on Spyro, and then that'll cause me trouble. Every time I come up with one of those ideas, it backfires in my face spectacularly, and I lose work. So I think yep. I might. That's that's how you got. That's how you get blacklisted again. I've been blacklisted. Like I to this day, I still I can't work in t-shirts. Yeah, for my clever little protests, and I just don't want to do it. I'm like, I gotta. I'm not Kevin Smith. I am not Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith can protest his own movies and get away with it. I can't do that. So, um, so we got that going on. And then I got to, <clears throat> if I can't work out a responsible way to get Darksiders going, then I got to f- find a way to pay out the people. So that's the next thing, too. I got some hard decisions to make. The one thing I won't do is refund Game Cave because I love it. I'm finishing it. So I'm just a little less impressed with these prints. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I might feel differently later, folks. Don't. Don't stress over that. I gotta edit the fuck out of this video. This shit's gonna take four hours. No, two hours. No, probably closer to four. <laughs> what happens? I get to the two-hour mark and I start drinking wine and I slow down. So there's that. Oh, and then Brandon, any uh, any chance you're gonna sit through Glass? Uh, I want to go see it. I just don't know what how the time I'll have. But I mean, I want to see it. I mean, I've been hyped about it, regardless of good or bad reviews that are out there that I have stayed away from reading. Um, yeah, so things. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it, though. I want to see it. I'm not against a superhero movie where they're stuck in Arkham Asylum for the majority of the film. I'm not against that idea. I'm just afraid, you know, from what I hear at the end, he just flips everything around, and I don't know, man. I don't know if I have... You shut your mouth. Quit spoiling it for me. Did I spoil that Shyamalan throws tricks at the end of his movies? Is no, that a big spoiler? No, Did you ever sit no. through the village? No, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be su- I mean, no, not a spoiler, but I wouldn't be surprised if the fucking thing is just in that girl's head and it's a comic book or some bullshit and it's whatever. Or it's just Shyamalan playing with action figures? No, God, <laughs> shut up. Shut <laughs> he's up. just sitting if there and he's like, it, hey, everybody, if, you know, like, you know. If, if, that, if that was it, I would punch him in the face. Like he's like it cuts to like little Shyamalan as a kid he's just playing the whole yeah. thing has just been his action figures. Uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. I I'm a fr- I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> you said it. It's out there now. It's a possibility. 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> oh, and then also one last thing. I was thinking about this the other day. So I'm trying to guess the name for... I'm, I've never been able to accurately guess a Star Wars title. Okay? So I'm not... Out of all the predictions I make where I'm pretty good at, this, mm-hmm. along with lottery and elections, I can't figure out. So, like I have, I am, I am zero and 162, you know, uh, on this. So I'm going to, I'm going for zero and 163 here, but I'm going to think about it right now. I thought about it. My guess for the title for episode nine, Star Wars episode nine is, you ready for it? Drum roll. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Griswold. A new order. That's what I'm That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Why do I say a new order? I think Why, everyone Rob? expects him to parody Return of the Jedi, right? But I believe he already <laughs> did that with The Force Awakens in terms of the structure of that film. Um, and the, okay. the last film that came was called The Last Jedi, so he's not going to do The Final Jedi, right? He's not going to do anything <clears throat> that, that, that says The Final or The Last because they already did that. So I think he will parody, not parody, but but riff off the original Star Wars film, A New Hope, which that title was never really in the marketing for that film. Mm-hmm. It was always just Star Wars. So if I had to think of something that plays into the themes of Ray creating another Jedi Order or a new thing, it would be a new order, right? And it would also, you know, if they defeat the first order, then there's going to be a new order, and it's a Jedi. You see Hence, a new order. All right. So if I had to put money down, that's where I'm putting it down. You have any suggestions, Brandon? Star Wars. Jar Jar Returns. Uh, Tater Strikes Back. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm not. I just, uh, after that last one, I'm just hoping for a good movie. I didn't like the last one. Well, you want a little info? Yes. Too bad. I know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really really do and i'm like i can't say nothing you know hmm what can i no that'll get people in trouble no no um, you just just don't even I, don't does it matter that i can prove that i know i think i think just knowing is good that you know that you know it's like when you know someone's lying it's just good enough that you know that they're lying mm-hmm. and you know the truth well i mean i've always known the Marvel stuff because I worked on those shirts, you know, so I know a year out <clears throat> this time I'm not working on any of that stuff. So I don't know, but I do know episode nine stuff. I know villains. I know settings. I know what characters look like. I know the only thing I don't know is the title because they haven't put it on anything or released that to any license or anything. So I imagine that won't hit until they actually show a trailer, you know, but that's what put me in that. I wonder what the name will be. Um, but I do know a lot, and uh, I like what I've seen so far, Brandon. And I was not a fan. Of, I saw the Last Jedi, and that's it. I might like, find, you know, not the worst, not the best. Love me some Rogue One. You know, I've seen all I need to see. Um, but I like what I've seen so far. Can I say that? I can say that. And you don't have mm-hmm. to believe me because I don't give a flying fuck. If you really want info, let me tell you, based on what I've learned and have seen, the people who have the most accurate info on the internet is making Star Wars done it. Which, if you follow Star Wars, you know anything, you should you already know that. But Jason Ward, over at the Making Star Wars Net, is the only person that has any fucking real clue as to what's going on. 
So that's been my favorite thing this past year, Brandon, having worked on some secret projects, listening <clears throat> to the chatter on podcasts when people say they have inside info and having worked on some of those things, knowing who's right and who's wrong. You know, so that's been a fun little game I've played. So, but I do like what I've seen. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a trailer before. I don't know. I figure we won't get shit until fucking Endgame comes out. Sadly. Um, all right, Brandon. Um, that's it. That's all we got. I gotta go edit the video. You say goodbye till the next mega show. Talk to you later. So goodbye. Bye bye.
What's up, Brandon? Do you know where we are right now? We are in everyone's eardrums, right? Oh, well, <laughs> oh, he always nightmare fuel. You always know how to ah. put that right in my head before I sleep. You know that? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know I can't. God damn it! You know I'm trying to. I can't you even see that milky coffee up. here. You know, oh no! Up. I did it again. You know. Uh, all right. Let's, <laughs> we got to start this off. Hey, oh. Brandon. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hey, Brandon, guess where we are right now? We are at the end of the universe. Oh, very close. We're at the back of the show. Check oh. it out. Check out back. This is the, hey, everybody, this is the back of the show. Show. You like that, Brandon? The back of the show? I, I, I like it. And if you've made it this far, gold star to you. Thank you. Tip of the hat. I made it this far. I made it through... Editing five hours of fucking podcast. To be fair, I didn't really edit much out. <laughs> Just a couple of things that might look bad. Uh, should we ever direct a Guardians of the Galaxy movie someday? You know? <laughs> should we ever run on the liberal ticket and Cernovich and the, and the comic skaters want to take us out? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, they're going to have to work for it, Brandon. This shit's buried here in the back of the show. You hear that? Oh, you, Brandon can hear Ooh. that. Those are people on Facebook sending me... Where's your art? <laughs> when, <laughs> when are you going to draw stuff? So, I actually made an announcement last night. Hmm. They are anxious people. I put out, I updated the power prints, Brandon. Oh, nice. And I said, power prints are done. I give up. So, you get refunds for those who haven't uh, received their, their stuff. I, I, just, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I've been, I've been weighing this, you know, for a while right. now, and I really intended to get everything wrapped up this year, but 2018 was a very productive year offline. <laughs> right. Nothing you can, nothing you can broadcast, but it was, I've never seen, I'll say it this way. I've never seen you be pushed so much artistically without being able to show it. Yeah. No one's seen it. Right. <laughs> amazing i feel like a loser you know like mm-hmm. like like yeah well uh, <laughs> you <laughs> you're <laughs> you're always way too eager to just agree with that <laughs> i mean i also feel that, uh, different per, different per, different spectrum of that you know mm-hmm. you for other reasons me for not pumping out as much art or any i sense things are rougher here in the back of the show <laughs> Like, like, I feel in the back of the show, we're a little less kinder to Rob. You know? Yeah. Can, I, can I start talking about myself in the third person in the back of the you show? Can. Okay. You can. All right. Well, you know. So, I just, no. So, interesting thing, folks. Um, working on things that, look, when I say I'm working on things I can't share, I just mean literally I can't share them. I'm not saying they're cool. 
<laughs> I'm not saying I'm working on life-changing games that you are going to be very impressed with when I do finally announce what I'm working on. I'm just right. saying that they're paying me to not talk about it. Like, I'm amazed mm -hmm. at how many people, and by many, I mean three. So out of 160 people, I'm amazed <laughs> at three <laughs> constantly ask me, like, like uh, Armando, he's he's great. He chimed in on the because I made a video announcing the whole mm -hmm. refund thing on the power prints and quitting. And he goes, "Man, are you working on Ultimate Alliance 3? <laughs> and what part of NDA do you not understand? Like, right? Like, let's just say I was right. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I I what am I supposed to be? Oh, you guessed. What can I say? You know, like I can't. Right. I couldn't say whatever I'm working. I could be working on Elf Bowling. 3000 and you know what I mean? F bowling VR and I just can't talk about it. I mean, I wish you were. I mean, I would <laughs> like an inside track to that game. Uh, don't you miss elf bowling? Remember that? You used to get in the uh -huh. email. You'd be like, they sent me a free game. This sucks. So, <laughs> man, they really stopped those flash games. You get in the emails now. Yeah. Now you just get links to Viagra. You know, the early 2000s yeah. were more fun for spam. Um, where am I? <laughs> Back of the show derails quickly, Brandon. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no topics to keep us. Why even bother doing a back of the show, Brandon? Like, what, what was my reasoning for this? We want to give the people more of what they don't want. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains everything yes. I've drawn in the last yes. four years. You know, you know, okay, Brandon, these are just spur-of-the-moment topics. I thought maybe what, what I would do initially with the back of the show is we would talk about some of the things we talked about during the cast that have since updated. Because I was uh -huh. actually supposed to post this thing right before Christmas, on Christmas Eve. But yep. here we are, beginning of February. <laughs> <laughs> mega shows, mega late. Um, and I'm like, okay, so since then we've talked about what happened. They announced the start date for the new Batman movie, which, as I predicted, was at least two years out. So I think it's mm -hmm. June 25th, 2021. So... Right on the money there. They haven't announced the Batman yet, but I guarantee to you he's already been cast. You know? Oh, yeah. So they, they don't announce the start date. Now they got their director and script without already locking in the actor. We just don't know who it is. Um, I thought we'd talk about all that. But what I'm more interested in talking about is me. So okay. I, I got the, All right. So let's talk about me. So now that I got some free time here, and by free time, I mean just two hours in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. I want to figure out what I should be drawing. Like, like one of the reasons why I quit the power prints was because it was like eight prints, but each print was going to be like 20 to 100 hours, you know, to finish, yeah. which, which means I'm spending weeks drawing uh, armor on, like, Darksiders or, you know, 600 X-Men figures, which I, I, I'm, gonna lo I'm losing track of... <laughs> <laughs> why I even care about art, you know? When you're doing that for no money, you know, you're just like, I don't know what the point is. So I've been thinking about, I want to do three things. Scribblies, which are digital commish, color pencils, which I'm calling the Suave, and then the Saucies. But I've been thinking with the Scribblies, I need to get back in gear for that. And, like, should I just do, like, 90 stuff, maybe? Like, some Wildcats? I mean, no one will care. One right. Them. You know what I mean? Like, no one, I don't, like... Like if, if if I said Brandon, what should I draw right now? Like what would you want to see me draw? Darkwing Duck. Yeah, fuck you, Brandon. <laughs> no, I would like to see '90s stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Because this is, 
in the back of the show, we, we, we get very egotistical around here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you sense the ego in the air? Hmm. I was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just casually floating in, in your ear tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't sing nothing that'll get me kicked off. You. I didn't. I didn't. I changed up the words. Oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, ever since I stopped uh, streaming all the time because I'm working, they cut uh-huh. my average revenue down from twenty dollars a month to five dollars a month. So that means you're getting now. You can't even afford your coffee. Oh, I can because I quit Starbucks ever since that asshole decided he's going to run for president. So, <sighs> mm. you like how I got standards? <laughs> yes. What little they are, you know. I'm right. Trying, right. <laughs> it's the least I could do is not buy six dollar coffee. But back back to me. So. With the '90s stuff, you think I should just stick with the image thing? I mean, I per I like the the young blood stuff you posted a while back. That loose—I won't say loose, but that more clean, scribbly. Scribbly, yes, the scribbly look. I like that a lot. Like, you know, so I I would totally I be cool with that in my sketchbook. Uh, you know, what I did today. I sketched some wildcats. Oh shit! I'm not showing nobody. I'm not showing anybody anything. Some ripclaw, some uh, grifter. A uh, little Spartan, little little mall, little nice, little zealot. You know. Hey, I, I had I had I had the mall toy. I used to. I can't remember my exact age, and I hope I was not like 13 when I say this. But I remember having the mall toy with the spawn toy, and I would fight them in the shower. I'd have them, and they would fight, and I'm like, "Fuck yes, this is the greatest." Out of curiosity, because Playmates made the mall toy. Uh-huh. And McFarlane made the spawn toy, obviously. Could you tell the difference in paint jobs? No, I was too young. Yeah, you're too young. I re- no, no, no. I remember, though, that I really liked the spawns, uh, the V, the white V that they did on it. It looked really cool. Like, I remember I was just like, this is cool. Like, his dark suit. And I I don't remember how much I was into spawn other than I think I was more into the toys than I was the comics at that time. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I like toys, and I like when you draw stuff that looks like toys, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, with the big crossbows and the mm. big ninja stars and stuff like that. I'm You're like, basically yes. describing everything that got me fired from IDW, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And by fired, I mean they just they don't return calls. So right. <laughs> someone at Armando asked me because I was, like, mentioning that. You know, the, one of the reasons I got, you know, the gig that I have now is because – or even got to work on Spyro was because of these sketches that I've done on my own. Nothing of any, like stuff for Game Cave and, and no. my own sketches, but no, no, I mean the stuff for Game Cave and, and sketches that I've done have gotten me this work. It's never been like the big expansive Game Informer covers or the IDW stuff. Like I'm proud of the Game Informer cover. I'm, I'm happy with that. No, the IDW, he was like, Armando was like, oh, I thought uh, the Skylanders covers you did is how you got in touch with Toys for Bob. I'm like, they didn't even care. Like, they don't even, they see that and go, eh. You know, what what these studios tend to do is they want to see what you would add to the equation, you know? And then when you're there, they ask you to draw, you know, like how everyone else draws. (laughs) They take it all away. No. Um, But what they do is they like to see how you can, you can add input, you know, into design. So, so with the scribblies and stuff, like I want to just be able to do things that are that are fun and aren't going to take me a hundred hours, you know, four or five hours. And I did have a long list of '90s stuff to do. I don't know where I put it. I normally type that shit down, <laughs> but this is the one time I wrote it down. I don't know where it is. I was looking for it this morning. Like, I'm better off just sketching versus 
right versus looking for the stupid list so so if i do like if i sketch just 90 stuff right and i make no announcement i just be like i'm drawing a zealot do you think i should jump between 90s comics and 90s game stuff do you care about the street fighters or the capcoms or would you just prefer to see like the comic stuff um if it's if it's street fighter i like street fighter but that's as far as it goes i mean i liked street fighter and mortal Kombat, but see I feel like people will just ask me to do that stuff for commissions. Yeah, that'll go. I mean, and you've done a lot of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, not, not much. I mean, I did some like six years well, ago, I and I hate all of it. <laughs> yeah, you did not like the... No. I liked them. I, I liked, don't like any of them. No. But you did not. No, it was a that. transitional period for me, you know? So yeah. it was me just trying to... It was weird, so... I started out doing this animated Disney kind of like comic style. And then as I worked with Ape, working on Monstroids and working over uh, on the Death Jr. stuff. Well, Death Jr. Was, was, was definitely me, but for some reason, my stuff at Ape, I just, I had it in my head. I would try to mix like Steven Platt with the animated stuff. It didn't work out. Uh-huh. And I just look at all that art like, this is just such a fucking nightmare. Like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. And then I just really wanted to make more Stephen Platt kind of art because I couldn't buy any because I just kept buying the same fucking things on eBay. And then right. for some reason that became like Rob draws like that. I assure you I don't. So, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so then I'm like, uh, huh. So when I did the Street Fighter stuff, I added a little bit of that, but I don't know, man, it was so long ago, dude. Like, I just feel like it looks pretty bad now. Um, but I do think that people will just ask me to do that stuff. So, I don't know. I don't, what, what more, I mean, I can add, I mean, look, when Creon and those guys do it, it looks amazing. I don't know if they're adding anything new. They're just drawing really amazing art, you know? So I always think, like, like I remember when Galloway did some Street Fighter shit back in the day. Like, that was definitely his own thing. And that's what I would want to do. I'd want to now figure out, like, how I would do it, you know? Right. Come up with my own deal. But, at the same time, I'm kind of on a little bit of a nostalgia kick. Like, I haven't talked about this anywhere. I don't even think to you. So, my wife told me when we moved into this place, she wants me to decorate my room. You know? Like, she wants me to, like... She, basically, she wants to know I'm not going to leave. Because... Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have this... Uh, what do you call it? Vagabond-like nature, Brandon. You know me. I could just walk out of somewhere and never come back. You know? Like, like, like I... Uh, you ever you ever get the sense that I might just leave you somewhere and that'll be it? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. I I don't have an attachment to too many things. So she wants me to, and I started thinking, like, what would I put in this fucking room? And so uh, it started with the turtles toys I got right last year. I don't know how to display them. And then the other week I bought those Ducktales toys. Right? And they made me so happy. Right. And I got them all set up oh. in the room. This is the first time I've been happy with toys in a long time. And then I'm like, you know what I really, really do love? The Clerks cartoon. Yes. I love the Clerks cartoon. Like, I just watch it again. I can't stop laughing. The jokes in there basically set the foundation for the entire internet. Like, <laughs> there's so many. There's tons of Golden Girls jokes. I mean, this, Kevin Smith set the tone on the, the geek culture on the internet so early. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. He's the Stan Lee of the internet. Right. Yeah, for real. So I bought every one of those fucking things that I didn't already have, um, including uh, the Kevin Smith figure from from the Jay and Silent Bob stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. He did 
one of himself in that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he signed it too, and I got that one because I never got a chance to have him sign my figures, so I got that one. But some of them I, I, I bought over the years, but I bought all the remainders. And so what I want to do is I'm going to put those, you know those grid walls, to like those meshes you can get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. Put them up on the wall, and I'm going to little... This is, this, I'm going to get little uh, toy hooks and then put them and display them like toy racks, like you would in the store. Because right. I thought about getting a displayer's case, the glass case, and I, I never want to move those. I'll break it. And right. then I'd have to take the toys out the box, but I like the boxes. Yeah. You know, like the Spawn. You ever seen those Ashley Wood figures from Spawn? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the packaging's amazing, right? Yeah. And the minute you take them out, they fall over because they're so proportionally weird <laughs> right you just rather leave them in the packaging so i'm going to get those mesh walls put them up in here put the toys up there and then i'll also be able to you know flip things around if i get a new shirt i can hang it up or if i get the you know a new toy i can they're customizable so i'm going to get that up in here and then later this year after a few more paychecks my my wife says i have to put away a roth ira first apparently i have to prepare for retirement but whatever um but after that, I'm going to build a little mini, it's not a game room per se, but when I was in San Diego, I went to my friend's house and he had one of those arcade one-up cabinets. You seen those? Mm-hmm. So like little mini arcades, they got Street Fighter, right. yeah, Street Fighter one. And I was playing that and it kicked his ass and he had, all had <laughs> he didn't even stand a chance, but um, he had already like the, the controls on there. I couldn't even jump diagonally, you know? Um, yeah. because they're kind of poorly made and they're 400 bucks. So I was like, you know, fuck that. I'd rather just buy an X arcade stick, which they have this thing called the tank stick that has a trackball put in the center and it's made from super arcade parts. So you can slam these motherfucking things and they're not going to break. And with the trackball, that means I can play Rampart. And so I got all my games put into a little NES case. I'm going to mm-hmm. plug that in. I'm going to get a nice 43 inch HDR TV back there and plug it in. And we we'll have a little game room. So when you come in town, man, we can play Rampart. And fucking, cool. Yeah, we could play two-player Metal Slug. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. I'll have the, the whole thing set up, dude. We'll be able to chill and relax. And, and so I'm going to set a little thing up in that bunker right where my giant printmaking station used to be. Like, I'm going to move that. <laughs> I'm going to cut that down in half since I don't do very many prints anymore. Um, I'm just going to be shipping books. so I can. I'm, and I'm chucking the remainder of my prints. So if you want any prints, Brandon, you let me know. But I don't have any of the good ones. All the good ones melted. So if you want, if you want any of the stuff from Big Dog Inc. or those roughies and that one I did of the T-shirt, you can get that. <laughs> Brandon, I don't think people believe me that those prints melted. Right. You know, I don't like some people were like, really? And I was like, I, sh- I assure you they melted all stuck together. They did. How did I sound when I called you to tell you about that? Uh. You sounded like you lost a child, and no way, that's too harsh. You sounded like you you lost your car, and it was your fault. Yeah, like, defeated. You you were just so bummed, yet you knew it was your fault that you were just like, I, I lost the game. You lost the game. That's what it was. You lost the big game. You lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I really should have just put it in the back seat, not in the trunk. But I don't know what I was thinking, dude. You, you, we, we put them in that trunk together, and it was heavy, and that con was a fucking pain in the ass. And we just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, you know, and, and I think more to the point, like, some people were asking me, like, could you just ship the prints that you've already done? And I'm like, no, because I don't have them. So what I would have to do 
is figure out how many I would actually need for all you backers, which is a crazy algorithm that my wife has to do because I'm not even smart enough to do it. It's That's true. It's a crazy. She has to tally all of them up, generate quantities, add extra amounts to that to account for damage. Then I have to go and, and make, place that order, hope they get it right the first friggin' time, um, and then pay for the additional shipping and all that. That's $1,000 or so. And then organize them all over here and then reship them. And then figure out the difference, right? Like the difference for what you guys didn't get. I can't. It's too much. You know? It's too much. So when I started Power Prints, I was... I could drive down to the print the printer I was using. But now that I'm in another state, I can't use that printer. So right. people like the same paper stocks, Brandon. I was telling this to oh, my yeah. wife. I'm like, I tried this. One guy asked me, do you have any more of the Saucy Avengers? And I'm like, well, I had some. So I printed them up using my new printer, which they do some really nice prints, but they're different paper stocks. Sent them out to this guy, and he was like, these are on different paper. I'm like, well, that's what I got. And he's like, well, I need them on the same paper. So I just refunded him his money. I'm like, well, I don't got it. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I just told myself, I don't have that energy, man. You know, I'd rather sit over here figuring out if I should draw a mall or <laughs> Hellspont. Remember Hellspont? Yes. Yeah, how do I know all this stupid stuff? <laughs> all that shit no one cares about, but I do. Um, you have any thoughts about the drawing or anything? you have anything to add to this, Brandon? Other than yes, or I, <laughs> yes, no, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's my usual go-to. Um, no, I like the scribbly style a lot. I look forward to just like seeing different characters in that style. Um, I think you you give people way more art than most artists do, and it's become like a thing where it's like yeah rob we need you to draw this 90 character piece and you're just like man i i wish i could you know sometimes i'd imagine you'd probably want to be the guy who can do like a headshot and a full body kind of thing you know instead of like the 90 characters coming out of everywhere with the hidden details and the plushies and the everything you know it's a lot and yeah i need to change that narrative you know, like, I'm totally willing to do it for work if there's real money on the table. But for my own stuff, I just, I can't. You right. know, like, the way I think now, so I got, I'm in the middle of, um, I call this crunch month. I'm working on Mega Visions issue 8. So, it's crunch month, which means I'm making a video game magazine on top of everything else. And so when I'm doing this, I can't work on Game Cave. Because I can't make two game magazines at the same time, or... It's ridiculous. So I need to use that time to do, like, you know, two to six hours a week to work on, you know, more just fun art, like random things. And commissions are the best way to go. But I don't want to just jump into the commission pool right away. So I want to do some scribblies first and then, hmm, I need to do a color pen. I need to put together some reference shots. Like, so here's a headshot. Here's a torso. Yeah, I need to do that. So, what do you think? What, what, what do you, you think? You think headshot? You think torso headshot? What do you think? Like, what yeah, do you, what do you mean, normally prefer to buy? Like, do people really buy headshots, Brandon? They. What I like is if I pay for a headshot, I want there to be neck, shoulders, and maybe just a little chest. So it's not quite a bust, 
because it doesn't have to have like full arms or an, you know part of the armor thing. It's just if I if I want a Batman, right? I want the head, the pointy ears, and the start of the cape. You know, like the cow, the cape coming down. And you don't have to put the bat emblem on there if you don't want to, but some guys do, and then leave the negative space. But it just, you know, it adds a little 3D to it without, you don't have to go all out. Um, you know, recently I seen John Boy, uh, he's got a Kickstarter going, and he put out an example of one of the sketches, and it was just the flash. It was the head, uh, part of his, his shoulder trap area, and just the logo on his chest. And that was it. And I thought it was dope. You know, if I, if I received that, I'd be happy. You know? Yeah, that was very similar to what I did with the Kickstarter back, right? <clears throat> right. The head chest with a little bit of the chest. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hmm. Well, we'll see. You know, that's the thing. The minute I start doing things, people go, oh, now you got time to do that, but I thought you didn't have time to do the power prints. It's like, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> uh, but, you know. And now... Uh, I got to make plans for the art book towards the end of the year. So after I get done with the, um, what do you call that? With the Mega Visions, I'm going to do some Game Caves. Somewhere around June, I'll start putting together an art book. Um, the first one. The first one, Brandon. And then people could stop asking me if I have an <laughs> art book. Then the, no, then, then they'll start asking you when's the next one coming out. As soon as that one's done. When's the next one? What do you think? I think in two years. You, you need a, an art book every year from an artist. I think two years is. Uh, it depends on who the artist is. If they're doing, if they're doing a lot of work and the art book is the like behind the scenes stuff that I, I like, then yes. But if it's an art book where you're they're just pumping out the covers or pre-packaged I mean, like art, yeah. Then yeah, I mean, probably year and a half to two years is a good amount of time so that it fills up and it's months. not just yeah. I don't want to keep going to the well, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Like I don't want to be like buy my shit again and again. I mean, right? I am preparing to do the comic, so you know. Right. I I will be expecting people to support me on that. Like like read it. <laughs> you better read it. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it's just, it's a weight off my shoulder. I feel bad that I couldn't finish it. I mean, I could, but I won't lie, man. When I did that Spyro piece last summer, something was like, something broke. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do this. Like, right when I'm done with the Spyro, then I have to come back and work on another 35 characters, you know? <laughs> It's madness. Once I get the scribbly style worked out, I really feel like when I did those X-Men roughies for the power prints, that if I had just taken it one extra step into scribbly zone, like those are roughies, but if I took it one extra step into scribblies, it would have been done. You know, like I probably could have achieved the exact same thing in, you know, fully colored, drawn and colored in 30 hours as opposed to a hundred something hours with flats and so I don't know, man. Plus, you know, when, when Gallup and those guys, like, a lot of them do their, their big pieces that have multiple characters, they're drawing each character individually and then resizing them. You've seen that, right? Like, like, yeah. like they'll draw, like, six different characters, and then they'll comp all of them together and, like, change their sizes and stuff like that. Right. You know, they're not, like, drawing them, like, here's all this shit on one piece. 
and, you know, go and drive them nuts. Huh. Do you have a request? You probably just want me to draw Spider-Clan, huh? Sp- yeah. yeah. Spider-Clan, Spider-Man. I don't even know why I ask. It's always more uh, than that, you. That's, that's a go-to. Um, yeah, I just... 90s and Marvel goes hand in hand for me, you know. 90s and 2000s. Their clan is like 2000s, right? Right. No, I'm saying I'm saying 90s and into the 2000s was like my jam. Like it wasn't until about you know when I got out of high school that you know in 2003 that it was just kind of eh, you know. And Were that's you when in high school when the Ultimates came out. Yes. <laughs> I was in college, so. Did you were you excited about that? Did you run to the store? I liked it. I bought, you know, I bought all the issues, and then later I I traded them in for the the hardcovers. When did you uh, quit the Ultimate? Like I, you were buying them all, right? Like the whole oh universe, yeah, I, right? I bought Ultimates two, and then it just started getting kind of crazy after that. And then you know, I bought the Joe Mad stuff just to buy the, to see the Joe Mad's art of it, but it was just. A lot of it just got crazy, and I, I picked up a couple trades later on where it was like Ultimates Four and like the Punisher versus Ghost Rider, just because uh, Lionel U, Lionel, Lionel U Francis, Francis Lionel, Lionel Francis U, Lionel Francis U, Lionel Francis U. There we go. Yeah, I, you know, I love all his stuff. You know, I loved all his X Men things and Wolver- his run of Wolverine when it was uh, the Prime Sentinel Bishop and everything. And so I bought the Ultimates. I don't know if I can see it from here, but the Ultimates 4, I think it was, where it was like Punisher was fighting uh, kind of like a Luke Cage, but he was like a pimp and like Ghost Rider. There was two Ghost Riders, and the story wasn't great, but I just bought it because of the art, you know, and that's what happens a lot with these trades. You know, I go back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I I used to buy these just these single issues for the art. You know, it was never never the story, and that's why now that I'm an adult – I just buy either trades for cheap or I buy artists' art books because I want to see the sketches, the loose stuff. But the writing in the original Ultimates was pretty good. It was Mark Millar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mark Millar did it, yeah. I thought it was good. He pushed the limits of a lot of stuff that, you know, like him. Hulk wanting to murder and and rape Freddie Prince Jr. Like, I thought it was (laughs) that. Like, I was, guys, I'm was, not joking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, was, he, he was on a date with Betty Page, and he hmm. lost his shit, yeah. Yeah, there was that. I gave up around Ultimate War. Like, uh, Bachala was drawing it, and I was like, oh, Bachala's going to draw the Ultimates. I can't wait. But I couldn't fucking tell what was going on. You know, like, I was really struggling with that one. And there wasn't much to read, too. Like, it was like 16, 18 pages of art, you know? And so... Yeah. Uh, and they were doing these glossy stock covers to make up the diff. I'm like, I don't care. Came back to Ultimates 3 because of Joe Mad, but the original printing was so dark you couldn't see any of it. Right. I don't know what that was. Um, they fixed it with the reprinting when it went to trade. Yeah. It was printed properly. But that first, the, the floppies, as they call them now, uh Man, it's impossible to see the art. I was like, what do they do? You know, I don't know. Whoever printed that, that was horrific. Um, Yeah. It just, like I was saying, you know, you buy it, and a lot of it, I I like the stories Ultimate 1 and 2, and I bought Ultimatum because I like David Finch's art on that, and same when he did, like, Batman. I bought, I think, a trade of that or something, but it's never... When I go back, some of these stories, I'm just like, I, I, I just like the characters. And that, that's why I like the 90s thing. It's like, 
or the 2000s, like the Spider Clan. It's like was this, the story was cool. The Daredevil outfit was dope, but it wasn't like groundbreaking story. It was just like, man, Spider Man as a ninja is fucking dope, and I like Scotty Young's art back then. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it holds it holds special to me. Hmm. I mean, it's just like you know, Dark Knight One versus Dark Knight Two. It's like I I really like that first one, and it holds a special place for me. Like so, when you drew Batman like your dark knight all big and the guns and the pouches and shit like the first one i was like fuck yeah but if you try if you drew him like the skinny weird dark knight returns version two i'd just be like no this don't work well batman's tricky sometimes he's a complete wraith like a shadow that moves mm-hmm. you know sometimes he's like a soldier it just depends on the mood i thought what was funny was remember the tim burton batman film from 1989 yeah. So he's clearly a guy walking around in a costume. But there's this one sequence in the beginning where it's Batman looking down at this family getting mugged. And it's he's completely animated. 2D animation. He, he's It's looking down at him and he turns around and the cape moves and it's completely animated in 2D. <laughs> and I just think people forget, like, Batman was in a movie and he was animated. <laughs> like, this one shot. Um, but there was no way for them to get that movement in real life. Now you could do it with CG or whatever else, but it was the 80s. Yeah. You know, it's the best they could do. So, yeah. Yeah, I got to get this scribbly thing going. I got to basically change people's expectations for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to stop expecting this crazy line ink work stuff because... Because you don't have 70 hours a piece to do that. Beyond that, once it gets colored, you, I just don't think most people can tell anymore. You know, like, I just don't really feel like people can tell that, oh, you know, some people can. There's the people who like the inks, you know, and they go, oh, I, I like the blacks. Um, but who cares? Like, like because <laughs> it's driving me nuts, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll work it out. You know, it's just I haven't gotten too into this, folks. But but the, the, every at the end of the year, I take two weeks off. You know, and there's always this chance I may never come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You've you've warned me before. You're like, hey man, the you know I might just walk away. <laughs> and it's not that I don't enjoy drawing and everything else. It's just you know like. Um, how, how do I say this? I I've yet to find that thing that like like I think like I think you know I enjoy drawing and sketching the game cave stuff, you uh-huh. know, and figuring out how to tell these stories the way I want to, and so we'll give that a shot. But I mean, <clears throat> I never want to feel like oh I have to keep doing this because that's my identity, like. My identity is really between my wife and, I guess, the dog and sometimes you (laughs) and the cat knows I feed him. But there is this, how do I say this? Like, I'm I'm never going to fucking be that guy that works at Marvel and DC, so I don't have that. You know, it's not like this body of work that's going to transcend and be all important. Like, it's just not. I'm just a kitschy little artist that will come and go, you know. And in the meantime, here we are talking about it. So I get, I get introspective at the end of the year, 
And then right around this time, the deadline starts booming, and I got to, like, get moving. But I'm totally motivated about drawing the comic stuff. It's just what's frustrating, Brandon, is it's the thing that I know will get the least amount of credit. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to care. Some right. people say, I wish you could draw comics, but what they really want you to do is they want you to draw their favorite comics. You know, like, I wish you would draw Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm like, man, let Joey Vasquez draw Spider-Man. He enjoys that shit. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't look at Sean Gordon Murphy and go, man, wish I was him. I don't, you know, like that never, like, it's just, I don't have that to be a mainstream artist in American comics. You have to be like, who's that guy, man, that does those awesome commissions in black and white with the zip tone and all that stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's a couple that I follow. Nah, man, I'm talking, it's like super anime. <coughs> you know, he's got like, he just did one now or something. Like, I think it was One Punch Man. He's smashing the ground going, boom. Like, Darren Thomas or something like that. Mm. He has some, there's a lot of Star Wars ones, too. Like, he does some amazing ink work. Like, you gotta be like, gonna be like that dude to get the shit going gotta have that graphic style with the blacks and all the heavy ink lines because you get a lot of work done that way (coughs) (laughs) i don't get a lot of work done drawing noodling details but i think with the scribbly color i can fake a lot of it i like his stuff i just can't the problem is i like too many things you know how many likes i have on my twitter like i have seventy-four thousand likes I mean, I give, that's what I give. Like, I yeah. <laughs> I just like everything, so. Yeah. It's, like, especially when they're razzing the comic skaters, guys. I just, I go right through that. <laughs> Who are some artists that you follow on the internet I may not be aware of, Brandon? Whew. Man, that's. Who, ah. You don't that you're not aware of. Well, there's, there's a lot, there's, like, I follow so much different shit, but you don't. You know a lot of the people that I probably know. Like, uh, there's this one guy, or, yeah, uh, Ninja Uki. His name's Yuki Demers, and he's the one of the lead artists for the Spider-Man movie that just came out. Um, I like his stuff a lot, and I was, I've been following him for a while, and then, you know, he worked on the Spider-Man stuff. Um, Sweeney Boo, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I like her stuff. I, I assume it's a girl. I've never seen the person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I like her stuff. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you hang out with her. <laughs> I, I assume, I assume <laughs> it's a female. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like uh, Melmaid Dukes. I like his stuff. Uh, he draws a lot of female stuff. Uh, I bought his art book a while back. Uh yeah, we're friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he so, I mean, in and says, "What's up?" You know, it's Thank just you. a lot of the people that I follow. You already follow, like Eddie Nunez. Obviously, mm-hmm. you follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see Max... Reggie's new Marvel cover that he's doing over IDW with like uh... old Doctor Strange? That was cool. No, I did not. Yeah, he's drawing um... Avengers over at IDW. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's great because it looks like a fucking comic. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of the the people that I follow. You you know, I mean, I don't know Max Greck. He's a three D sure. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so it's like I can't really surprise you. It's like your time, yeah, like I'm let down. Like yeah, you you know you know a lot of the people. It's like 
I'd have to really you put me on the spot. Oh, Otherwise, I ask you questions on the podcast. It's putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the point of doing a podcast if I can't talk to you? Like, <laughs> you just I wasn't expecting you to. Are you just my hype man? Artist. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I just I just go, Rob, go. Go, Rob, go. It's like every now and then when I post a podcast, Wesley likes to try and go, oh, you ever going to let Brandon talk? I'm like, he doesn't have anything to say. Like every time no. I do, he complains that I ask him questions. <laughs> well, you don't you don't give me a heads up. You're just like, hey, what's your time? I don't have with? a heads up. It just pops in my head, and then I answer. You don't have opinions uh, or educated facts? or I do. I just don't remember the names like you do, <laughs> where it's like you go in this database of just the randomness, and you're just like, yep. That's the one from 1982. That's the guy. Have you ever done those trivia things like at the wings places? You know, you go get some. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you ever yeah. like freak out and just like brain fart all the time whenever they ask you questions? No, I usually do pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, and yet just, when yeah. we talk, you can't. <laughs> 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 were you a fan yeah, of Samurai we, Pizza Cats? We also chat. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> Were you a fan but, of it, though? I don't remember enough of it. I remember the white-suited one, and they'd shoot the pizzas, that, or they'd go after the pizza. That's all I remember. And they were ninjas, and they had the cool Ronin outfits. You know, Udon put out a new art book for Samurai oh, Pizza Cats. I mean, I'll go look at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> see? I know. You're just shocked. You don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> right. Well, see, here's the thing. When we... If I go to trivia, it's like nine, you know, eight, seven to nine p.m. normal time, right? But when me and you talk, I've been at work all day. It's twelve thirty a.m. I my brain is in shutdown mode, hmm. and you're just like, "Hey, man, did you see the blah 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 anime news?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't." Mm-hmm. And then I just go, "Go, Rob, go, go, Rob, go." <laughs> yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson. That guy's like a good comic book artist. What's his Instagram handle, sir? Uh, Daniel Warren Art. That's what his Twitter. I don't know what his Instagram is. I got it right here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen this guy. He's he's got some dope stuff. He uh, I remember because that that eagle with the headband. I've seen that before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't eat cool. like that. So. That's not how I can. I, I have no way you know how, bro. You got to do that. Murder, Murder Falcon. That's that's the book that he put out. Murder Falcon. You got to do all that stuff with an ink brush, man. That, that, that is something Rob cannot do. Try it a million times, man. For years and years and years. It's just I don't. I can't feel the brush. I don't know how to describe it. So. Limits. It's too soft. No, it's just, it's just not connecting. That's the thing, man. So you got to find what's working for your brain more than a technique issue. You know? so. I'm going to draw with tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you're thinking with tacos, you may as well, may as well draw them too. So what else before we wrap the back of the show up? Hmm. What do you think? What do you think about the five-hour-long podcast? you think I'm on to something? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely been a journey to put this podcast together. So I'm all, I'm all for it, and I hope other people are because if you're not and you stopped at like hour two, you're missing out on this gem of an ending that we put together. 
I was willing, I, I almost was going to be like, okay, Brandon, you need to timestamp all of this. And then we'll do the back of the show. And you could tell me what that was like. But I knew you would just complain. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could, you could count me in on that. That is a, that is a definite go-to. Yeah, I didn't think any meaningful information would come from that conversation. Hey, have you seen the meme where they replaced uh, David Schwimmer's face uh, as Ross with Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage, Cage and, and it just looks more, more like Ross. <laughs> Uh, the internet's full of assholes. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Oh, that's the internet, the internet never fails us. Like, there's always good, evil, mean content. Just always good stuff to pump out. Yeah, so you know the game thing. I'm gonna put that together because you know I used to bowl a lot when I was a kid on the weekends. You know, one thing I and I I used to hustle money for bowling. Um, until I got serious with art and my wrist hurt from bowling. And I was like, well, I have to give that up now. But I used to bowl and then play Super Street Fighter 2. And I could hustle quarters for Super Street Fighter 2 and then actually win money with bowling. It was nice. I, I drank a lot of cherry Cokes and mozzarella sticks with that money. <laughs> and that's true. And so it was fun sitting at the, my buddy's place playing Super Street Fighter 2 on an arcade cap. And, you know, then I was like, man, I want to set my own up. But I don't like the quality of those arcade machines are horrible. Right. So I'm gonna want a real, and the tank stick is the only way to go. So, yeah, but it'll be nice. And when the PS5 comes out next year, I'll be able to plug. It. Oh, one last thing. Did you hear Xbox Live is going to Nintendo Switch? Wait, what? Yeah, you're gonna be able to log into your Xbox Live through the Nintendo Switch. That's how. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Microsoft is gonna make an app. That lets you log into the Xbox Live. Do, 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 do. Yeah, you just my brain yeah. can't handle that information. <laughs> I'm thinking like, why would I log in my Switch through my for my Xbox though? So my... you could do crossplay. Ah. See, they 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 don't want to make their money on hardware anymore. They want. I imagine they want to turn Xbox Live into like Steam or Netflix or for games or whatever you know. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's yeah. Mhm, mhm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So then I'll be able to sit up here and play games and not work now. So what it really comes down to, man, is I just my wife plays Warcraft downstairs, and then when I use the TV in the middle of the night, then. She complains, so I need to be up here when I want to play a few rounds of Street Fighter in between art. So, it's decided I, I should do 90 stuff, you think, with the art, the scribblies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Azrael, Azbats? Mm-hmm. Yes. Nightfall. Give me some of that Nightfall stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm good with that. You a fan of Kelly Jones's Batman from the 90s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Giant ears, huge, insane muscles, crazy cape. Oh yeah, it just—it was like it was over the top, but it was so energetic and just beastly that you're. Just I just like, didn't yeah. like the coloring of the time. I always felt like the art was good, but the color because it was, it was it was more muted, right? If I remember correctly, where it was just kind of body ass fucking colors, man. Like it just—it should have been colored like Hellboy at the time. Uh -huh. You know, it was just odd. Then they tried to add that gradient, you know, ramping, like with the cuts and grads to his art. 
but it's so inked that it doesn't work, you know? Right. So I always thought, like, Kelly Jones, like, Jay Lee got the credit for being that wild artist at Marvel, but I thought Kelly Jones was the better at the time for that sort of wild kind of, like, art. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Most overrated artist of the 90s? Before we wrap this up? Oh, shit. Gotta go back to the 90s now, you gotta think. Not now, like, how we remember it, but actually the 90s. Like, when I was only, like, five to ten years old? Can I, I can, I want, want me to give my opinion? Like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. As yes, a please. fan, not as a working professional, folks. I gotta, I gotta comment on the dudes I grew up with, alright? I think that's fair, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jim Balin, Catwoman artist. Was a mega star. Overrated. Oh, so, yeah, overrated, yeah. At the time was hailed as this amazing artist who just, I just didn't get it, you know? Nah, it was know. nude poses with lines for costumes and it, just I, uh, he's done his own like books since then and they're like the worst cosplay like they make like they're kiss costumes mixed with guar and bad cosplay I don't know it's uh, yeah for you most overrated artist of the 90s someone who was at the time considered to be amazing but you know Rob Liefeld um, oh, come on that's the <laughs> art that keeps on giving I know that doesn't right. stop shit overrated you know it's, hmm. I was, I'll say that, oh, damn, no, I can't throw anybody under the bus. I'm trying to think of who, like, hmm. like, here's the thing. I'll say one person I, I didn't care for at the time. Okay. Uh, Andy Kubert. I was a big Adam Kubert fan, but I was not a big Andy fan. I liked Adam's more boxy, cleaner stuff as were Andy. Who, who did Kazar? That was... That was Andy, I believe. It's been so long. I didn't read it because I didn't like the. I hate the yeah. character. Let me think. Because I get them confused. Um, Who did that Wolverine thing where he's in front of the giant sentinel a few years ago? Well, Adam did Kazar. Okay. Who did. Okay, that's the one I like. Andy did the Dark Knight 3. Oh, no, wait. Andy did. Wait, that's a cover. See, you and you don't even know who you don't like. This is I, why I, I have you on the show. Man. I didn't read. I didn't read. I didn't read Kazar, so I'm just I'm checking. Now it. I have to type in to Google and do. Okay, reason. Andy. Andy did Kazar, and I didn't like. The, I don't like the character. He he. Yeah, did I'm a, into Adam Kubert. Okay, see, I like Adam, and I like Adam's newer stuff, and I liked it when he was, you know, X Men and things like that. I didn't like Andy's because it had too many, like, it was too much lines and inky. I don't know what it was. I just, it wasn't as, like, solid as I like Adam's art. You just so. don't like guys named Andy. Admit it. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> never. No, so it just, you know, it just, uh, I'm just double-checking all my stuff here as I, you know. But they both worked on that. Batman versus Predator, the first series, right? Because I remember seeing both their names on the covers. I believe it was mostly. See, this is the part that's going to throw me off. I want to say it was mostly Adam. See, I know Adam did the Weapon X, Age of Apocalypse, which I loved. You know, he did that. And I thought that was super dope. Where Andy did the, the amazing X Men, and his stuff had more, you know, his style. But um, what about uh you know maybe 
I don't want to throw him under the bus. Maybe Roger Cruz. He was pretty hyped well, there for a while. You know what's weird about Roger Cruz's stuff is he says he doesn't like his own art from the nineties. <laughs> he says that isn't how I draw. How I draw now is, you know, how I draw, and this is what I like. And it's all realistic, and I'm like, I liked it better when you were just knocking off Joe Math. <laughs> <laughs> I really did because there wasn't a lot of guys who could do it well, and he could. You know, and he brought a little bit of like consistency to the character. He was producing more work than Joe at the time, right? Because right, you know, he's just cranking them out. So it was like you could get, you know, and then you get a lot of a lot of Joe Matt art in those mutant books, and then Liefeld brought him over too, right? So he was producing Youngblood. He took over Youngblood for a while. Uh, well, and I liked. Yeah, Adam Huber like, uh... did the Kazar relaunch. I don't even like Kazar, but I thought the art was cool. Oh, Andy. He did? also did. Uh, oh, Andy no, did. no. Oh. Andy, Andy, Andy did Kazar, and then like uh, Adam did Ultimate X Men, and that's when he did a lot of like that uh, colored pencil art. Oh uh, yeah, that looked cool. Right. So I liked a lot of that, where it was a lot of his uh, colored pencil kind of looking stuff. Um, so I liked that Ultimate X Men run, and also Robert Kirkman wrote a lot of the Ultimate X Men stuff that I liked too. So it kind of just went hand in hand. Um, which a lot of people don't know that he he got a lot of his work on Ultimate X Men, Robert Kirkman before he got big. I can name you an artist I I I, I liked their art and an artist I didn't like. You ready for it? Uh-huh. In, in the nineties, ready? I liked yeah. Howard Porter's Justice League. Yes. And I also didn't like Howard Porter's Justice League. You, <laughs> you confused? Uh, I want to say you liked it when, like the nail maybe. No, no, no. See, he would draw in two different styles. So some issues he would draw one way, and the uh, other issues he would draw another. So there was one form of Howard Porter I liked, and then there was this <laughs> other version of Howard Porter I didn't care for. And he would talk about it, too, in the, in the letters column. He goes, yeah, you know, I just flip it up sometimes. And I'm like, I don't like it when you flip it up. Right. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was something. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, he's a good artist, but I never cared for Kevin Nolan's stuff in the '90s because he would draw these weird lips, <laughs> and he's an inker. So anytime he inked someone's art, he'd put his lips. These these lips. These I can't describe it. It's his lips. He's like he draws lips a certain way, man. And every time I look at it, I'm like, ah, Kevin Nolan lips. Ah, I don't like it. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I can name a lot. I can name artists I don't like that. Oh, no. Personally? Because they have a girlfriend at Con. Uh, sorry, I don't like, <laughs> art-wise, I don't like Steve uh, Dillon's art. Who? Steve oh, wait, Dillon. from The Punisher? Yeah, uh, from Preacher mm-hmm. and The Punisher. And, yeah, it just, it's just, I wasn't too, a fan of it. Too too realistic for you, right? Yeah. It just, it just I liked didn't it, do it for it me. It wasn't my way of drawing, but I liked it. You know? I mean, it just... You're just a hater. <laughs> I'm a hater. I like I, a lot... I, I like a lot of the Hulk, right? He did that Hulk relaunch? I, I want to say that was Andy. No, that's, I think it's Adam Cuban. I never read the Hulk. Every now and then someone gets put on the Hulk. But I go, oh, that'll be amazing. And it's good for like an issue or two. Like uh, Adam did, yeah, Hulk 462. 
He does some cool stuff there. Cool loose and artistic-y stuff. And uh, uh, okay. Ron Garney, I think he did some Hulk stuff, right? They're always good for a few issues. See, the problem, though, is the Cuberts <laughs> were on the X-Men when Wolverine turned into a crazy beast mutant. Which is to be the worst redesign of a comic character in the history of comics. Remember that one, Brandon? Yeah. When Wolverine grew giant feet. And... Yeah, and he became a beast, and he had the bandana over his head. Mm-hmm. After he lost his adamantium to Magneto. Aren't you shocked Fox never made that into a movie? <laughs> Given how, you know, they, you know, they don't make the wisest decisions. Now, did you like Ron Garney's Captain America run? Yeah, with Mark about Wayne? the first issue. Okay. And then the second, and then I couldn't find the rest. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, but I liked that. I was like, I wish they made a whole cartoon that looked like this guy. So he he made solid art from Ron Garney. You know? Good, solid yeah. art. And the writing was, was pretty good, too. You know, and I wasn't a big Marvel guy at the time. But once, you know... I mean, I, I stuck around Marvel for the Joe Mad and the Bachalo art, basically. And then every now and then something would come along that Wizard would hype. And I'd go, let me see if this is actually good. Like the Ron Garney stuff. And it turned out it was good. I mean, I bought... I bought... I used to buy so much based off an artist. Hmm. Like Lionel Francis Yu, I bought everything he drew on. Uh, Do you Ed- remember when he drew the X-Men and he had these like bad guys that looked like Power Rangers? They had like giant beetle when, outfits. You're talking about when, they, when they went into space? Yeah, when they went into space. And he gave like the X-Men some weird bondage stuff to wear? Yeah, they were all wearing like weird exoskeleton <laughs> yes. armor. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. They, uh, that was either, either, that was, uh, either, either. That was probably right after the whole Sentinel Bastion run or where right after uh, Joe Mad exited. But yeah, they went into space and he put Kitty Pride in like a super bondage. I don't know the name for it, but where they tie him up behind their arms and they put him in the leather. ESM. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Like he put, he put Kitty, uh, Kitty Pride in one of those so she oh, couldn't no. escape. And I was like, I was like, oh man, this is dark. But I bought it. I bought his stuff, Ed McGinnis's art. Anything Huberto Ramos touched. You ever buy a particular artist on something and then they you just lose track of them? Yep. That happened to me with Sean Chen and Wolverine. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the run. It was around the same time as that lean old Francis Yu run. I want to say early 2000, 99, 2000. And he was drawing Wolverine. And I was like, oh, this is cool because Wolverine was dark, but, you know, it was drawn well. And I don't right. know what ever happened to that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I had that happen with um, Bernard Chang. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he he currently works on uh, for DC. He was doing a Batman Beyond run and uh, the newer Teen Titans. He's on the Teen Titans right now. But I bought a book, some X-Men books, and random stuff he did back in, like, the 90s. And I found it the other day, and I looked him up on Instagram and I just, I, I DM'd him. I said, hey, man, are you the same Bernard Chang that drew this issue? I'm going through my books from, like, the 90s and 2000s. And he's like, he goes, ah, yeah. So he goes, that's crazy you still have that. That's from X-Men issue. That's uh, from an X-Men issue from 96. And I got this when I was, like, 11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep. I'm looking at that right now. I never, I never followed up on that after I said yep. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the time, he had a little bit of a one era go look to us, though. Yeah, 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 exactly. I can see why you would do it. Yeah, it had the smooth, kind of smooth, wavy mm-hmm. hair. 
and you know and the big fingers that are real you know really cool detailed but it was just i was into it and i liked it and it was just funny that i just i lost track of him up until i'm 33 and i find the issue in all my one of my boxes and i'm just like man i wonder what this guy's up to and I just go, hey, did you draw well, this? Most guys like, your age do that with girlfriends. I wonder what she's doing. And they track <laughs> right. on <about> Facebook. <laughs> not, not me. Uh-huh. Not a nerd. Uh-huh. Check to see their status and, you know, what's on right. the profile pics. Women have it tough. But my mom, she showed me early on in life, like, how guys, creepy these guys are, you know. Especially when it was just her and I living together. You know, she would go to, now, we can't go to this laundromat anymore because that guy was always trying to, like, hit on me. I'm like, what's hit on me? <laughs> <laughs> she taught me about the birds and the bees quickly, bro. You know, she's like, you need to know. Right. Men, men let, you know, and she taught me, you were conceived when I was 17. You know, that kind of shit. So, I always feel bad, man. That's why, you know I me, mean, man, I don't sit around cocking at chicks when we hang out, right? No. Yeah, you're making more, her feel uncomfortable or hitting on You're them. more gawking at the toys and the... Goddamn straight I am, man. Especially them $3,000 ones I'm never going to be able to fucking own. Right. So, I mean, look, here's the thing. Let's end with... I keep saying we'll end with this, but let's end with this. Would you... What, okay. I'm going to ask you a question first, and then I'm going to give you a rebuttal to see if I can change your opinion. Right? Okay. I think I know what your opinion is. Would you ever throw down money on a hot toy, like an actual, like, you know, thousand dollar hot toy. Would you even broach? Can you think of any way you'd broach that subject with your wife about owning a super expensive? Do I have the money to burn? Forget having the money to burn. Like you'd be willing to take a credit card or something. Yes. Do you feel? Yes. So you do feel there's something out there. Yes. Right. That has been made or not been made yet. Um, Okay. Give me some Ninja Turtle type hot toys, or I really like. Even though I was the, the movie wasn't great, I like the Justice League Batman oh, no. hot toy. Like some about it, you With know, the Owlman goggles. Yeah, you like those? Because I listen. I didn't didn't like it in the movie. But as a figurine mm-hmm. with those edges and the the shapes, it's dope. I have an uh, so I have an Owlman from the Watchmen movie figurine. It's not a hot toy. It's like, but it was like a higher up toy. Probably like not a higher up, but like you know, like the twenty dollar ones instead of like the ten dollar Walmart ones. It was like the twenty five dollars, and it's the you know the nice box, whatever. And I I own a hot. My wife bought me the Crow hot toy, which I'm pretty sure it was on sale when she bought it. You know, probably because it's been out for so long. And how much I did love you that back? Probably two hundred, three hundred. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I know like you can get them for like two hundred or three hundred. Maybe she got a good deal. I don't know. You know that German company that made that badass cable toy? Like those things were like three grand. Oh, they're insane! You're uh, uh, are you talking about Prime? Yeah, Prime yeah, or... yeah, yeah. They made that cable yeah. figure that impressed. Oh, it was insane. Because I figured I I know what I think could do it for you. Okay. Yeah. Age of Apocalypse Wolverine looking like oh. Joe Man. With the Take full my chrome, with the full chrome, like I had a full chrome yep. hand, full chrome adamantium. They're sharp. Yep, you, and inter- interchangeable uh, lock-in yeah, hand with, plate with the clubs. Claws the coming whole out costume of it. has like the MCU textures and the little belts. And take my money right now, somebody. I would sell things to get that. I love Age of Apocalypse Wolverine. 
See, because I, I can't imagine anything that would get me to the, you know, honey, <laughs> you know that Roth IRA you want me to invest in? What about some kind of piece of the the Henson Turtles stuff? But like, no, I actual... got those little toys, but those were one fifty. You know, like, yeah, but I'm talking like you could own some about the original. Stuff. Look, that cable was very close, but it's three grand, bro. Like, I yeah, just, crazy. I, I just, you know, even if I had, uh, let's say I came in some lotto money, right? Uh-huh. I, I that is another leap. Like, okay, I was looking at TVs for this game. That would be the, would be the most expensive thing in my whole place. Yeah. And the only way, I, when I first bought my 3D TV downstairs, that thing ran about two grand. But that's for the whole family. You see what I'm saying? That's 3D. It was like 75 inches. Like, it's super thin. Like, that's for the mm-hmm. whole family. And that's, I'm going to get 10 years out of that fucking TV. Right. This statue's sitting up here just for me. You yeah. know, like, that's where I'm like, God, is there any fucking thing? And I'm like, even if it was profit, completely rendered like Steven Platt's. I mean, I would, you'd hear me fucking drop a nut right on the floor. Thoosh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you know, um, but to, to buy it, I just could not. Now, you know, what's cool about stuff like that though, is I know it's so esoteric. The fan base is so limited that that price is coming down. Like there's no mm-hmm. way it gains a following. But a Wolverine, you ain't never getting no prize break on a Wolverine. Same with the cable. Right. You know, and then, it, then they send Liefeld one for free, and it just breaks my fucking heart. But the <laughs> most I, I, I can I can justify on a toy is between one and an upper 200. Like, I'm going to get that movie shredder, you know? Yeah. That guy's putting out that this looks year. So good. And then that's it. Like, I, there will never be another high-end toy I can possibly i've looked at every batman 1989 figure and i can't justify the 600 dollars for any decent you know like i can't yeah especially when like i love them ducktales toys you know what all i want from a toy is solid sculpt and a good paint job yeah you know i don't need it to be a movie quality maquette like this is what i loved about mcfarlane's metal gear stuff and and his spawn figures back in the early, two, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, was the paint jobs were really good and the sculpts were awesome. You were getting little mini statues, you know, and so I wish we could get that, you know, level of like shape design and paint jobs, but with like Joe Mad's X Men series, right? Jim Lee's. Could you imagine if we could get a whole line of just Jim Lee figures for the X Men? They have like uh-huh. the chrome, like the hatching painted on them. You know, each one maybe ran you about, I'd say, 25 bucks. That'd be fair. You know? Oh, yeah. 25 bucks a figure. You know, get the whole set. Make like 300 of them. Sell them forever. Pick Jim Lee <laughs> off, never give him a dime. You know what I mean? They could do that. They... <laughs> right. <laughs> they do it every year with his fucking art books. This is the Jim Lee X-Men. You think Jim Lee ever gets a penny of that? So... No, nah, never. No, never. Never. I don't know. Anything else you want to add, Brandon? Is there anything else? No, but now you got me thinking about like the hot toys and things like oh, that. I like, took doubts in your rares, you know. <laughs> you just did. Well, it's like you know, I've seen a lot of ones I like. I like the day. Speaking of Wolverine, I like the Days of Future Past hot toy they had, where Wolverine's got the orange and black outfit, you know. And I thought that was awesome, but you know, I wasn't going to spend the three hundred dollars or however much it is, but. You know, you see that, and you're just like, fuck, that would be so cool. But 
I don't have a nice enough place. I'd have to have like, if I had it, I'd have to have a whole room like those guys you see where they got like the cases with the lighting and the perfect perfect lighting in the room. That That's what that. I'm saying. Like that. Like I like the uh, only hot toy I've ever thought was cool was the Batman '89 Keaton. But I've seen that in person. Unless you have amazing cinematic stage lighting in your house, it just looks like a doll. Like I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a. It doesn't have like I need. I need a sculpted cape. I need something to where it can retain that lighting in the painting. You know what I mean? Like I need the painting yeah. to be fully lit like that. Like, there's no fucking way that right. I I can justify any of that shit. It's I'm, just. There's just there's great figurines, you know. I saw this Daredevil one too. Also, that just came out recently from Sideshow, and it looks beautiful. This everything's dope as shit on it. The textures, the clothing, but it's like I can't just drop two fifty for that. You know, what I mean, there's no way. Like, I'd rather spend forty dollars on a PVC version that looks cool still, but I don't have to professionally put it up in my fucking place. You know, so. I've bought figurines. You've seen my place. I have a bookshelf with all my art books and figurines, but those I all got at like cons for like, you know, it's, it's at the end of the show and you see me run around. They're like, Hey, I'll sell you this normally 80 bucks for 50 bucks. And I go, okay. You know, and I'll buy my wife a Tomb Raider statue for 40 bucks. That normally was 80, but I'm not going to buy her like a thousand dollar eight foot or even, you know, four foot tall Lara Croft looking all crazy. It's just, what am I going to put in my apartment? That's going to be a, a showstopper for the one person that comes over, which is you, once every three years. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt about that. Um, sorry. That's how I you felt about that. You bummed me out. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Something just went off. But that's how I felt about that X-Men, that the XM cable premium collectibles. Like, it's so amazing. I mean, it's badass. Yeah. I mean, it's you stand on this giant piece of Sentinel. Like, it's fucking... Oh, it's insane. Yeah, from XM Studios. I'm looking at it right now. He's got the tur- Sentinel Turbine or whatever he's standing on, and it's just, it's insane detailed. You know, he's got his giant guns, his muscles, he's ripped, he's looking like he's 6'4". For the people online, I'll just cut, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't planning on recording a video, but I'll cut to the Cintiq really quick so you can see. This is, this is the statue we're talking This is the one that ever made me question. Look at this. Look at the arm. Look how cool that is. Like when Marvel makes their version of Cable, he'll look like this. I guarantee it, dude. Their version? You mean so when they? You're saying they won't continue? No, I don't think they're Cable. No, I think they're gonna reboot all their own shit. Uh, they're not gonna have Josh Brolin be Thanos and Cable. Are you fucking kidding me? So uh, yeah. look, look at that. This shit is fucking awesome. The fucking rucksacks and shit. Gosh, looks like a little dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing, man. Like it's yeah. There's very few of these that I get all fucking uppity about, but cable one. Most of the Wolverines look awfully weird. So yeah, this one though. Every corner, everything looks so beautifully painted and crafted, and every ribbon in his arm, the way it moves, and. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy this if I had the money. I'd be like, yeah. You know, I think I think it was XM that also did this Magneto one that I liked, where he was sitting basically on a throne. Yeah, let me see here. Yeah, it was XM. Yeah, same one. He's sitting there on a, a Sentinel hand. So if you if you still have it open and you type in XM Studios Magneto, he, they had one where he's on a 
a sentinel hand just chilling holding his helmet and someone even did a custom one where they put the age of apocalypse hair on him where he's got the long hair and he's holding the age of apocalypse head and i'm just like oh i would kill for that with the long ponytail and yeah, so how Marvel doesn't have their own fucking lines of the different ages of X Men. You know what I mean? Just Oh yeah. With some D C direct style toys that I don't know. Like that that's the thing where it's like, you know, they're just leaving so much money on the table. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much. So much for me. Like Yeah. Oh well. <clears throat> Alrighty, well, we just added another. This that means now the podcast is officially five and a half hours long. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Isn't that great? Someone's gonna have to download this on their fucking phone. <laughs> I wonder if there'll be a limit when I go to upload it. Right. They'll be like, it's too big. The podcast is too damn big. <laughs> Remember that red is too high guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever happened to him? All right, well, that's it, folks. That's the back of the show. <sighs> Time to get drawing, I guess. There you, go. you know, I got to draw nothing but boobs. Boobs and butts. That's, that'll get the numbers back. <laughs> there we go. That's what the Internet responds to, that or hardcore violence. <laughs> violent thing. All right, man. We'll get out of here. This is it for the mega show. We will be doing another mega show in about a month or two. That's how long these things take to make. <laughs> That's it. All right. Say goodbye, Ren. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.